warning. Pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 316. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Isn't it toxic? Good it Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. You're listening to the only podcast with the balls to bite a radioactive spider. It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, five four, four, three, three two, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the, the leftovers. leftovers. Yay. Yay. Oh, yeah. I'm pumped. I'm jacked. Are you? Mm. Half of that. Were you here last week? Yes. Oh, we you did were. the Tupperwares last week. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, all, the, all the shows are just blended together. Yes, yes. I will be missing next week because I'll be going to Magic pre-release tournaments. Oh, great. But now now half of our uh, listenership won't be tuning in. Oh, I should have said that at the end of the episode. <laughs> Fuck. You should have said, like, not at all because I, I like to trick them. Because <laughs> I know there's a lot of people out there that are like, uh, oh, Jake's not on this one. I'm not going to listen. And so and, <laughs> The Jake stands. Yeah. So it's like the next week when I open up the show and I'm like, well, and I'm Brian, and I'm a leftover. There's no Jake this week. They're already. I've already got their fucking download. You you gave them. You gave them. You gave them ample warning. Mm, I, I I'm actually going to be on next week. I think I'm going to skip this <laughs> tournament. <laughs> oh man, it's like going to Dad's house for the weekend. I didn't even. <laughs> Didn't didn't even introduce you, Paul. <laughs> yeah, you wait your turn. Damn it. <laughs> Just chiming in like he's a leftover over there. No, no. Anyway, we I'm fucking with you, Paul. We got Paul Hart, everybody from the animated Batcast and from uh, movies from the heart. Hello, good evening. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you didn't guess, he's here. Yeah, how's how's how you doing, Paul? I'm doing great. We're stuck in a snowstorm, so just yeah. been, yeah, just been sitting home all day, just watching everything to get ready for today. Oh man, people that don't have to deal with snow, you got a little jealous of them. Yeah, just a little. There's some friend in Florida that sent me a text message at the beach. He's like, "Ha ha, fucker!" I'm like, "You son of a yeah, bitch!" Yeah, I just wait till the next hurricane, fuckhead. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah. That's nothing to laugh about. All right. What, what, what are we, what are we? Nice disclaimer. It's too late, though. I'm going to hell. Yeah, this is true. Um, yeah, happy to have you on, Paul. Uh, so, when's the last time you recorded anything? Um, with you guys? It was, no, um, no, I just, just you. Oh, um, I just did um, a movie from the heart with my two kids that oh. we released um, right around uh, Christmas. Oh, wow. What, uh, what movie was that? Uh, Hazel picked a nightmare before Christmas. Oh, nice! Very cool. Awesome. Yeah, it was it was a fun little twelve minute episode. They had a blast doing it, so it was great. And we've been working with. Um, we kind of started a podcast club at the new school I work at. Uh-huh. So that's been a lot of fun. We actually found somebody in the in the area that's renting out an actual studio for us to come into. Oh, fancy! Yeah, so we take like ten kids and we go in and. They write their scripts. We find some music to play, and then we, you know, send it out in our uh, online newsletter. So that's been a lot of fun. Very cool. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So check out movies from the heart and listen to that latest episode. Absolutely. And Rebecca and I should be getting a back cast out this week. There you go. It's movies from the heart. It's H A R T. Like part yes, of the, sir. Paul is uh, the unofficial member of the Heart Foundation. I try, yeah. I tried to get so many people to believe that in high school. I had one guy I believe in that Brett the Hitman Hart was my uncle. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah. What's your moniker? Like you got the Hitman and the Anvil. What are What are you, Paul? Um, I was I was just I was Paul the Sneeze Hart. <laughs> I would have said I, you're the, I struck no intimidation. The Heartbreak Kid. We already had that, you, but you could have been it first. <laughs> he didn't come until later he was one of the rockers first he didn't come until later you could have fucking claimed that shit i could have yeah it's kind of like yeah, I, uh that uh, office space guy named michael bolton he was <laughs> bolton. Yeah. he was the first you know I, I really dropped the ball on that one yeah yeah you, you fucked up paul I done fucked up. <laughs> Guys, I'm recording at my sister's house this weekend, so if the internet's and the audio's fucked up, just deal with it. You get a fucking episode. Stop your pissing and moaning. Uh, I gotta watch your dogs. And if you hear dogs barking, it's my sister's fucking dogs. And I love them. They're cute, little adorable babies. Little fur babies. They're beautiful. <coughs> yeah. One, <laughs> one's, a, one's a Yorkie and one's a Lhasa Apsa, if you were curious. There you go. There's your dog breeds. All right. Anyway, what are are we doing? Oh, uh, (laughs) we're doing a show, and we're going to jump into our iTunes reviews this week. iTunes reviews. Got an iTunes review here from Joker Jacks. And it's titled CJ. And I think it's titled CJ because Joker Jacks is a fucking moron. Hmm. Okay. okay. I assume that the uh, review will provide insight to why you think that. Uh, yeah, it's a one star and it goes on to say, yeah. Is that it? <laughs> That's it, fellas. <laughs> Have at it. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, CJ, huh? I don't, I don't even know what that means. I have, I have, this is a fucking imbecile. <laughs> fucking moron listening to this show once, Jake. Just a, more than once, I'm sure. Just a fucking idiotic <laughs> foam face listening <laughs> to this fucking podcast at one time. Some guy named Joker Jacks. See, I'm gonna. Oh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna title this CJ because that makes fucking sense. What's what's CJ stand for? I have no idea. I usually uh, hear it as a name. Conjunction junction. What's your function? <laughs> did you hear the guy that uh, wrote those songs died? I did hear that. That's sad, sad. man. Yeah. yeah, that's sad. I mean, you know, those are songs we all grew up on. You know, the what, what he's uh, what's that song about bills and shit? No, I think it's the Bill song. Is it they call it the yeah. Bill song? Yeah, probably. God, I it sing it. Bill. I sing a different Bill song these days. They come in the mail every fucking month, and I gotta pay. <laughs> that should have been. Oh, yeah, that, that should they should do that. He should have fucking wrote songs for adults about how much <laughs> bills suck. Still go to pay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh boy, yeah, not fun. Yeah, you're telling me. Uh, this next one comes from uh, Henshin twenty two eighty nine, and it's titled "Fuck This Podcast." And it goes on to say, "Fuck this podcast is still damn good." Ah, you, you swerving son of a bitch. <laughs> that was a Shyamalan fucking review there. Yeah. Uh, Got a twist there. Fucking uh, twisting it up. Twisting it up. Never thought I'd update a review, yet alone write one, but these guys deserve it. The genuine performance from this Army of Two is rather refreshing. After listening for so long and learning more about Brian and Jake, makes the experience all the richer. Anticipating reactions and being right on cue during big moments. Laughing, yelling, cringing, whatever it is I'm doing. I forget I'm listening to a podcast at times till I'm reminded by one of the fun bumpers you'll love to get stuck in your head. They are often joined by a guest or two, a dice roll of how the episode will go, but always a fun time. And if you're not terribly close-minded, you're sure to enjoy your time well spent. And that comes from Henshin2289. Oh, I, I really like that review. Not much I can pick on there. I love the laughing, yelling, uh, clinching, clinching, <laughs> or cringing. Yeah, clinching. That sounds like a that sounds like a butthole when you got a. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you got a turtle head poking out, or you're in prison. One of the two. You know? <laughs> yeah, our podcast is like a laxative, basically. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. X lax just goes right through <laughs> you. And that. Uh, what, what What do you take for a diuretic? <laughs> I don't know. What if, you remember that book Dianetics? Yeah, I do. L. Ron Hubbard. What if it was page eight thirty seven? What if he did another book called Diuretics? <laughs> <laughs> I bet the commercials wouldn't be as popular. I bet that I, I guarantee you what I know that volcano would be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gross! They made that thing like animated in the TV commercials. Did you ever see what was it? Was it Jackass two? No, was, was it Jackass three? Where they had, where they had like this, that somebody built like a uh, diorama <laughs> of like nature and um, like there was like a, a mountain that was like a butt and like they made it like a geyser and, and it was actually like, like one of the jackass guys actually pooped through it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that sounds pretty impressive. It was pretty impressive. 
Oh, my God. Love Jackass. Uh, I'm so happy about part four. I hope so, man. I hope it's awesome, dude. I hope it's so fucking good. I hope it's so good. I mean, I'm going to miss Ryan Dunn for sure, but I'm happy to have him back. All all the rest back. Ryan Dunn is done. He died. Ooh. Oh, I, oh, Ooh. oh, <laughs> it's been, so- is he really dead? Yeah, he died. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he died in a crazy car accident. Yeah. Hey, I, 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 trust me, Steve-O, do you remember when Steve-O was, he was at a fucking Comedy Central roast. He wasn't even like the roastee and somebody roasted him about Ryan Dunn dying. Oh, I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was Patrice O'Neill. I don't remember. It was somebody. Patrice was so good at those ropes. Oh, yeah, I love Patrice. Yeah, yeah Jeselnik was good. Schumer was good. That's where they kind of came in. Yeah. Oh, what are they, uh, best pop culture podcast. This comes. I don't know why I said it so excited. There. <laughs> hey, back to that last review. He yeah. kind of implied that that was an edit. Was that? Did he change his review? I guess so. I didn't. I, I didn't realize that when I started reading it. Henshin might have left a previous review. I usually don't read the the edits. Hmm. I wonder if he stepped us up. I wonder if he was like a three or four star and we got upgraded there. No, he said, fuck, this podcast is still damn good. I don't know what his definition of damn good was before. Maybe it was a four star. <laughs> yeah, he's just coming back to say still a five star. Still a five star. Still five. Still huh? a five. Yeah, I got five on it is what he said. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there. Yeah, did you? That, uh, I, I sang that with some soul, didn't I? No. I liked it. I liked it. Zero it was a flashback. I would, I'm white as fuck. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> <laughs> this, one, this one comes from uh, Walking Mail Carrier. Oh, my. Well, can you imagine The Walking Dead? Wouldn't that be awesome if they had a, a, a walker that was a mailman at one time? Just walking around? Mm, I don't know. A zombie mailman? I- <laughs> I'm probably still not tuning into The Walking Dead for that. No, I'm just, no, all right, okay, all right. You're no fun, Paul. <laughs> I guess, I no, it's like any chance, I, I any chance. Like if there's, it, I, I can't get away with anything. Anytime I bring up Walking <laughs> Dead, it's always a jab. It's always a jab. There's never, there's never like this playful. Let's just talk about this and not jab The Walking Dead. It's always the same thing with Zack Snyder. Can't bring up the guy's name without Jake saying something shitty. I mean, God. oh, I've said plenty of nice things about Zack Snyder. Only after his daughter killed herself. <laughs> it's true. I'm not. God, it's true. I think I've said nice uh, things before. Then, God, I've complimented his shoes or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, Zack Snyder's shoes. Hashtag Zack Snyder's shoes. <laughs> Release Zack Snyder's shoes. Hashtag snazzy dresser. <laughs> <laughs> I was just keep, you asked me if I honestly would uh, that would excite me on The Walking Dead and and it would not. I I I, I, I don't know if excite was the word. But I, maybe 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 I phrased it that way. I don't, <laughs> actually, Paul, I don't care about your comment either on that one. Hey man, I was gonna go with we should get a whole like municipal worker zombie show, mailman, garbage man. Yeah, I, I, I it's probably best if I just would have shut up. I don't know. It's it's just it's just weird that like they've only had like I, I guess they said they had one naked zombie in the series. They did. I I, I couldn't tell you who the naked and I get I probably am guessing that the penis fell off. But like no naked zombies. I've never seen a nude zombie. You can't tell me that some of these people didn't get bit while they were in the fucking shower 
or something. You know what I mean? Or, yeah. And they're not all never nudes like fucking Tobias <laughs> Tobias Funky wearing his like short jean shorts in the shower. I don't know. Yeah, that's interesting. I never thought about that, how they all have clothes on the show. Yeah, they all have clothes. Or like they're so if they are nude, their dicks fell off. And or or their vaginas <laughs> rotted out, you know? <laughs> you can't tell. You can't tell anything. Yeah. I, Jump in on I that never... conversation, Paul. Jump in on this, man. <laughs> like, even, I'm sorry. I feel I, I really feel sorry for some of the people that have to be on this show, Jake yourself included, to have to respond to that asinine bullshit that I just proposed. <laughs> like part of the show is just like trying to keep up with my asinine bullshit <laughs> <laughs> oh man i think we found like the fourth spinoff is there is there three spinoffs for the walking dead now oh they're doing uh they're doing the kids one they got a bunch of kids in the kids zombies or no, kids on kids, the run kids i don't know if they're on the run but they're uh yeah kids navigating their way through the zombie apocalypse that's coming out they got fear the walking mm. dead i know they're doing that movie with Rick Grimes. Oh, yeah, the Rick Grimes movie. It's just going to be like an AMC movie, though, right? Yeah, it's going to be an AMC movie. And I don't know if they're going to do it like uh, they did with Breaking Bad, and it'll be on Netflix first. They might, you know what I mean? They might do that. But it'll probably just be on AMC, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be a coup for Netflix, though. I'm sure they'd get big numbers day one on that. Yeah, I bet you can pop. they'll probably do it to where you can, like, watch the... If they do have it on AMC, you'll probably be able to watch it like a week early if you have AMC premiere because they're trying to pimp that shit. They let you watch the Walking Dead episodes two days early on a Friday if you have AMC premiere. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you. Oh, I'm so man. I've never even heard that. Man, Walking Dead spoilers are not worth anything anymore, are they? No, it, uh, this last season was like a, a, a. It was a lot better. I still am not a hundred percent sold on this villain that they've got, but I. I'm really digging like what they're doing with Negan in this uh, last season. It's kind of a, it's almost a return. It, it's nothing. It's never going to get back to the quality of when Darabont was on the show. No, no, no. It's just crazy. Like even when I didn't watch the show, it was like I was watching it for quite a few seasons. I mean, you yeah. just couldn't get away from what was happening and the spoilers and the memes and everything. And it's still it just like feels like it's barely a bump on pop culture anymore. Yeah, it's still like the one of the number one shows though. Like you know, cable shows, even though like the ratings have like dropped so much. Um, yeah, this, God damn it! This guy sent a iTunes. Sorry, dude. Walking mail carrier. I'm gonna read it. Uh, <laughs> It's titled Best Pop Culture Podcast. My sister's cat is over here. And I love cats. This cat fucking hates me. Yeah, this cat fucking hates me. I was grabbing for the garage door opener, and I didn't... The cat goes... (laughs) Like, fuck you! Damn. This cat's mean, dude. (laughs) Yeah, wow. It must be like one of those cats that just only loves their owner. Yeah, yeah, it's a little asshole. I, I, I just want to be friends with you, dude. <laughs> I don't know. And it's just kind of looking at me now, laying down, but always with one eye open. <laughs> Keeping an eye on <laughs> One paw heading towards the knife. Yeah. Uh, as a mail carrier, I spend all day delivering mail. Really? That's what they do, Jake. <laughs> yeah, we just developed an AMC spinoff show about that. Holy shit, my eyes are open to what a mail carrier does. I, I like, I like how he, how he, uh, gives us a, you know, what he, his job description. You know what I mean? It's like, 
I would, if he was like in some some weird like you know, like if he was like a scientist, he could probably narrow it down to like what kind of science. Oh, he's in neuroscience, or he's you know, and you know what I mean. This is yeah, as, and then narrow it down like that makes sense to me. This is uh, as a mail carrier, I spend all day delivering mail. <laughs> Jake, I I didn't know this. This is this. Wow. Yeah, zero swerve compared to the uh, last review. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is the best pop culture podcast to listen to uh, as I endlessly walk around and deliver mail. Brian and Jake have the best chemistry and make my workday go by much faster. The long run time is perfect. Keep up the great work. Can't wait for the next episode. Four exclamation points. I like hmm. that. Four. Four you like ex- the four exclamation points? Fuck yeah, dude. The more the merrier with the exclamation. One is the loneliest number. Two is like, what the fuck? Couldn't you give me three? At least three. Yeah. Three mm-hmm. is the minimum. Mm. Three is the minimum. One is like, what the fuck? Two feels like almost like an insult. Two is worse than one, in my opinion. Two is worse than one. Yeah. It's like almost like sarcasm. Right. Sarcasm yeah. exclamation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, can't wait for the next podcast. Two exclamation points. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sure, dude. Four is going above and beyond. Four exclamation points is going above and beyond. It's like three was like the bare minimum. He's like that waiter in office space with the pieces of flair. Four pieces mm-hmm. of exclamation point flair rocking this iTunes review, Jake. I yeah, love lots it. of office space memories on this episode. I don't yeah. know. I don't I we might just do a fucking office space <laughs> retrospective on this one. I don't know. <laughs> oh man, I need we need to pause for two hours. I need to rewatch. It's been a while. I, oh dude, I watch it all the time. I love Office Space. Great fucking movie. Yeah, I obviously remember the Michael Bolton stuff and you know yeah. them destroying the computers and, and the boss and the stapler and the Melton stuff, but a lot of the finer points are lost on me. Oh man. Mike Judge. Love Mike Judge movies. I don't know. I mean, I do need to do a rewatch of uh, what was the one with Luke Wilson? Idiot. I do need to do a rewatch of that. I wasn't the biggest fan of it, but I love Mike Judge. That's probably my favorite Mike Judge. I'm not the biggest Mike Judge fan, and that's probably at the top of the heap for me. Oh, wow. See, I love Mike Judge. i huge King of the Hill fan. Love King of the Hill. Like, I will watch the reruns of King of the Hill all day. And then... Uh, what was the other thing that he did? Oh, the final season of Beavis and Butthead that they showed on MTV like six, seven years ago was fucking great. You could tell how the humor had evolved from like <laughs> the early 90s, and it, it was so much better. Well, what do we got here? Frickin' hilarious. That last one was a five-star. This is a five-star. This is uh, it's from Aploof. Aploof. Ew, what's an Aploof? Mm, it doesn't sound like something I want in my mouth. Uh, it sounds like something that. Oh God, I don't know if I want to go there. It's the next candle by Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> it definitely sounds like something you're going to put in in a vagina. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't sound like something. Yeah, I agree. I what agree. What purpose does it serve though in the vagina? Uh, What's it I doing? Know. What's an aploof doing? Aploof. I don't know. I, I think don't know. it's maybe it's kind of like a 
it's like a vagina harmonica that you put in there. <laughs> For when you go to some random blues festival. <laughs> you fit right in. Oh, man. I guarantee what's it was his, uh, John Popper from Blues Travelers. <laughs> he probably does the commercials for the app loof. <laughs> How many fucking harmonica pouches does he have on that goddamn vest? It's ridiculous. Oh, a lot. He's like the cable of harmonicas. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I... <laughs> I don't know. Don't they have like House of House of Blues or something like? Don't they have like a bunch of his vests on display? Oh, I'm sure they do at one of them. Yeah, yeah. I've seen those guys live before. It was a good show. Uh, John Popper, I like him. He's a he was he was, on, he was actually on a TV show for a while. He was a guest star on a, a show called Z Rock on IFC. Hey, shout out to all you people that remember Z Rock. Z Rock. Yeah, Z Rock in the house. Um. Been listening regularly for the last a vagina harmonica <laughs> and a ploof and a ploof. Yeah, look it up. Urban Dictionary. It's uh, trending right now. Hashtag a ploof. Been listening regularly for the last. That is the dumbest thing I've ever said. A vagina mm. harmonica. It's pretty great though. <laughs> I, don't know. Awesome. I could see him selling that on Jupe. Oh man, I would love to. I would love to like. Um, hear a vagina harmonica play as good as john popper like you know what i mean yeah yeah i don't think that's anywhere near the dumbest thing you've ever said in the show i think you're ahead of your time in two that's years we'll be covering this on on news yeah it's true <laughs> been listening regularly for the last 100 episodes or so fantastic podcast hosted by two entertaining stand-up guys jake and brian provide solid entertainment news and recommendations while keeping you hilariously engaged i listen every day on my drive and uh, to and from work and the long episodes and weekly news new shows are perfectly timed uh this most recent episode and he put episode 13 so i don't th- <laughs> i don't think that th- i think he means episode 314 uh uh, the, the most recent episode, episode 314, has got to be some of the most hilarious banter to date. The only thing missing was Jake, unfortunately. Keep up the great work. So that was the episode that I did with Neil and Dan West. So I oh, think- shit. Here's one of those guys you were talking about that we shouldn't have told I was going to be missing next week. Well, he liked this one, and you weren't there. But there are those people. There are those people that don't like the, the Jake-less episodes. Yeah, that was a nice review. He had me at Stand Up Guys. Yeah. Next one comes from Movie Guy 4403, and it's titled Favorite Podcast. It's a five star. It goes on to say, I love this podcast, but I just want to see your beautiful faces. Aww. I don't know. There's one way you can see our faces every year. At C2E2. Or when my movie comes out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Or on post office walls. That's true. Yeah. Oh man. Uh great podcast. Uh this comes from uh Dreda Yarmy. Dreda Yarmy. Hey guys, love everything that you Oh god, this is one of those where it's like you should have proofread this shit. I'm going to read it. <laughs> Translate. Oh god, I'm no, I'm going to read it the way it goes. Hey guys, love everything that you for the podcast, Brian. Don't ever change. Jake, stay who you are. I love you guys. One more thing. Have you seen Anahana, the flower? We saw that day. It's an anime. And if you did, can you tell me your rating? If you haven't, it's a must watch. 
and let me tell I cry like a baby at the end. Maybe they were writing this review right after they saw that movie and they were just so emotional that oh. grammar went out the window. I think that they did. I think they went to an Aploof concert <laughs> and they were blown away by that melodic vagina music. You know what I want to see is dueling Aploofs. Oh, dude. <laughs> dude, that would be amazing. And I want to see it like where they like switch harmonicas. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. I'm a bit too sanitary for that. <laughs> I saw I I don't care. I had to go to Thai, I had to go to Thailand to watch that one, but it's pretty fucking amazing. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, their rules aren't as strict over there. They're not. Uh next one next one comes from uh the the predator, but it's not T H E, it's T H A. The Predator. Ooh. Ah, man, that's badass, dude. That's one hit predator. Uh, it, dude, that's I don't know, man. I don't know if I want to fuck with this guy. It better be a five star. I don't want to have to talk trash. <laughs> it's a five star, and it goes. It's a uh, titled PCL is the greatest. One exclamation point. Mm. Yeah. yeah, better than two. Uh, yeah, it is better than two. Uh, I've been trying to write this review for weeks, and am finally getting around to it. I started listening after Captain Marvel came out. I was just, I was looking for a review and discussion of the movie, not filled with misogynistic commentary and anti Brie Larson speech. I wanted someone who would review the movie on its merits without getting into into any politics regarding Disney, Marvel, Larson, etc., and just discuss the movie. I'm a guy and getting tired of hearing from toxic fans that hate Waymans. I, I just read it the way he wrote it. Uh, getting all up in their safe spaces. Not only do Brian and Jake keep things very apolitical when it comes to reviews, they also promote equal rights across the board. Along with their lineup of great semi-regular guests, they help give a voice to all demographics. Uh, Brian, Jake, and the rest of the crew highlight all kinds of movies and shows. Their views don't always align, so you get several different opinions. PCL has become my favorite podcast, and I can't wait to hear the new show each week. Keep up the great work, guys and ladies. Man, I love that review. I'm going to go ahead and forgive him for the one exclamation point. I, I really like him. You know, giving us props for keeping everything on the level. Yeah, I don't. Just, I just want to. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, I just, I, I want you to finish your thought. But like, I, I just want people to like. It's a safe space. It's just like come here and like listen to shit. You're not. I don't want to fucking preach about anything, or I don't want to. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's. I just. I, it, let's just no. talk about the things that we love. Like, let's. Everybody else is talking about like all the politics behind everything, and it's like, I, I don't want to. I don't want to feed into that bullshit it seems like everybody just does that for like clicks and all this other shit anyway and it's like dude i just want to fucking talk about the movies that i love and what i loved about them and what i didn't like about them that's all yeah unless those politics like overtly like dictate my feeling on the material there's no reason to really bring it up on, on the review at all you know yeah. and very rarely is that the case i can kind of separate art from the politics in most instances instances yeah yeah. Yeah, great. So, yeah, great fucking review. Great fucking review, the predator. <laughs> yeah, this uh, guy's good. I didn't have to make I didn't have to clown this guy at all and no. worry for my safety. Nope. Um 
vagina harmonicas. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, I mean, nothing will surprise me. I mean, this is the week of the candle that smells like a vagina. So what are you going to say that's going to be shocking? Is that true? There's a candle that smells like a vagina? Gwyneth Paltrow made a brand new candle that she's charging $75 for, and the name of the candle is This Smells Like My Vagina. Oh, my God. I have not heard about this. <laughs> it sold out in 90 minutes yesterday. It, even <laughs> if you actually see the candle, it says on the on the fucking like glass, it says This Smells Like My Vagina. Oh, my God. Mm. So, Yeah. Not going to lie, I'd probably buy that. Just oh, to, my God. Out of curiosity. I, I'll buy a pair of wax lips and, like, act like I'm <laughs> going down on it. <laughs> I, I would buy the, the vagina candle long before I would buy the vagina stones. Yeah. Oh, they didn't she stop, have to stop making those because people yeah. were putting rocks in their pussies? I guess she paid out a bunch of money because of it, too. Like, she lost various – I was reading – in the article about the candle I was reading, they were talking about that because it's the same company. Yeah, Goop. It's Goop. It's Goop. Goop, yeah. 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 That's what happens had- to your vagina after you put a rock in that fucking thing. <laughs> it turns to melty wax and you sell candles. Yeah, your harmonica playing days are over. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, with that being such, like, huge pop culture news yesterday, there's the, – the you know the vagina harmonica doesn't even touch this shit. Oh God, yeah, we're, we're good. Yeah, we're totally good. Why am I worried? About, <laughs> why am I worried about that? <laughs> <laughs> not, not only are we are we good, but we're topical at this point. Yeah. I uh, got an email here from Ben, and I want to read it. It goes on to say, Hi, Brian and Jake. Uh, long-time listener, first-time writer. I want to share my story with you because you've unknowingly played a positive role in it. And I can't really share it with many people. I've been listening to you guys for years now. I started listening when I moved back to my hometown. At the time, I had been living under a bridge as a IV heroin addict, begging for change every day to support a drug habit. My mom gave me a chance and said I could stay with her. But if I fucked up and started using again, I was back out on the streets. When I moved in with her... I got on Suboxone. Uh, look it up if you don't know. And I don't know if I pronounced that right. I apologize if I don't, if I didn't. Uh, look it up if you don't know what it is. It's an opiate maintenance drug. I got clean, got a college degree, got a job, got married. I got things I never thought I would have. During the times when I was just getting off heroin, it was dark and I needed some laughs. Enter you and your ridiculous and hilarious compatriots. You guys gave me laughs at the exact moment that I needed them to keep my head above water. Over the last month, I've been getting off Suboxone and going through physical withdrawal. And again, you guys have been making me laugh in a dark time. I just wanted to thank you so much for providing the content that you do and let you know that it has a majorly positive impact on my life. Keep doing what you're doing, and thanks again. And that comes from Ben. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. How, how inspiring is it to hear to get an email like that, and you know, just know that this goofy thing we do for fun and shits and giggles can really help someone through such a hard fucking time like that. So I've had friends that you know have got involved in some pretty bad things at bad places. So I know that stuff can really can really make you a mess just having something you know to listen to to make you laugh to just kind of not have you thinking about the things that you shouldn't be thinking about is is always a big help that's not easy to do 
Yeah, yeah. This is awesome. Um, I've had some uh, a change in my life here recently where I uh, um, started working part-time at a place uh, here locally. Um, Warren Buffett's son, Howard Buffett, started up a rehab center here where I live. And um, he actually goes to that rehab center and visits with uh, a lot of the people that are, you know, trying to become get clean and do things to better improve themselves, uh, education wise and and just lifestyle wise. And um, I started to I'm uh, I'm basically a math tutor for um, people that are in this program. And I'm at first I just was doing it for like you know extra income and now like meeting with these guys and 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 ladies that I'm that I'm meeting with and and tutoring them in math and we're only doing it up to like a 6th grade level but doing that and meeting with them it's like I'm starting to you know build relationships with them and 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 they want to learn and they want to change and like it's one of those things like you, you worry about them relapsing and I've seen it happen and but the, you know it, but but just to just to be around them and to see how much that they want to change and how they want something better for themselves they want to work they want a job they they need these skills it's like when you're on the drugs and some of you know, some of these people have been on drugs for years. You're, you're not growing as a person. Um, you're on drugs, you're numbing everything. And so you're not like, if you started drugs at a young age, you, you're not growing as a person. They're not where we are. They haven't gone through the same kind of emotional stuff that we've gone through and experiences. And so they're just learning how to be like adults now after, after this. So this is, it's, I don't know. I found it, I find it very rewarding. I'm, I'm, I'm loving doing it. I'm loving getting to know them and to, uh, it, it feels great because I get to, uh, if they're doing a good job, if they're putting the work in, I get to tell them that I think they're doing a great job and they're, they're putting, and like you should see like how happy they are that, um, that they're, that they're, that they're doing this, that they're learning that. And, um, I, I don't know. I, I'm going to keep doing it. I absolutely love it. I think it's fantastic. So I'm, I'm happy for Ben. Um, ben, just uh, keep it up, dude, and don't look back. Just keep moving forward. And um, it, you, you, are, you're, you are in control, and I'm sure you've got a great support group, and I'm glad that we are a part of that. I, I, we didn't even know, but I'm glad that we're a part of that support group, which is awesome. Yeah, and reach out, reach out anytime you want. Oh, I'm echoing. All right. All right. Yeah, we are back. Uh, Oh, real quick. Yeah. So thank you, Ben. Jake, did you have any final? Oh, I was just going to say, I mean, if you need to reach out and talk to us at any time, you know, send us an email or contact us on social media. You know, we'll be glad to help you out if there's anything we could do. You know, that's so inspiring to hear that. It's fucking awesome is what it is. Yeah, it's very inspiring. Um. I want to thank our Rotten Tomatoes reviewers, and, I, and there's a few that I want to thank. I want Brooke Doherty, thank you so much for like doing everything that you do every month. I really appreciate it. Uh, Stephanie Chapman, uh, Daniel Hepner, Michael Winkler, uh, and uh, Josh Davis, you guys have just been fantastic. So thank you so much for everything that you do. 
uh, every month. I really appreciate it. And to anybody else that's, that's contributed, but like they've, they've really kind of stepped up this past month. So, so thank you. Um, Family Matters. Been Jake. I've been uh, still watching Family Matters. I'm not going to get into it too much. We got a big. We got a big show this week. But man, uh, Urkel is just full. I'm into season two. Urkel is just a huge like it, and it's crazy. Uh, episode thirteen in season one was the first. Did I do that? It was the first. Oh. Did I do that? And it and it wasn't like did I do that? It was just did I do that? It was so it's like it evolved into that other did I do that over time. Oh, yeah, wow! It just becomes so annoying by like the next season. Yeah, um, by the next season, uh, like they they realize that their bread and butter is Steve Urkel, and before he was like knocking over shit, you know. Just knocking stuff over, tripping in shit, falling into shit. By season two, episode one, he's working at a restaurant and he burns it down. Oh, my God. <laughs> he literally burns down a fucking restaurant. <laughs> and it says, did I do that? Do you think when do you think when Urkel finally had sex with Laura and he destroyed her hymen. Do you think he said, did I do that? A hundred percent. hundred percent. Dude, he fucking, no. I think you broke Paul. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he burnt down a fucking, what's fucked up about this? Is he, <laughs> this, this old guy owns this fucking restaurant. And Steve Urkel works there and he's going to make a hamburger and he's not been trained on the grill. And so he burns the place down. And of course, like he wakes up after being unconscious and he's outside and the paramedics are there and he looks up at the paramedics and he goes, did I do that? And so, so hold on, check this out. So, so fucking Aunt Rachel, Aunt Rachel is like looking for like, you know, like what she's, she's like her writing career isn't going anywhere. And this is the first I've heard of her fucking writing career. Like, I don't even, I don't know if they ever mentioned it in a previous episode, but like, I guess she was just living with the Winslows as she was trying to write like the, the next great American novel. And I didn't know anything about that. All of a sudden, like, they're throwing that into the fucking mix that she's been writing. And it's not going anywhere. So she's, like, looking for something to do. She feels like she's mooching off of them and living with them. And so she's like, oh, that restaurant. She's like, I'll get a loan and I'll fucking open it, reopen it. And she does, gets this loan. They reopen it and they call it Rachel's Place. And at the end of the episode, she thanks Urkel for burning the fucking place down so she can have this opportunity. I'm like, what the fuck? This sounds like a fucking long con, if you ask me. I bet the guy that owned the previous place got a huge, like, insurance settlement as well. Yeah, there's some fucking chicanery going on here. And he still works there. It's fucked up. <laughs> oh yeah, and you can't rehire the guy. Jesus. Hell no. Oh my god. There's a lot of there's a lot of great moments that happen in that restaurant later on, right? Like doesn't Eddie Eddie or like some gang members trash it and doesn't Urkel use that machine to turn into like Bruce Lee to fight him? Spoilers. Oh, wow. Man. It gets sad. It really goes <laughs> off the rails. I'm not there. there yet. I thought Eddie might lose his virginity in the in the cooler or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my oh, god. Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, let's let's move on into good pop, bad pop. It's time for more leftover reviews with good pop, bad pop. Oh, real quick, Jake. We uh we hit eight hundred iTunes reviews. Oh man, that's huge. Yeah, we're at eight hundred. Yeah, that's really special. I mean, I I always peek at reviews when I'm looking for new podcasts, and it's very rare that almost any podcast, unless you're like a national brand, has more than like a handful of reviews. Yeah. So that's really special. That means a lot. So thank you, listeners, for leaving those iTunes reviews, even if they're one star or whatever the fuck. We're at 800. I'll take it. So so thank you. It's uh, it's pretty fucking awesome. I'm I'm ready for 1K though, dude. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We should start snowballing towards it now. I would think. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Uh, Hey, can we take a quick break? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. I just, I introduced a new segment and we're taking a break. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We will be right back. All right. Hey, we're back. Um, uh, Real quick, uh, good pop, bad pop. Um, uh, I want to go over a couple things here real quick. Uh, I did a complete, and if you haven't seen this show, it's available on Netflix. Um, it's, uh, The Inbetweeners. I love this show. It's one of the best comedies I've ever seen. Uh, it's, uh, from, uh, Great Britain, and it is just an amazing, hilarious show. And you can watch the f- three seasons, each, each episode, it's, uh, each season's only, six episodes long and episodes are like 25 minutes a piece and it is so funny if you like stuff like super bad it's it's a lot like that it's just these guys that kind of like a prep school and it is so fucking hilarious i love the in-betweeners it is so funny and then you can watch the in-betweeners movie which was the biggest comedy ever over in england um i think you can watch the movie on uh, i watched it on for free on the Roku on Roku on the Roku channel, and then I watched the Inbetweeners two movie on Hoopla. If you have Hoopla, otherwise you can run it on video on demand for maybe a couple bucks. But uh, the Inbetweeners is fucking incredible. Paul, you would love this show. It is so funny, dude. Yeah, all right, I'm definitely gonna have to check it out. Please. Do the movies hold up to the quality of the shows? The the first one does. The second one's not as good, but it still has its moments. Uh, it, it, the, these guys are so, Simon Bird. I'm going to start his next series that he did after the in betweener in the in betweeners. It's called Friday Night Dinner Party, I believe. And I think you can watch the first three seasons of that on Hulu. And I think it went like, oh god, it went like eight seasons, maybe. I, I can't remember. But uh, I'm going to start that next. I think the first three or four seasons are on Hulu. I'm telling you, like, this is so funny. Like, I'm not – and it's it's adult humor, um, and uh, they drop the F-bomb. It's really funny. I love this fucking show. It is amazing. So watch The Inbetweeners on Netflix. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Uh, the new season of 60 Days In started. I'm not going to talk about this too much, but 60 Days In is the show where regular people go into – uh, pr- uh, jail population with, uh, people that are in jail. And this season is just fucking insane. I've watched the first episode. It looks like in the second episode, a bunch of people are dropping out. The general population in 
the in the prison is much bigger than anything we've ever seen in previous seasons and people are just dropping like flies apparently is what i'm hearing so 60 days in that's on a and e check it out it's fucking awesome and then the Shits creek season six premiere this is the final season premiere because uh season six is the final season of Shits creek and I love this show. Dan Levy, Eugene Levy, uh, Catherine O'Hare, um, just an amazing, I love uh, Chris Elliott. This show is one of the funniest shows on TV. And it's one of the best kept secrets on TV. Finally started getting some like Emmy, uh, love, but I've been watching this since season one. It's on the pop network. You can watch all the previous seasons, I believe on Netflix. This is one you do not want to miss. I've been, wa- I watched the season premiere on, Tuesday, new episodes come out on Tuesday on the Pop Network. I give it a Tupperware. David and Patrick are looking for wedding venues in the first episode of the season six premiere, and it is fucking hysterical. So, absolutely love Shit's Creek. So, highly What's up with that being on Pop Network now? Has that always been the case? Did mm-hmm. it start as a streaming show and then get a network once it started getting Emmy love? It's it's always been on the Pop Network. This it's in huh? it's it's Pop. In association with uh, in association with the CBC network, so the Canadian Broadcasting Channel. Okay, okay, yeah, but it's always been on Pop, and then after they finish the seasons and the new season gets ready to go, then they drop the previous season on Netflix, and that's how a lot of people are watching it. But you can watch all the new episodes on Pop. Um, and I think what what's the other thing on Pop right now? Oh, that one day at a time that was on Netflix moved over to Pop, so they've got it in a. Uh, comedy block so you can watch Shit's Creek and then right after that the season whatever of one day at a time um, oh that's cool I know a lot of people were really upset when that got canned yeah it's back on pop so they can watch it there uh, Paul are you still watching Servant yes I am holy fuck dude did you watch the, the most recent episode oh man I, I sure did sorry my cat's getting kind of uh, was, vocal right now I was wondering if someone stepped on a cat I was like oh, no, oh, no it's, <laughs> I thought Brian's sister's cat was getting mad at him no 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 she's coming up for some snuggle time but oh man that that last episode was a doozy holy shit I see don't a lot of shows do what they did there I'm seeing like this is not like a new thing it's like you get like this whole show and I'm not complaining because it was a fantastic episode. But a lot of shows do this thing where, like, you get this mystery. And yeah. what Servant is, guys, is basically you've got this uh, this couple. They have their first child. And then after 13 weeks, their their, their baby dies. It, it's a sad story. And, but what happens is they hire this nanny, this live-in nanny. She comes in. And what happens uh, they, – they, the mother has gone through such a traumatic thing. Such a traumatic experience with this baby passing away that they, uh, her husband played by Toby Kebbell, you'll remember him, he played Dr. Doom in the Trank film, he was also, oh, the, the evil ape from Planet of the Apes. What was that? Was it? Caesar? No, he was the good one. Caesar, but I, I want to say, like, I want to say like Koba. Koba. I think it was Yeah, Koba. Yeah, Toby Kebbell played Koba. And Toby Kebbell is her husband, and then Rupert Grint from, uh, you know, Ron, Ron Weasley is playing, uh, her brother. And they have, they, they buy this lifelike doll that looks like a baby, and she basically has gone through such a traumatic experience that 
this little doll has been taking the place of the baby until they can kind of like figure out how they're going to get her to function again. What happens is they bring in this nanny and all of a sudden, like by the end of the first episode, there's a real baby in the crib. And we're like wondering, like, is this something supernatural? Did the did the nanny bring in her own baby and she's trying to get, you know, them to take care of the Turners? This is the family trying to take care of this baby. Like, what's what's going on here? And then, like, you know, so many different things kind of unfold throughout this show. And then by the time we're on the penultimate episode, then we get, like, this huge flashback. And I feel like a lot of shows do that, Paul, where we watch a lot of the mystery kind of unfold. And then then we get the backstory in the penultimate episode before we finally get some sort of a resolution or a cliffhanger in the final episode of the season. I, I see a lot of shows doing that. But, man, dude, I'm fucking loving this show. It is so oh, good. so good. Apple, it's on so, Apple TV Plus, people. It, it, Paul, you're loving it too, right? Oh, I, it's it, it's one of my favorite shows. Apple TV yeah. has really come out of the gate. Um, And the morning show, they it's almost like they did the same thing. They built up a mystery around Steve Carell's character. And I think it was the episode before the penultimate where it was just a, it was, the whole thing took place two years before – where we are at now yeah and kind of uncovers you know it, it kind of pulls back the curtain and shows you stuff that happened so yeah there that's definitely a trend is that getting the um, season two i don't know um i know jennifer aniston said that they know where they want to go with season two so I don't know if they if it's been if it's been greenlit, but I do got to say you made me fist pump in the car when you made uh, for all mankind your show of the year. Oh, uh, it's so good, dude! Dude, that last episode. Please tell me you watched after the credits too. What? There's a post credit scene <laughs> on for all mankind's final episode. What? Oh my god! Go. I'm, there you go. Holy shit! I'm gonna have to go back, dude. I don't. I don't. I don't know if I watched the a post credit scene or not. I can't remember. Well, you would remember this one, so because it, it definitely there's a little bit of a time jump and it's showing you exactly what to expect in the uh, next season. Oh my god! Okay, I'm like definitely gonna go back and watch that final episode right there at the end and and check that out no thank you for the heads up on that absolutely yeah guys i watched this is the season three premiere and i've never watched the first two seasons it's not really important (laughs) but it's called it's called gordon ramsay's 24 hours the hell and back have you guys heard about this show yes he did the kitchen nightmares he did the hell's kitchen he did a hotel hell Right, mm-hmm. and now he's doing the show, twenty four hours to hell and back, and it's it's the Gordon Ramsay uh, y'all know and love, the guy who gets angry at people fucking up food, you know, and it, and uh, he goes the first episode season for you can watch this on Hulu, people highly recommend this uh, to watch this one. He goes to the seafood restaurant. Seafood can get fucked up real quick. Seafood, I oh, mean, yeah. seafood, bad seafood could kill you. You know, oh, super dangerous. Sure. Super dangerous. You got to, you know, he, oh, man. Anyway, he goes to this place called Lowry Seafood, and they opened in 1938. Yes, that is that is the year that Superman came out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sorry. <laughs> Batman came out in 1939. Yeah. All right. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Gordon Ramsay is so famous 
But anyone and everybody knows his face now. So he wants to show up to these places unbeknownst to them and uh not let them know that he's there. And so like I guess they sh- they signed up for this show, but they have no idea that it's affiliated with Gordon Ramsay. And so he shows up in a disguise in these episodes. So they got him in like this makeup, you know, and they make they made him look like an old man. And he's he's riding around on one of those fucking mo- like scooters for old people. That's that's hilarious. And so then he like rips off the disguise. He like he eats the food and the food shit, you know. Uh, these crab cakes are sour, and the you know the oysters are garbage, you know, and so. He fucking, he rips off the disguise and he's like, ah, this food is gross. Stop eating. Stop. <laughs> Everybody's in the restaurant eating. He's like, Stop eating this food. Stop it. It's fucking nasty. And then, uh, then now it's time to go look at the kitchen. So they're going to go look at the kitchen, see what's going on in the kitchen. And like, there's all this rotted food, oysters that stink. Crab that's gone bad. Yeah. And there's the, there's these apples there. There's these apples that are just fucking like mush. And he's oh. like, and he like grabs one of the apples and it's mush. It like basically turns into applesauce in his hands. And he's like, these apples. And you know he's bitching about the apples, you know. And then the the owner goes, those were for the st- those were for the staff. I don't serve those. <laughs> I, Gordon Ramsay gets so mad at the owner he fucking throws one of these fucking applesauce apples at the owner's shirt and he's got fucking he's got fucking rotted apple all over his shirt oh my god it was fucking insane and then like they got with this one cook named Anthony and every time he fucking makes chicken he never cooks it all the way through it's always raw in the middle and shit. It's always cold. And then Gordon's like, Gordon goes, Anthony, why did the chicken cross the road? Oh, no. Because you didn't cook the fucking thing. <laughs> so they, they come in there and they give him a whole new fucking you know, menu with new things to put on it and you know, fresh, fresh fish and, and they clean up the kitchen and everything and then they renovate the place. They redecorate it and they do every, every seafood restaurant that you go to when they redecorate them. It's always, it's always this nautical bullshit that they throw yeah, I was up. Get there. ready to say wheels on those the side yeah. of the wall. Yeah. Those, those wood steering wheels from, <laughs> and then nets, nets, nets all no. over the place. Those fucking, Rope nets all over the place. That's the thing. It's a, no other restaurant like features decorations of something that ends up, you know, trapping the animal. It's not like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you go to a hamburger joint, there's just grinders all over the place. Grinders. They've got that fucking nail gun from No Country for Old Men yeah, hanging up, up on the wall. <laughs> 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 Bunch of baseball clubs everywhere. <laughs> it's a good, it's a good show. I give it um, I give it all the previous shows I've mentioned are Tupperwares. I give this one a Tupperware too. I fucking I fucking love it. I I stopped watching Hell's Kitchen years ago, but I I still watch Hotel Hell and Kitchen Nightmares. And all. I'm I Gordon Ramsay's a little over the top, but man, it's it's a fun fucking watch. He's throwing apples at people. 
You know? That's awesome. I, can I ask a question about it? Yeah. When, when the people find out that they've signed up for Gordon Ramsay to come fucking tear their shit up, do they, are they like just like, oh, my God. Oh, they know they're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> you talked about you talked about clinching earlier. They're definitely clinching their oh, buttholes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. That's that's the part that really sold me. I was like, oh, I want to see the, their reactions when they find out this old guy is Gordon Ramsay getting uh, ready to just embarrass the shit out of him. Oh, dude, because like they they know he basically said like that when they know Ramsay's on his way, they start cleaning up the kitchen. They try to fix. They try to clean up their act a little bit, and he doesn't want them to be able to get away with that shit. He wants to see, you know, what they're working with. So it's fuck. Gordon Ramsay's twenty four hours to hell and back. You can watch uh, the first episode on Hulu, and by the time this comes out, maybe the second. I don't fucking know. Uh, the Grudge. I saw the new Grudge reboot. You brave man. Yeah, I know. I knew it was at a fucking like fourteen percent audience score. Was at like a nineteen? I knew. I don't know. I, was, I haven't really liked any of the previous movies either, honestly. The Japanese one is – that's where it's at, man. That's okay. where it's fucking at. Not the, the American bullshit. The Pre-Sarah Michelle Geller. Yeah, dude. Just like the same thing with the eye. The fucking – the Japanese version of the eye is awesome. But when you get into that – what's her fucking name from Fantastic Four? She was in Idle Hands. Oh, Jessica Alba. Jessica Alba. The Jessica Alba version of the eye is garbage. But if you watch the fucking straight up Japanese version, that shit scared me as a fucking 25 year old man with the lights on. With the fucking mm. lights on, I was scared. Oh, that Dude, movie is that's freaky crazy. as shit. Um, after a young housewife murders her family in her own house, a single mother and young detective tries to investigate and solve the case. Later, she discovers the house is cursed by a vengeful ghost that dooms those who enter it with a violent death. Now, she runs to save herself and her son from demonic spirits from the cursed house in her neighborhood. Uh, at first uh, announced as the reboot of the 2004 American remake and the Japanese horror film Juwan, The Grudge, the film ended up being a sidequel that takes place during and after the events of the 2004 film and its sequels, and it's the fourth installment in the Grudge film franchise. Um, and much oh like, my gosh, that gives me a headache thinking about that. No shit, a sidequel. A sidequel. God, I need to fucking take some Nyquil after watching this fucking thing so I can go. To <laughs> that's sleep. Like, I guess that's what Rogue One is, right? <laughs> Rogue, yeah, a it's, a, it's a sidequel. That's a, that's new. Oh, hey, all these names for things: re uh, reboot, uh, reimagining. <laughs> anyway, much like the original films, this one is told in the non chronological order through several different storylines. So the events are explained in the actual order, but this is not the order that they are shown in the film. So. Yeah, just like The Grudge. Uh, Sam Raimi was a producer on this one. It's directed by Nicholas Pesh, and it stars Andrea Riseborough. It's got a great cast. I'm not going to lie. Great cast. Andrea Riseborough, Demian Bashir, John Cho, Betty Gilpin, Lynn Shay, Jackie Weaver. Great cast. It was textbook horror, though. I mean, in the worst ways. And it, there's terrible jump scares. They're predictable. It, it did nothing to enhance the original version of the film. The pacing was awful. The the nonlinear storytelling was super confusing. There's an outcome of a couple in the movie, 
that was so disturbing that it was offensive to me. Super fucking oh offensive. My gosh. Yeah, dude. I'm not even Whoa. fucking lying. It was super fucking offensive. Um, I tossed the fuck out of this. I tossed this so fucking hard. And I like John Cho starred in one of my favorite movies of 2018, Searching. Guy is fucking amazing. I love Betty Gilpin. I love Glow. Loved her in America Gods. Fucking love Betty Gilpin. Lynn Shay, Jackie Weaver, both fantastic, fantastic actors. This is a pile of shit. <clears throat> the Grudge. Yeah. Is, wow. Yeah. You usually find like even the cheesiest horror movies. Like you're you're pretty forgiving. Like you know you'll. It's very rare that you toss them. You kind of understand what the point of them is, what they're trying to do, and you give them a little bit of leniency when it comes to that. So, I mean, wow, for you to just straight up toss this thing, it must be pretty fucking awful. It's it's terrible. It's terrible. It's confusing, and and what I mean by I, – I, I don't want to spoil it, but what I mean by offensive is there's – oh, God. If you have – there is a there's a pregnancy in this and the mom and the dad played by John Cho and Betty Gilpin have been talking to their doctor and the baby is going to be born with with maybe like some sort of like um like a I I I don't know if they really narrow it down but the baby is going to be born with something and it's not going to be like a, a healthy birth. And so they're worried about their child being a healthy child. And all of this is just thrown out the window. Like it's all just, and just for something just so disgusting in this fucking movie. And I don't know. I <clears throat> toss the fuck out of this one. It's so bad. It is so fucking terrible. The grudge. It's just, I hope this franchise is dead. I hope it's fucking dead. It's so bad. Uh, I mean, it's not doing well in the theaters. Box office numbers are pretty shitty for this. Uh, Critic reception is pretty terrible. Audience reception. I I can't imagine they're fast-tracking the next one. Uh Uh-uh. They fucked this one up, and with a great cast, too. How do you fuck this up? How do you fuck it up? Anyway, and Sam Raimi is a producer. It's just, get your name off of this, Sam. Jesus Christ. He's a great director. It's but. But you know, um, how much creative input did he really have into this? Yeah, I, I, Sam Raimi is my all-time favorite director. But I, even at that, I've never had much respect when he's put as a, an executive producer or any role like that. He's put his name on a buttload of shitty movies. So yeah, even the, the Evil Dead remake, which was like, I don't know, like they take what they did was they put all the elements of the Evil Dead in there without the comedy. Yeah, yeah, that kind of seems dry. So uh, I'm going to talk about one more thing. I'm going to pass it off. I've got a lot a lot of other things to talk about. But I watched the new uh, Netflix series Medical Police. Uh, two American physicians in Sao Paulo, Brazil, discover a civilization-threatening virus and are recruited as government agents in a race against time and around the world to find a cure and uncover a dark conspiracy. Uh, it's created by uh, Rob Corddry. Uh, this is a spinoff of the Adult Swim show Children's Hospital. So if you loved Children's Hospital, um, you're going to love this. And like Children's Hospital, like the comedy, in for me, it, it feels like it's inspired by like – those old comedies like 
airplane um, and then, you know, police squad and then the files of police squad, the naked gun films. It's very much like that as far as like its delivery. And so I've always been a huge fan of Children's Hospital. Um, this is a 10 episode series. Each episode's around 22, 25 minutes. It stars Aaron Hayes and Rod Hubel playing their characters from Children's Hospital. And, uh, they are both in uh medicine she's a pediatrician he's a surgeon and then they are turn they then they are given they're, they're turned <laughs> they're made police officers so now they're medical police it's i think this show's fucking ridiculous i'm did you watch any of this paul um i watched the whole first episode and i've never seen children's hospital so i wanted to go back and watch that before yeah. i start watching this again but I mean, there was a couple parts where I was just almost pissing my pants when they were doing like the whole like clear thing with the pedals and they save the guy and then they just kind of push the gurney down the hallway <laughs> and just leave him. <laughs> the, dude, the, so they start globetrotting. They start going into like other countries and they go to like this silent dance club. It's like one of these dance club where like you're fucking, you put the headphones on and you're all listening to the same music and dancing, but like you can take the headphones off and it's completely like, silent so as they're walking through the silent dance club they all these people are farting like (laughs) (laughs) so there's like this 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 whole action sequence that breaks out like as they're leaving and they're running out of this silent dance club and you just hear Um, some great cameos here from people that have been involved in children's hospital of course like they have a lot of the cast from children's hospital in the first episode but then like john ham shows up he's fucking hilarious craig robinson shows up and he's really funny in this but um i'm gonna give it a high taste it i'm I'm through the seventh episode so i have three left i'm i'm loving it if you're if, if you're a fan of Children's Hospital, this is a must-watch. If you loved that, and I watched every episode of Children's Hospital on Adult Swim, I loved this show. So, and if you like stuff like Airplane or Naked Gun, you're gonna you you might like this. I I highly recommend it if you're a fan. I uh, yeah yeah go ahead yeah no like I said I, I loved that first episode, but I just felt like I needed to kind of learn more about the characters from children's hospital before i could really fully enjoy it yeah dude children's hospital is funny and like what's great about children's hospital is it was one of those 15 minute shows on mm. adult swim so like honestly each episode's about 11 minutes and it's all oh, like robot chicken okay. yeah it's created by rob cordry and it's really a fun show i i really loved it so um i'll pass it off to one of you jake what do you got for good pump and pop uh, yeah, I watched the first, I've seen the first six of 10 episodes of Rami, which is a Hulu exclusive, um, like sitcom basically. Um, my attention was brought to this cause I was watching the golden globes and the star of this, uh, Rami Yusuf won a best actor in a comedy series. And I had never even heard of this show and was like, Hmm, you know, wanted to check it out and see why people were giving it awards. And yeah, uh, let me read the description. It's uh, Rami Hassan is a first-generation Egyptian-American who was on a spiritual journey in a politically divided New Jersey neighborhood. He becomes caught between a Muslim community that thinks life is a moral test 
and a millennial generation that believes life has no consequences. Through it all, he's still trying to do the things that most 20-somethings do, like date. And so, yeah, this um, this is a great show. I do see why this is getting all the cheer that it's getting. And, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give it a Tupperware. It, it's a pretty hilarious show and actually just really informative. You know, I don't really know much about the Muslim religion, like just not a ton. And it's, it's just very informative, like seeing him, you know, juggle the morals of that religion with doing things that a normal 20 something year old would want to be doing, like going on dates and meeting people and just how other people view him for doing the practices that he does and, and how he views other Muslims as well. And it reminds me a lot of master of none, just kind of the way it juggles, you know, him, him and his religion with just going on dates and that kind of thing. And yeah, it's just a hysterical show. You see him going on dates with like, white american women and what happens there you see him going on dates with other muslim women that his mom sets him up with and the things that happen there and there's just a lot beyond the dating there's just a lot of him interacting with his family like his parents kind of think he's a failure because he doesn't have a great job and they try to hook him up with his uncle who is sells diamonds for a living and they're trying to you know get him that trade and his uncle is like just incredibly anti-semitic and they invite him over for dinner one night and it's just the stuff he says is just unbelievable and Remy wants no part of this whatsoever and it's just there's lots of comedy to be had but there's just also just lots of drama here too it's just a fantastic series i'll finish this off later on this week and watch the last four episodes but yeah i'm really loving this and the star uh Remy yosef is just so charismatic like i can see why they would give him best male actor like just within the first kind of 12 minutes of the show you would see why they would green light a show with this guy as the star like he just does such a fantastic job so yeah i highly recommend this like i said it's on hulu 10 episodes they're half an hour each so not much of a commitment at all it's been greenlit for a season two so you're going to get 10 more episodes of this sometime in 2020 i would guess later in like the second quarter so yeah, I absolutely love this thing. Yeah, this is, uh, this came out in April and it was one of those shows that I had, you know, like written down, like, oh, I'll watch this. And then it, I never got around to it. So yeah, I'm glad to hear that this was, I, that's crazy. Like it, it's another one of the, it's like a sleeper show, right? Yeah. I, like I said, I hadn't even heard of it. And then I did see that it came out like way back in April and I was like, well, fuck it. I, I'll give it a watch and throw it on. And, you know, I was just planning on watching one episode, but I just ended up watching everything I could that night until I went to bed. Wow. That's cool. Yeah, I'll check that. Rammy, it's called Ram R-A-M-Y. R-A-M-Y, yeah. And I believe Hulu right now has it on the front page because they're kind of pimping it out since it won some awards. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah, I, I really think this is something that you would like, Brian. I'll check it out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you have anything else, Jake? Uh, yeah, I'm also... Really, I'm watching The Circle on Netflix right now. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, um, it's basically Netflix's version of a reality show, like their version of a Big Brother show. Well, and it's, on, it's, it's, this actually started, I believe, in the UK. Yeah, yes. It Back was in, a UK series. They've done like three or four different ones in different countries so far before right. US finally got one. Yeah. But yeah, it's been kind of a big hit overseas and in a couple other countries. Um, Netflix picked it up. Um, and unlike most Netflix shows, they're actually airing this in blocks. Like, you can't watch the whole series at once. They released four episodes last week, four more episodes this week. 
And I believe next week is the final four episodes. It's yeah. only going to be the 12 episodes. Yeah. And it's a really interesting concept. Um, much like Big Brother, everyone lives in the same giant building. But unlike Big Brother, there's no actual physical interaction between any of the other contestants. No one ever actually sees each other. And everyone communicates through a social media construct construct called the circle which is like tvs in everyone's room and the gist of it is is that you you could be yourself or you can completely make up your own persona and just be whatever you want to be to try to gain favor from the other contestants you because can, at the end of the yeah you can catfish people yeah, you can straight up catfish. You can pretend to be a female if you're a male. You can pretend to be a super party animal even though you're not that at all. Or you, or you can just be yourself. But no one is ever going to know whether or not you are who you say you are because, you know, they'll just have to – it's the honor system. You either trust the person or you don't just based on what information you're able to get from that person. And it works as like a giant popularity contest where the contestants are asked to – rank the other contestants first through eighth place and then they average that all up and the people that get first and second place decide on which person leaves the circle and then that person is eliminated from the game um, i'm not quite sure how you win this thing yet i guess that'll be made a lot more clear next week in the final episodes but yeah this has been this is a giant tupperware for me this is right up my alley i mean i'm already a huge survivor and big brother fan and I just think this is just super fascinating. And one of the most thrilling, dramatic parts is when someone gets eliminated, they're allowed to choose one person in the circle to go visit. And so they actually get to go to that person's room and see if they are who they say they are or not. And I just find that super intriguing. There's a couple people that I just can't wait for people to decide to go visit them and talk to them just to see their reaction when they see who these people really are. Um, I think casting's done a fantastic job with this first season. Um, that's honestly one of the biggest reasons I, I'm really enjoying it. I don't think there's any duds in this cast. I pretty oh, much love come everybody. On. Antonio, come on. Uh, I was going to say, except for the first two people eliminated were the right first two people eliminated because they were the worst two people on the cast. But, I mean, they're they're gone pretty quickly, and then the people that replaced them have been just amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I absolutely love this show. Um, I hope. It seems like it's a hit for Netflix. I've seen a lot of people talking about it on Twitter and a, a lot of buzz about it the last couple of weeks. And it seems like something that would be fairly cheap to make and produce. So I'm hoping that possibly we get this more than once a year even. I wouldn't want them to go crazy with it, but I would love to see this done twice a year with different casts. Uh, I'm, I'll jump in. Paul, you've been watching this? I watched the first episode. Dude, I've watched all fucking eight episodes that are out right now. I'm fucking hooked on this shit. I fucking love this show. It's the highest of fucking Tupperwares. I love this fucking show. At first, I was just like, I don't know about it. I don't know. And there's people that, people that they introduce in this show that I fucking hate at first. I fucking hate them. And I'm like, I don't like this person. Jake. I love Joey. I'm a huge Joey fan now. Oh, yeah. And Joey was one of the people that I initially I initially hated him. Me I too. It, I hated him too. I thought he was just a fucking douchebag. And then now I fucking love Joey. I think he's great. Like there's like – like uh, you know, some of them put up like this fucking wall and and like all you see is like – all you saw of Joey was like the douchebaggery, you know? And like I've, we've seen other sides of Joey now. Like I've, I've I love Joey. I think he's fun. He's funny, and oh my god, I 
Dude, I'm fucking hooked. I am so hooked on this fucking show. I love the show. That's circle. awesome. I'm, I'm surprised to hear that. Fuck no, dude. I'm telling you, it, it, I, I love reality shows. I do. I don't, but I don't, oh, yeah. I can't watch them all. I can't, and I get burnt out on them. Oh, but yeah. like, this is one of those shows where it's just like, I am, I'm, I'm so hooked on the circle. I am so hooked on this show. And when you have, Fucking like, and they'll have like, they can private message each other. They can private message each other. And so you've got two people that can private message each other. Like it's like Yahoo Messenger from fucking like, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, <laughs> whatever the fuck. They can message each other privately in the circle and they can talk. They can have a conversation. But you've got one person talking as like, you've got like, um, you know, you got this black dude who's like pretending to be a girl named Rebecca and uh, he's Jessica Rebecca. Right? No. Oh, is it Rebecca? Oh, you're it's right. Rebecca. You're right. He's pretending to be his, it's his actual real life girlfriend. He's pretending to yeah. be his actual real life girlfriend. And he's, and so he's pretending to be Rebecca and he's doing a private message with a guy who is his avatar that he's playing is this guy named Adam who's like this, you know, stud guy. And in all actuality, he's like this geeky guy who looks like fucking Steve Carell if he was the 40-year-old virgin. <laughs> and so, like, each of them are playing each other in this in this chat. Like, it, it's – this show is – I love it. I fucking love this show. Highest yeah. of Tupperwares. One, like, I guarantee you, like – I could see this coming up in our award show at the end of the year. I am so fucking hooked on this show. And I did not think I would be when I first started watching it. A lot of these people were annoying the shit out of me at first. They were, in, And then as I kept watching it, I kept getting sucked deeper and deeper and deeper into this game. And I am so hooked on this fucking show. Paul, what did yeah, you think? Yeah, it's fantastic. Oh, real quick. Um, I think the first episode was the weakest episode, too, honestly. I thought the introductions to each of the characters were very obnoxious and overproduced with sound effects and multiple versions of their bodies popping up all over the screen. Yeah. I thought once you got past the introductions of the people, the show really exploded and blossomed. It's a To anyone that goes out there and watches it, it's a little bit eye-rolling, I thought, for the first 20 minutes of the first episode before yeah. it really catches fire. I was there. I was like, I was not digging the show at first, and then the more you stick with it, the more you love it. And they introduce new people to the house, and then they block people, they vote people out. They have what's called influencers, and the people that get ranked the highest become influencers, and the influencers choose which person they're going to block, and then that person leaves the show, as Jake explained. But like, Paul, what did you think about the first episode? Well, you guys are changing my mind because I didn't make it all the way through because the yeah. Jersey Shore Jim Bro guy was Joey, annoying. Joey. Yeah, okay. And Dude, what do you guys are saying now? Joey's awesome. I fucking love Joey now. Okay. It's great. Joey's great. I definitely I, want to get into it. Dude, I hated Joey at first. I was like, yeah, oh, I my God, this fucking guy. This fucking guy and all his fucking all his fucking shit with his, uh, you know, just, you know, he's just, yeah, he's playing Jersey Shore like he's fucking Pauly D. And then he's got all these fucking, you know, glamour products that he's putting on his face. And he's, <laughs> he's fucking shaking yeah. his chest and all this shit. And like, but there's, dude, there's layers to people, man. It's like we, yeah. And, and the show kind of tells, this kind of show is like, 
telling it, telling you that you can kind of people judge a book by its cover. Jake, if you were to be on this show, would you go on as yourself or would you go on as like a different avatar of someone else? I think I would just go on as myself. I, I just, I don't think I, it would be too weird for me to pretend to be someone else. Even if I thought that would be a better strategy, I don't know if I could, I feel like I would blow my cover. I would definitely go on as somebody else. I would not go on as myself. I would go on as like, I would go on as somebody like, I think like shoe bomb being as sweet as he is, but he is who he is. I would go on like somebody like shoe bomb, somebody like you would not expect. You know what I mean? That like yeah. you wouldn't see as a threat. I, I see, I see shoe bomb and Joey going really far in this game, really far in this game. I agree. And, you know, Shubham is another one that I just hated in the first episode. I was like, why did they cast this guy? He's like anti-social media, everything. And it, he just kind of seemed like a real stick in the mud the first episode. He's yeah. honestly my favorite contestant now. And he's well, my my favorite contestant is Joey, followed by Shubham. And one of the people that like I'm not a huge fan of. And it's just because of the way he's just so kind of like he just kind of like tries to like get along with everybody and he, I don't think he's being a hundred percent truthful all the time is Chris. Mm, Chris, yeah. Chris is too, he's, he's nice. He's playing the game too nice. And like when, when people start to like, he never has a negative thing to say about anyone. And I think like that, I think that's bullshit. I think that's bullshit. Yeah, he also seems to not make any commitments when it comes to having anyone's back as well. He yeah. seems like to be the first one to just want to stop the conversation right. if he actually has to commit to being any kind of help to anybody. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I think I, I, if I met Chris, I would love him. I would love him. Me and Chris would probably be friends. But, like, the way Chris is playing the game is just not the way that I would play the game. No, agreed. I got so confused because all of the like exterior shots of like the city and the building in at least the first episode, it's almost all like famous parts to Milwaukee. So I'm looking it up like, dude, did they film here? Like, no, they just use like aerial shots. So I was like, holy shit. I need like because usually if they film Milwaukee, they'd make a big deal. But it was kind of cool to see Milwaukee in the show for a little while. The buildings in Chicago, correct? Yeah, um, the article I read is that they used a mix of Milwaukee and Chicago. Huh. But the actual building, the oh, yeah. place in is in Chicago. They're playing the game in Chicago. Yeah, okay. And like one of the producers said, Milwaukee just has a lot of circular stuff that we can use for aerial shots of around the building. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Even the show is kind of catfishing its audience with where the location <laughs> is there. Yeah. That's wild. Um, I, uh, I watched, uh, Underwater today, the new Kristen Stewart movie. Yeah, yeah, you hyped that last week. Yeah, a crew of aquatic researchers work to get safe, uh, get to safety after an earthquake devastates their subterranean laboratory, but the crew has more than the ocean, uh, seabed to fear. Uh, this this was uh and I did look this up this was um shooting on this movie took place in 2017 and then when Disney purchased 20th Century Fox the release date the release date was pushed to uh to this month um 
So by the time it was released, almost three years had passed. It's crazy. It's directed by William Eubank. He did The Signal and Love, two movies I haven't fucking seen. This one stars Kristen Stewart, T.J. Miller, Jessica Henwick. You'll remember her from Iron Fist uh, and Vincent Cassell. Um, I'm going to give this one a solid taste it. I, okay. I I think it started out pretty cool. Um, there's some like there there there's you start off and it gets right into the action. Like they're in this, they're almost like they're six seven miles underneath, you know, in in the ocean, and they're six seven miles deep. And it's like you've got this breach in the in this station that they're at, this underwater station. So like water's busting through and, and, um, you know, it's like, it, was it an earthquake? What's going on here? They're doing some drilling down there and what's going on here. And so like, you know, you've got a lot of running, you've got, you've got a lot of this fucking, uh, laboratory collapsing on itself and, uh, Characters that are in like, you know, crawling through parts of this, of this, uh, subterranean laboratory and it's, it's very claustrophobic. And I was like, oh, this is, this is kind of cool. We're just getting thrown into this movie. Um, there's a lot of section in the middle where it's just not exciting. <laughs> um, and you're introduced, uh, and I'm not spoiling anything. This is in the trailers. You're introduced to a creature that they come across. And it's kind of like, uh, in the movie, there, these 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 subterranean creatures that you're introduced to are kind of like underwater bats in a way is how I like to see it uh how I like to describe them um, I would have like just given this a low taste it had it not been for the third act of this film. The third act of this film is just fucking I thought it was really good. I really enjoyed it to be quite honest with you um and maybe I would have enjoyed this a lot more had I seen this in like Dolby Atmos, where the audio is so much better. Because like, there's something to be said about like under underwater is scary. The water is scary. Like the deeper down you go, it's just it's fucking creepy. Um, but like this didn't. I I wasn't really scared. In a lot of ways, it's trying to be like Alien. In a lot of ways. And you'll you'll understand what I'm saying when you watch this movie. Um, Kristen Stewart, this is not her best. Like I loved, I thought she was real, the best part of Charlie's Angels that came out this year. She was really good, had a lot of personality. I, I really didn't really, I didn't really appreciate her character until the third act. And in the third act, I thought her character was pretty cool. Jessica Henwick is fine in this film. Um, TJ Miller tries to be like the, the comic relief in it. It doesn't really work to be quite honest with you. Um, he's, he's all right. Uh, it's, this movie is, it's a taste it. I think, I, I don't know. I think, but I, it's definitely one of those things where I'm going to tell you, like, I think you would want to see this in theaters to get the most out of it. But on the flip side, it's nothing I would tell you to drop money on. If you have AMC A-List and you've seen everything out there in theaters right now, maybe go see this one. If you're like me. <laughs> if you're like me. That should go on the poster. I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm just being honest with you. Like, oh, I don't, I, get you. I don't think like when you watch this at home, even if you get to the third act, you're, it, it, it's just going to be like, eh, whatever. 
whatever. But in the theater, it was with the audio. It was kind of cool, and and um, the third act was the creature cool. Yeah, at the very end of this movie, one hundred percent. Yes, it it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Um, nice. That's hard to do. Usually, that's yeah. one of the big letdowns in that kind of story. Yeah, yeah. Very kind of like once you get to the end of this movie, very like the underwater sea creature is very like Lovecraftian at the end of this movie, and it's <laughs> kind of creepy, man. Kind of fucking creepy. So, and I thought like Kristen Stewart gave like her best performance in the third act. So it's like it's only an hour and a half. So if you've seen everything in theaters right now and you have an AMC A-list and it's not going to charge you anything and you've got an extra movie this week, watch Underwater. Like, that's how you do this movie. I wouldn't even say you have to watch this, like, when it comes out on Redbox or HBO. Like, once you get this at home, unless you have, like, a really amazing surround sound system and a fucking 60, 70-inch screen, it's... If you're watching this on a 42 inch Panasonic with nothing, with, you know, I mean, I don't know, it's not gonna do anything for you. So, I mean, <laughs> and I can't say that I was blown away until like, and I, I wasn't even like thoroughly blown away in the third act. Like, it was still, but it was cool. It was cool. So that's, I'm gonna give it a taste it based, based on the third act, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. That's awesome. I'll check that out. I saw the I saw Doctor Who the Doctor Who live Q and A screening that Fathom Events did, and it's the first two episodes of season twelve. So basically, the first episode had already come out on BBC America, and the second episode had not premiered yet. But they let people watch it a few days early if you went to this Fathom event. Now, listen, I had watched, and I'm not talking about like going back to the '60s and all those Doctor Who episodes. I've watched a few of those when I was growing up, but I started watching with the Eccleston stuff, which would have been they, they I guess they're calling it season one. And I want, I watched Eccleston, Tennant, and Matt Smith. Matt Smith ended with season seven, and then Capaldi started with season eight. I watched the first episode of the Capaldi season, and I dropped off Doctor Who. It's something that I've always wanted to get back to, but I just didn't. So I went to the Doctor Who live Q&A and screening, and it was the first two episodes of season 12 with our new doctor. And uh, they've got the female doctor now, Jodie Whittaker. And the f- episodes uh, were part of uh, – it was called Spyfall. And um, so Spyfall parts one and two. And um, this is my first introduction to Jodie Whittaker as the doctor. And I'm not, I'm not going to talk too much about this, but um, – I liked it overall, and and the reason that I liked it overall was this actor that they have playing – real quick, spoilers, guys. If you haven't seen it, you might want to fast forward maybe a couple minutes, two, three minutes, and if you plan on watching this. The actor that they have playing the master is fucking amazing. Sasha Darwin, I believe, is is the name of the actor playing the master. Um, is so good. Is so good in this role. I absolutely loved this. Like this actor. Like when you like this is one of the doctor's greatest adversaries, and this Sasha Darwin plays the master so well. Um, and then this whole 
creepy alien race that they kind of took on in this episode in these in these two episodes was kind of cool as well but um i liked it overall i'll give it a high taste it um but i will give sasha darwin who plays the master an absolute tupperware amazing actor so good had you seen that actor before in anything, or this was your first exposure? First exposure to this actor. Um, and if you're wondering what I thought about Jodie Whittaker as the doctor, listen, it's the same thing that I go through every time the doctor regenerates. There's an adjustment period, guys. There's an adjustment period anytime there's a new doctor, okay? This is my first experience with Jodie Whittaker. I didn't watch season 11. So what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to go back and watch season eight with Capaldi. Listen, here's the thing. Anytime you get a new doctor, there's an adjustment period. Like I, I got used to Eccleston and then all of a sudden we get Tenet. And then now, oh, I fall in love with Tenet. And then we lose Tenet. And then we get fucking Matt Smith. And Matt Smith is no Tenet, but Matt Smith was Matt Smith and he was pretty good and I liked him. And then we got Capaldi and I was just like, I'm out. But I hear, I hear a lot, I hear different things about Capaldi. So I'm going to jump back. There's always an adjustment with a new doctor. This has nothing to do with the fact that the new doctor has a vagina. Guys, there's an adjustment anytime you get, there's an adjustment anytime you get a new doctor, Jake. When they, when, oh, yeah. when a doctor regenerates, there's an adjustment. And I'm not, you can't ask, I don't know. I, I, I don't know about Jodie Whittaker yet. I, I, they did a Q&A with her at, at the end of it. And I thought she was more charming in the uh, Q&A than she was in the actual episode, to be quite honest with you. But I don't know. <laughs> I don't know enough about Jodie Whittaker as the doctor yet. I've seen two fucking episodes of Jodie Whittaker as the doctor. I don't know how Jodie Wh- Whittaker, you know, reacts to fucking Daleks. Well, I'm, I got to watch season 11. There's always an adjustment when you get a new doctor. So I'm not going to bullshit you. No, that makes sense. It's it's kind of like Star Trek in that way, right? Where it's when you get to do Captain, you're so right. used to the last one that yeah. it takes a bit. Yeah. So I'm not going to sit here and bullshit. Guys, you know what I didn't watch this week? What's that? I totally – I didn't watch the Lock and Key trailer. Oh. No. You didn't miss much. I, nope. I low taste it. What are you thinking, Paul? I toss it. Wow. Yeah, and that's one of my – that's like my favorite comic book uh series but it, it seemed it seemed almost like a like a young adult fantasy magical show that doesn't have any of the like because the comic books are like horrific they're you know they're scary they're brutal they're gory and i didn't get that feeling at all especially from the first scene they released the first that's the, if that's the actual first scene of the series i uh i got no hope for the show Wow. I just thought, um, I don't know. I didn't necessarily think that it looked like a bad show or a bad adaptation. I, I hadn't really thought that far. I just thought it was strictly a bad trailer. I thought it over relied on you already knowing about this property. And when this isn't really a property that I don't think is really all that well known by the masses. I mean, obviously we all know about this property and we all know who Joe Hill is and what he did, but I don't, I don't think this is going to attract anyone that doesn't already know of the existence of Lock and Key and wouldn't already be excited for it. So I just thought it was kind of a failure as a hype trailer to get new people to tune in and watch this. I, I don't know. I didn't really think that it looked like a terrible adaptation, though. And I thought it it did look, I guess, scary from what they showed us. 
I mean, there was a little parts, but I mean, I'm just going off, you know, because the comic is just so brutal and this just seemed like it was going to almost have kind of, to me, it kind of said like, I got the feeling like it's almost appealing to like teenagers in a way when it's definitely not that like there's, there's all that. And I don't know, um, were you able to see the first scene of the show? I don't think I saw that. I think I may have just saw the trailer. Yeah. Okay. I, be, I sent that yeah. to both. Yeah. I, and I, I'm embarrassed because like I sent that to both of you and I didn't watch either the trailer or the first scene. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to check it out because I, I do love, um, I, I do love the property and, you know, I very well could, if I'm ever on again, I could be eating crow by the time this comes out. Like, yeah, it was fucking amazing. But that was just the initial reaction. You know, my gut feeling I got was, oof, this looks like it's not really for me. That's crazy. Like, Vincenzo Natale is directing some of these episodes. And, like, this guy directed a couple episodes of Westworld, an episode of American Gods, Wayward Pines. Hannibal, six episodes on Hannibal, Orphan Black, um, Hemlock Grove. Like, this guy has directed a bunch of fucking TV. He did that in the Tall Grass movie, too. So, and that wasn't great. It was okay. But, uh, yeah, it looks like they got two, ep- two episodes. Ten, it looks like it's gonna be ten episodes. They got directors doing two episodes a piece so five directors total on this thing sure. but I, I like vincenzo natale i think he i loved his fucking westworld episodes i don't know i hope it i hope it doesn't suck for you paul oh yeah i mean i mean, and I, I, I think i'm in the minority of, of people that feel this way too so yeah but it, it's like this is <clears throat> lock and key has been they've been talking about this for years i remember like Fucking like two thousand, like probably a decade ago, didn't they? They they premiered the Lock and Key pilot episode that was supposed to show up on like another network at San FX, D- I believe. Yeah, yeah. San, it was San Diego Comic Con, and it never got it never got greenlit. They only showed it at that San Diego Comic Con, and I heard it was. I heard I heard mixed reviews. Like I had heard from the internet like people didn't like it but then i've actually i listened to a podcast where the podcasters had watched it and said that it was it was pretty good so who knows i don't know so but i don't know like i don't know what's going to happen with this and in the final issue of the series uh joe hill actually put like seven pages of pictures from the shooting of the pilot episode of that. So that was kind of cool. And he had like his little diary experts or excerpts of his experience helping helm the show. Yeah. So he's going to be, pretty cool. He's going to be at C2E2 this year. Nice. Yeah. Joe Hill. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. Paul, I'm going to get, I'm going to jump into your good pop, bad pop. And I've got more left as well. So we'll be right back. Awesome.
we're back. Yeah, good break. <laughs> All right, so you've got a romantic dinner planned for your significant other, and it's you're gonna you're making you're making you're making chicken parmesan, chicken parmesan. And you, 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 you bought chicken, you bought all the, you bought the panko fucking shit that you put on the chicken parmesan. And you put it in the oven and you put, and then later on you put the cheese on there, you broil it so you get the fucking, you know what I mean? You get the fucking, uh, the cheese, the crisp, the crisp cheese on the top. And you've got homemade fucking, uh, some kind of like homemade fucking, uh, margarita sauce or some bullshit, right? That you're gonna slap on this chicken parmesan. What candle are you lighting? Are you lighting the fucking, uh, tropical one, like the mango, mango kiwi? Are you lighting a candle, romantic candle of like fresh linens? Or, van- or vanilla. Oh, the same thing uh-huh. I know, I know. We're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. Are you? Are you? Are you lighting? Are you lighting the fresh linens? Are you? Are you lighting the vanilla bean? Or are you lighting the other bean, Gwyneth Paltrow's bean? Lighting that one. I got. Yeah, curiosity has me lighting that one. And as you're lighting it, you start to hear the faint sounds of a harmonica coming from the uh, coming from by the table where oh, your man. lady friend is sitting. John 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 Popper's over there. <laughs> no, I think she has an aploof. An aploof. Are are you yeah. are you lighting the Gwyneth Paltrow vagina candle? <laughs> not maybe not for a romantic evening for a date night. I think you're saving that one for private time, right? Uh, so what are you lighting first? Are you, oh, so once you make it into the bedroom, it's like a total different candle situation going on. I think so. I think so. You yeah, need more muskier smells. At that yeah, point. let's smell another woman's pussy as I'm fucking you. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense, Jake. That's not going to get you in any trouble. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying exactly don't do that. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm, I'm just lighting the Gwyneth Paltrow candle and masturbating furiously. <laughs> As you're making the yeah. parmesan, the yeah. parmesan, huh? <laughs> the parma- I, the I, parma- I, uh, sprinkle here, sprinkle there. <laughs> uh, Jake, I saw 1917. I saw it as well. Yeah, uh, Schofield and Blake, two young British soldiers during the First World War, are giving seemingly in, uh, given a seemingly impossible mission with time against them. They must deliver a message deep in enemy territory that will stop their own men and Blake's own brother walking straight into a deadly trap. This is one of my most anticipated movies of the year. Um, it's directed by Sam Mendes. Uh, Directed American Beauty, Road to Perdition, uh, James Bond film, Skyfall, Inspector, and, uh, cinematographer Roger Deakins, uh, uses long takes to have the entire film appear as one continuous shot. That's kind of true and kind of not true. I'd say the first hour is and then another hour. Correct? Right, Jake? Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, there's a couple tricks. Like, you're, you're, you're ba- it's almost like a first person story. So if the character, Loses consciousness, then yes. you miss that part as an audience. Yes. Uh, this one stars George McKay, Dean Charles Chapman, Mark Strong, Andrew Scott, Richard Madden, Claire DeBurke, Colin Firth, and Benedict Cumberbatch. Kind of like uh, what they did in this one is a little bit of the, uh, you know, you follow your main characters, but then like they, 
star-studded cast of you know different officers and and other people that they meet kind of like saving private ryan where you're introduced to like you know ted danson shows up you know you get you get you get that um the film is based in part on an account told by uh told to mendez by his paternal grandfather alfred mendez and um jake what did you think about 1917 Oh, I I absolutely loved this movie. It was the highest of Tupperwares for me. It it did everything I wanted it to do. I mean, it was just an anxiety filled World War One movie. I I was very impressed by the cinematography. I, I thought the two main actors were absolutely fantastic. Um, I never quite knew what was going to happen. Like I was never ahead of this movie, and there was definitely shocks and surprises. Yeah, I, I thought this was absolutely fantastic um well we're seeing in imax i was just blown away at the realism of the sets and the way the trenches looked and even small things like just the way dark and nighttime looked looked so on hollywood compared to other war movies and other features i thought they did just a fantastic job of like creating an atmosphere like Oddly, it made me think about like just being a kid and being outside walking by myself in the woods and just how I used to think things looked like it, everything just looks so real. And that just made it so much more immersive and frankly, scary at parts. Oh, yeah. The, the, the one scene where they're in that he's in that town and it's been basically kind of destroyed by the war that's been that been taking place and. He's walking up to another soldier and, and, and he doesn't know if it's friendly or, or if this person's friendly or not friendly. And you can just see the shadow. And then, I'll, you know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, as the, yeah. as the person gets closer, you you realize what's going on here. And it's kind of an intense moment. Um, and that's and, exactly the moment I was talking about. It's yeah. something just so frightening about a faceless person yeah. not knowing if they're friend or foe and then just open fire all of a sudden. I'm also going to Tupperware this. This was just an incredible film. Roger Deakins does a great job here. Um, I love Roger Deakins. Uh, he's done just some fantastic movies. Uh, uh, just an amazing cinematographer. Uh, I think he did like Shawshank Redemption, of course, and then he's did he did Sicario. He's doing the new Dune film. Um, yeah, I, I I love this movie. It definitely it's earned its Golden Globes, and I. Th- think like it won picture of the year at the golden globe so i don't think a lot of people were expecting this to win anything at the oscars and we'll see i mean i don't it may (laughs) it it, it's definitely going to take home some awards but could it win best picture i it definitely has a shot now i think yeah i think so too i i think it's really cool how he found the inspiration from his grandfather too i found it very heartwarming just him talking when he accepted the award at the golden globes you, yeah. you can really tell that it meant a lot to him and had a huge impact on his life hearing his grandfather tell these stories and it it felt like this was a real passion project for sam mendes and it's really cool that it turned out as well as it did it's crazy. It, it, it's it's chaotic. This movie is chaotic. It, it's war and it's chaotic, and you feel like you're part of it. It's you're you're following these characters as they're going through this this mission that they're tasked with, and just going through like different trenches and just seeing like all the different soldiers that they pass, and all of them are are are, are getting either ready to go into battle or. Or are injured or are 
it's it's crazy. It, there's just so much going on in this. You could watch this movie 20 times, and I guarantee you that 21st time that you watch this movie, you're going to notice something new. I and I watched um, the Peter Jackson. Um, what is it? Uh, they shall never grow old. World War One documentary where he takes all the World War One footage and colorizes it and then you know updates like uh adds the you know, gets it, i think he gets it to like 24 frames per second and it's just it's just i mean that that watching that kind of like enhanced my viewing here just remembering like what i'd seen in that documentary and seeing what's going on in this movie and world war one is just such a um there was a oh god world war one it's just a it's a it was terrible is it just a, like a, a lot of chemical warfare going on in that in that uh in that war um that we didn't see it in this movie jake i don't believe that we saw any of that no no not really maybe maybe some after effects maybe we saw some remains of people that were affected by that but, but even like the tactics that they were you know the germans were using in this one like i was kind of like oh my god that is fucked up like when they go into the abandoned german bunker and they've left traps in the bunker i'm just like that is some evil fucking shit like you know, trip wires and stuff. I'm just like, I, I was blown away by this. Yeah, I, I don't think there's a horror movie I've seen in the last five years that's made me jump more than this movie made me jump. Right. I mean, it, it was just so immersive, and I mean, it just some of the sights were stuff I've never really thought about or seen in any war movie. I was really blown away by the scene where we just see all the empty ammo shells just everywhere. Oh my, and, and they were the huge. Pure amount of ammo shells that we saw. And they were huge. These were huge shells. Like they were, you know what I mean? Like the, that. Yeah. And like the Germans, they destroyed those weapons after they left that site. <laughs> you know, like. They, they were like, okay, well, we're not going to be using these anymore. We're moving on. They destroy them so nobody else can use them. Yeah, and that's kind of thematic throughout the whole movie. They do the same thing with the livestock. Yeah. They're they're murdering the livestock just so their enemies can't yeah. eat and be nourished from the livestock. So they're just killing cows just yeah. to make sure no one else can eat them. Oh, my and God. Yeah, just stuff that I've never thought about or images I've never seen in any war movie. I, I I was really blown away by this. It's not really a learning experience about World War One. So if you go into it thinking that it's going to be a history lesson, I think you potentially could be very disappointed. It definitely is just set in World War One. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, as far as history goes, it's basically it's an it's there was an ambush after the German retreat to the Hindenburg line during operation Alberich. And that was, that's about kind of like as far as, you know, yeah, I can, but I can see how the Peter Jackson movie would yeah. enhance your, your viewing here. Sure. It's very much just the setting and the backdrop for what you're about to see more than yeah. any kind of a history lesson. You don't really learn the motivations of why they're at war. Right. You definitely don't get the resolution of the war in any way whatsoever. And so if you go in thinking you're going to get, some, you know, 
historically accurate history lesson about World War One. That's not the type of movie you're really seeing here. Um, because of the cinematography tricks, the whole movie really takes place in the span of one day, I believe, mm-hmm. maybe a day and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I uh, I was, and this is kind of like the first war where we saw like warplanes, you know, and so like we're getting to see like. You, you don't get to see a lot, but you do get to see like one dogfight, and I'm telling you, it's one of the most memorable scenes in the movie. The dogfight between like the two U.S. planes versus the the German plane. It, it's very very memorable scene. Um, I love this fucking movie. I it's a it's a Tupperware all the way. I saw this in uh, I saw this in. Uh, on a DLX screen in Dolby Atmos and <clears throat> incredible. Incre- and I can imagine that it was just as incredible in IMAX as well. Yeah. It, it's just fantastic. I don't think there's an emotion. This movie didn't make me feel in the span of the two hours. So just incredible movie. Yeah. Yeah. Easily early front runner for some tuppies next year. Cause uh-huh. I think for us, this probably counts as uh, oh, 2020 yeah. tuppies. I did the same thing for Stan and Ollie. Stan and Ollie came out in 20 fucking 18, but I like, it wasn't wide released until 2019. So it definitely qualifies for our fucking award show. This one definitely does. Yeah. Yeah. So I could easily, I mean, it's definitely one. I very early jotted down to bring up 11 months from now. Paul wanted to see this fucking movie too, everybody. It's just, you got fucking snowstorm and you couldn't we see did, it. We did. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, Paul wanted really to disappointed. Make, uh, once, once the snow clears up, Paul, this is one that you need to go out and see. It is definitely a theater experience. Just like I would say Dunkirk was a theater experience, the Nolan film. You know what I, I haven't seen yet and I, I will not watch until they show it in the theater is the new tenant fucking trailer that's how much i love christopher nolan is like i want to see all the nolan trailers for the first time in the theater and they still haven't shown me the tenant trailer at any movie that i've gone to since that trailer that sucks came out. me does. and michelle Dang. gotta see it before 1917 in uh, imax i yeah uh, i showed up the 1917 did not get the tenant trailer i still have not seen it and I hear yeah, it's a great fucking trailer. And I still hear from everybody that's seen it that, it, like, you know, I've talked to people and and uh, they're like, yeah, hey, uh, saw the Tenet trailer. Still don't know what the fuck it's about. And I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah. 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 I thought that more than anything else I've seen, the trailer gives you a little like you can actually like piece together a couple sentences what the movie's about now at this point. OK, right on. Paul, what do you got, man, for good pop, bad pop? Um, so I watched you season two. Um, it's on Netflix. The first season caught on like wildfire. I think it originated as a, as a lifetime show. It did. And then Netflix. Yeah. yeah, And and then Netflix got it. The first season was a high taste for me. The second season, um, we're kind of continuing his journey. He's now in a new city. He's in uh, Los Angeles, and now he's got a new love interest and um it is the girl i don't have her name up but she was um she played the twin sister in the haunting of hill house and she's in once upon a time in hollywood she's fantastic her name actually happens to be love in the show but we um i'm just going to go right off the gate i had a lot of fun with this it's a it's a tupperware um there's a lot of twists and turns there's a lot of characters who aren't who they appear to be. Um, 
I love the comedian. I'm probably going to say his name wrong. Chris, Chris Elia. Um, he's been like on roasts and stuff, but he play he actually plays a stand-up comedian in here and he's got some, uh, scene stealing parts. Uh, Charlie Barnett, who is in, um, he's in Russian doll. He makes a huge impact at the end of the third episode. He has a huge role in this. Uh, but yeah, if you enjoyed the first season, I think you're really going to enjoy this. It's definitely a Tupperware for me. Nice. Yeah, I, I I think I maybe watched like one or two episodes of the first season. And I was like, yeah, our main character is a complete asshole. I, I can't follow it. Totally. I yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't do it. Yeah, no, it, it's definitely like one of those guilty pleasures for me. Like there's there's so much you can definitely pick apart from it if you want, but it's enjoyable for me to sit down, fly through it in a couple days. Uh, yeah, definitely a lot of fun with it. All right. What else, man? Uh, so I was able to finally watch the second season of Big Little Lies on HBO, yeah. which is with uh, Reese Witherspoon, uh, Laura Dern, Nicole Kidman, Shailene Woodley. The second season takes place right after the events of the first one. Is, and it, is, is Glenn Close in the second season? No, Meryl Streep is. Oh, I knew it was one of those prolific. Yeah. <laughs> Older female actors. I knew it's Glenn, it's either Glenn Close or Miller Streep. I it was a fifty fifty. I went with Glenn Close, and I was wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, and she, yeah, she's she's fucking great in this. But yeah. um, I've really gotten a lot more Reese. Like I just Nicole Kidman has been bringing it to everything she does lately, yeah. and she was fucking. She outshines Meryl Streep because it's like pretty much the the theme of this season is uh, Streep versus Kidman. Um, so they're at odds with each other the entire the entire season. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a Tupperware. I was enthralled with it. Um, Laura Dern plays a great role in this. Reese Witherspoon is snarky as all get up. Uh, she's a lot of fun, but it's Nicole Kidman that really gets you going in this. Nicole Kidman's last name is an evolution. Of a boy. He's once a kid, now he's a man. <laughs> you ever th- that's, 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 that's fucking, that's fucking stoner talk, right? That is. Yeah, dude. I had no idea where that was going until no. the very end either. And that's, that's shit you say when you're fucking smoking a doobie. <laughs> dude, yeah. Oh my god. It'll blow your fucking mind when you say it, too. Check it out. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, if you're high as fuck <laughs> and somebody drops that fucking nugget on you, you're like, <laughs> they might as well be fucking Socrates in that goddamn moment. You know what I mean? It's like some Plato shit. <laughs> <laughs> or Socrates, yeah. Uh, so so oh, crates. So crates and Bill and Ted there. Oh, man. Uh, Bill and Ted 3. Can't oh. wait. Can't wait. Can't Man. fucking wait. I hope it doesn't suck. Better not fucking suck. No, I, I hope not either. Those uh, The set pictures are looking great. Yeah, they look fun. Uh, what else you got, Paul? Um, Chernobyl is a... That's a total Tupperware. Uh, watch that after uh, the Golden Globes. So good. Such a tough such a tough show to watch, but god damn, it's, it's so... It's so well put together. So good. Fantastic yeah. show. I agree. HBO, Chernobyl, six episodes. Watch it. Yeah, the fucking miners are my hero of the oh year. Oh, my fucking God. Six. Yeah. Oh, my God. Right? 
Holy shit. Yeah, it's, it's, and Jared Harris killed it. Jared and, uh, Harris. Those miners fucking, like, you know, shoveling naked and shit. Fucking badass. Just no questions asked. Yeah. They just came and did it. Yeah, they're fucking amazing. Uh, true, man, it's crazy. It's a true fucking story, man. Yeah, so fucking sad. Um, then I gotta thank Joe Vitale for this. Um, I had no interest in watching this. It's on NBC. It's called Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Um, there's just one episode up. It's on NBC, but I watched it on Hulu. Uh, to me, it, it, like when I saw the previews, I was like, oh, it just seems like a glee ripoff. But it was a breath of fresh air. Um, let me bring up some of this stuff real quick. So it was almost it's, like somebody lit a Gwyneth Paltrow vagina can. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> a breath of fresh vagina. Um, <sighs> breathe it in, fellas. Breathe it in. Breathe it in. Um, yeah, so, like, pretty that much... Was a, that, was a, that was a Glades plug-in. It was, yeah. I like that, Paul. It good shit. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> so, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, it stars uh, Skylar Austin, who is in all of... Uh, he, I believe he's in the Pitch Perfect movies. Oh, man, the the name Skylar from... Boys is that was huge. When was that huge? When were when were all the women naming their boys Skyler? Was that like two thousand two? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, a lot of Skylers out there. A lot of Skylers came out in two thousand two. Maybe ninety eight. Way hipper than Tyler. Yeah, Skyler. Skyler's another one. Yeah. <sighs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I'm trying to, I'm trying to find the cast and they have the order so weird on IMDb. Oh, but IMDb, uh, you fucking cunts. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta pay for IMDb premium, Paul. It'd oh, be a lot no, easier. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, but it stars Jane Levy as Zoe. It's got, um, it's got Lauren Graham from the Gilmore Girls. Peter Gallagher plays her dad and, um, Mary Steen, uh, Mary Steenberger. Is that how you say oh, her Mary, name? Ted Mary Steenberger, that Ted Danson's wife. Yeah, uh, she she's was a school teacher in Back to the Future Three. Absolutely, she's shown up on some episodes of Curb Your Enthusiasm as well. People. Oh God, I love she was that also in the movie Book Club. Was it Book Club with the old ladies and they're all reading books and Jane Fonda's like she's like the uh, the Blanche of the Golden Girls and she's all horned up and shit. <laughs> Yeah, take your word. For you've all, you know, you've yeah. all, in all those fucking old ladies, old lady fucking movies or shows, you've always got like the 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 old ladies, and but there's always one that's all horned up all the time, and it's because it's, it's funny because old ladies wanting to fuck. That's funny, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you got one old horned up old lady wanting to fuck all the time. She was she was dying for some Don Johnson dick in that book club movie. Anyway, go ahead, Paul. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Paul's like, oh, it's fine. Still looking at this IMDb. Yeah, fucking IMDb. No, um, no it, it, it's on NBC. And what it is, um, Zoe, she works for like a coding company or like a software design company. And she's trying to move up the ranks. And we find out very quickly that um, her dad has had this brain disease that's pretty much taken everything away from him he just sits on the couch and his wife Zoe's mom just feeds him he can't talk he can't 
Like he's just he can't interact. He's pretty much just a vegetable. And um, so Zoe starts to get nervous because she starts to go through some symptoms like that as well. Like vision's kind of blurred. So mom makes her go get an MRI and she's terrified of it. While she's getting the MRI, the guy is playing. um, He brings up Spotify or Apple Music and he's playing music for her. And as this is happening, there's like an earthquake and. You see the image of her um, brain and all like Spotify all of a sudden just starts playing. It's like downloading every single song in existence and it's like it's transferred it to her brain. Uh, the earthquake's going on and it starts playing ACDC. You shook me all night long. <laughs> <laughs> well, as she's getting the MRI, the guy plays her. It's the end of the world as we know it. So she's kind of cool <laughs> that. But um, so then what like the. the the main attraction of the show is now she's walking around and it's kind of like a what men and what women want where she can hear their thoughts, but only through songs and the people around her, like they're expressing how they feel through song and dance. And they're, they're singing like help by the Beatles, mad world. Um, it, it's, it's a breath of fresh air. It, it, it's the choreography is done. Great. The singing's great. Um, it all makes sense. I'm a little worried if it's going to get played out. Um, like if, if the gimmick's going to run its course fairly quickly, but it's just the whole selling point, um, is with her dad and there's some really touching scenes to go with that. So I'm going to give it a high taste because I'm very, um, I love this first episode. So is she, is she hearing a song? The, is she hearing a song from her dad then? Uh, you know what? Because I like I know you've done this a few times. I don't know how many people are have heard of this. There is a touching moment where he's just sitting on the couch and she's breaking down about her day, and he, you know, she's looking at an old picture of um them on a boat, and all of a sudden he stands up and he's singing True Colors to her. Hmm. And it's all oh, it's it's you know someone who doesn't have a dad or lost a dad. It's it was it was really really touching to see because these you know only she can see it. It's just it's like how they're feeling. And then as he gets done with the song, he goes back into kind of his his um his vegetable state. Oh wow! You ever seen yeah, that, you ever seen really that good. movie Awakenings with Robin Williams and. And is De Niro in that? And Robert De Niro. It's a Spielberg movie too, I believe. Yeah. yeah, that's a great fucking movie. If you've never seen it, people, Awakenings. Oh my god! Like what? 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 What kind of? Uh, what was wrong with them in that movie? Like these people are they? They can't talk or communicate, right? And then all of a sudden they're given this treatment, and then all of a sudden like they're talking and communicating. It's based on a true fucking story too. Awakenings. Yeah, it's been a while since oh, I didn't know it. that. Yeah, it's based on a true fucking story, dude. Awakenings <clears> is great. <throat> I need to watch that shit again. That fucking movie's insane. It's really good. Yeah, yeah. I definitely recommend. None of us, I, none of us remember it though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're like the people in that movie. Yeah, <laughs> we have no. Idea. We get. I think maybe between the three of us, we can give people kind of like an idea of maybe what it was about. <laughs> <laughs> We're like the tenant trailer. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, but I definitely recommend. What's it I, called? I had no interest in seeing this. I definitely recommend it. It's something fresh and creative. What's and it called? Zoe's. Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, and you can watch it on Hulu? 
Yep, it's on NBC. It comes out the day after. There you they go. plugged this motherfucking show like 8,000 times during the Golden Globes. Never even heard of it. It was like sponsored by this show, I believe. Right. At one point, they like didn't one of the stars come out to be introduced from the show or some shit like that? I believe Jay and Levy did come out for it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> they yeah. said they introduced her as from this show that's never even aired yet. I was like, oh, boy. Yeah. No, it's it it's good. It, it's it's really good, so I, I would definitely recommend it. Paul, I know you have a bunch of shit to talk about. What else did you want to talk about? Yeah, um, just a couple more things. I watched, also on NBC, I watched Lincoln Rhymes, The Hunt for the Bone Collector. Lincoln Rhymes, uh, is this a show about Abraham Lincoln and Leanne Rhymes? <laughs> it sure is. It's, Are they um, roommates? Is it kind of like a spin? It's, a spin it. it's an it's odd couple kind of scenario, right? It's in the connected universe of our uh, Queen and Slim with Queen Elizabeth, the Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh my God, that's you're bringing back past jokes that new listeners have no idea what you're talking about, and other yeah. and other people that didn't appreciate the joke the first time <laughs> have completely blocked out. But yeah, I was thinking Leanne Rhymes. I was thinking Leanne Rhymes and Abraham Lincoln are roommates, and she tries to keep him from going to the theater. Oh, that's that's like a whole Back to the Future type of thing. Yeah, it's just every every show. It, who is killing that cat? Who's hurting the cat? <laughs> no, I'm not hurting the cat. She just she's getting petted. Oh, I don't know if she's gonna meow. Speaking of loud pussy, let's talk about Gwyneth Paltrow's yeah. pussy candle. Oh my god, what the <laughs> fuck? Oh my god, like I want to hear Elton John sing about that fucking candle in the wind. You know what I mean? That's that's the candle I want to be downwind from. You know what I mean? Yeah, they need to come out with the Elton John taint candle. Oh, uh, Elton John. Nobody has that voice. That's a beautiful voice. Jesus Christ, he was blessed with a beautiful voice. Nobody has that voice. We'll never hear a voice like that ever again. Still belts it out, too, for his age, too. God damn him. Him and fucking um, Freddie Mercury. And then I'll also, I'm going to throw Billy Joel in there. And yeah, I'm not going to leave you ladies out, okay? All right, Whitney Houston. Jesus Christ, the voice on that woman when she was with us. Oh, my fucking God, Whitney Houston. Oh, Tina oh, yeah. Turner. Her, her voice was incredible. Tina Turner too. And you know, um, that fuck Mariah Carey and that fucking "All I Want for Christmas Is You" song. Jesus Christ, I love that fuck. I don't give a fuck. I hate Christmas music, but I love that fucking song. I love that song, and I love the John Lennon. Uh, so this is Christmas, and what have you? Do? I love. Do you, uh, go ahead, Paul. You were talking about something. I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> is going. You're preaching to the choir on the Mariah Carey Christmas. Song. Oh my God, that yeah. Mariah Carey Christmas song. All I want for Christmas is you. I'm just like, dude, ooh, baby, dude. I'm all about that goddamn song. Yeah, that shit's a bop. It is. It is a fucking bop. Fuck yeah. Fucking light that vagina candle and just fucking just, I don't know, fucking hold hands and we can dance around the Christmas tree and smell Gwyneth's pussy. <laughs> Go, Paul. Paul, what, what do you got? Uh, uh, Lincoln Rhymes, uh, Hunt for Bone Collector. It's a show. It's from that, um, that Denzel Washington, Angelina Jolie movie. 
Um, I'm going to give it a taste. It's on NBC. It was fun getting introduced to the world and seeing the new technology they're using in the show. Mm-hmm. It, but, uh, that was a, that was, that movie was called The Bone Collector, right? Yep. Just The Bone Collector. This is called Lincoln Rhymes. Uh, the hunt for the bone collector. That was, uh, Lindsay Lohan's nickname at one time. Jesus Christ. <laughs> due, to, due to the fact that she was pretty loose. <laughs> they called her the, anyway. Oh my God. Well, hey, she's, she said she's making a comeback this year, so. Uh, Lindsay? Look out for a big thing. Oh yeah. Lindsay's making a comeback? On January 1st, she said 2020 is going to be the year of Lindsay. Oh wow. I don't know. I believe it. Jake, you're all yeah. in. You're all in. No, I was being sarcastic. Uh, I, can't, I can't keep this up. <laughs> yeah. All right, Paul. Um, and then one of the last things I watched was uh, on Shudder. It was uh, um, Luz. No, it's uh, pronounced Luz. It, this Luz. Is, yeah, I watched this as well. This is a uh, Shudder film. Uh, it's a Shudder exclusive it's a German film. Luz begins as a young female cab driver, drags herself into a rundown police station. However, a demonic entity follows her there, determined to finally be close to the woman it loves. Uh, this movie is shot entirely on 16 millimeter. It's uh, from first time feature film director Tillman Singer, and it pays homage to horror masters David Cronenberg, Daria Argento, and Lucio Fulci while infusing the genre with a fresh take of his own. Luz was only 71 minutes long. And <laughs> thank God. Uh, Paul, what did you <laughs> what did you think about Luz? It felt like 171 minutes long. Um, but I'm going to give it a low. I, first off, I didn't. I, I just, I guess I, I was just so confused during it. It was just, it was batshit crazy. Uh, the whole movie was just nuts. Um, yeah, I'm gonna give it a low taste. And I, I thought some of the music was cool. Some of, um, there were some parts that scared the shit out of me, uh, or made me jump, especially when they're doing the whole recording thing and yeah. the dude's eyes changed. That, that got me freaked out, but I was just more or less kind of just scratching my head, just trying to keep up with everything that was happening. Yeah, I, I watched this as well. And you ever hear those stories about like someone who goes some, through something? And we talked about this with servants. Somebody goes through something so traumatic that their brain kind of like purges the memory. Yeah, uh, that, that's what I did with this movie. <laughs> and I, that explains why I can never remember any episode of this podcast. That's after true. This, epi- this show is shit. <laughs> I, I love a good indie horror film. I love like Blair Witch Project. I think it's fantastic. I love like the original Evil Dead, Sam Raimi. I don't think you need all those special effects. I think with horror movies, all you need is a camera and a story. But this movie was just too fucking art house for me. And yeah, I was trying too hard. I, I felt like I didn't know what was going on some of the time. Like, I get it. I get the gist of the movie, to be quite honest with you. But, like, at parts of it, I was – I felt the same way as I feel as, like, when I'm watching one of those Natalie Portman perfume commercials. Have you ever seen those? They're fucking weird. Like, <coughs> uh, yeah. Just like, <coughs> Paul, get some water. 
Christ. <laughs> I'm not stopping you from fucking getting some water, bro. Get yourself some water, man. Blow your nose, drink some water. Dude, if Thanks, we need Mom. to if we need no, to I'm good. All right, I'm we're good. good. I don't those, know. Yeah, those commercials are confusing as fuck, and it was it's a perfect metaphor to this fucking movie. It totally is. Like you're watching those fucking Natalie Portman perfume commercials and like one minute she's like driving a pink convertible and then next minute she's being chased on the beach by some guy and being playful and then she's yelling at the guy in the next scene. You're like, what the fuck is going on? Nothing makes sense. And that's what this movie was. It was just it was just a Natalie Portman commercial for perfume that fuck it what do they call Miss Duar or whatever the fuck it is. This whole this whole thing was just a fucking weird perfume commercial. It was just I fuck I lose. Yeah, you lose fucking we all lose when we watch this fucking piece of shit. I, I, uh, I don't know. I couldn't get, it was too art house indie for me. And, uh, yeah, I toss it. I toss, I straight toss this fucking Good. movie. Yeah. Wow. Lots of tossing this episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, I also watched the I also watched the Marshes on Shutter. Uh, this premiered on January 9th. Uh, I'm not going to talk too much about this one. Deep in a remote marshland, three young biologists conduct research when they're when they encounter evil. Science ends and survival begins. So That's never good. Yeah, you got three people out there in the in the in the marshlands and they're conducting experiments. And one of them talks about like this fucking story about somebody out there that kills people or some shit. Then they all start dying. Cause some, cause, cause there's a guy, guy out there killing people. It's not a laughing matter, Paul. <laughs> it sounds like it, it just sounds like it's going to get just a straight up Tupperware from just I, just your delivery of the synopsis. I don't know. He, he's God so dude. enthusiastic about telling us about it, right? What's crazy? Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, yeah, yeah. I, what's crazy about this shit is is like Shutter. Like every once in a while, would just come out with something so fucking amazing that I love. Like what was it? The Haunt was the Haunted or whatever the fuck. I talked about it a few weeks ago. Loved that fucking movie. I thought it was fantastic. I watched it with Shooty, and it was so good. And then they come out with The Marshes, and I'm just like, crap. They got another show coming out soon called The Deadlands, which um, I have access to the screeners, but I'm embargoed until fucking. The week before it comes out. I'll watch it soon. Hopefully that's good. But the marshes, I'll just give, I'll give it a low taste it. There's a guy in it that looks kind of like Tom Welling from Smallville. So that's something that happens. <laughs> that's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Don't, the marshes on Shutter. It's, uh, Eh, fuck it. I'm going to toss it. Fuck this movie. <laughs> fuck this movie. Fuck it. It's garbage. It's garbage. It's stupid. Like, I think, like, you know, like, if you're going to have a movie with, uh, like, a, a villain, make that villain fucking cool. You know what I mean? Like, Halloween's got fucking, you know, Michael Myers. Nightmare on Elm Street has, you know, 
fucking Freddy. Friday the 13th's got Jason. This has got... This has got a guy who... I don't know. He wears a hat and he kills you. There you go. I don't. I, I, it's not even funny. Don't watch that's this. That's a great. That's a great villain right there. Where's a hat? Oh shit! You're right. I bet it took. I bet it took the fucking prop department weeks to figure out what <laughs> fucking hat this motherfucker's gonna wear. Is it like a trucker hat? I don't know. It's. It's like a. Eh, it's not a fedora. Fedora. What a fancy name for a fucking hat that Indiana Jones wears. <laughs> Yeah, it's not even that fancy looking of a hat. I know. Fedora. All you guys wearing fedoras, knock it off. You're not Indiana Jones and you don't look cool. You look like a fucking dork. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, grown men with fedoras, oof. Knock it the fuck off. It ain't Halloween. Get that shit off. Right. Like, I know, like... The fucking scent that you're giving off is not a fucking candle of Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina. You're giving off the scent of I'm never going to get laid ever because I wear a (laughs) fucking fedora. You're not fucking Indiana Jones and it's not 1940. Knock it the fuck off. It's fucking weird. And someone should be monitoring every move that you make. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> there should be a website i should be able to go to to see all the people that wear fedoras that live around me no shit my, like fucking pedophiles my fedora <laughs> yeah like they should knock on your fucking door with their fucking fedora on <laughs> and let you know that they just moved into the goddamn neighborhood yeah most of the time you'll see me wearing a baseball cap but i just need to let you know that sometimes i, I will wear a fedora i will wear a fedora god damn fucking they're clear Knock it the, what the fuck are you doing with your fashion choices here, people? Jesus Christ. People don't get it. You don't get it. I don't know. So you get, there's gotta be some level of conformity, people. Knock off the fedoras. <laughs> knock it off the fedoras. Knock off the fedoras. I, yeah, you want to be different. I get it. Whatever. Just don't go there. Knock it the fuck off. I watched a movie, uh, I watched it yesterday. Um, I know we don't talk religion on this podcast and like just the title and like the premise is a little bit religious on this one, but it's not a religious movie at all. It's called Three Christs. Three Christs is a drama directed, co-produced and co-written by John Avnet. He's the director of Fried Green Tomatoes, uh, The War. That movie came out. The War, if you don't remember, that was the Kevin Costner, Elijah Wood film that came out in 94. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's way back. I remember that. Yeah. Three Christ is based on the book, The Three Christ of Ypsilanti by Milton Rokich and his 1964 book length psychiatric case study of three patients. This is based on a true story. Three patients whose paranoid schizophrenic delusions cause them to each believe they are Jesus Christ. That's where the religion starts and that's where it ends. Okay. This is basically a psychiatric movie. It's, it's, it's all about psycho- psychology. Uh, it stars Richard Gere as the Dr. Alan Stone. Uh, you got Juliana Margulies who plays his wife. Uh, the three Christs are Peter Dinklage, 
Walter uh, Walton Goggins and Bradley Whitford, and uh, the guy who's in charge of the uh, psychiatric ward is uh, Kevin Pollack. Uh, and then Steven Root plays Dr. Rogers. Um, three oh, what a cast. What a crazy, yeah, crazy cast. This is limited theater release. I did not get to see this in the theater. I actually rented it off of YouTube. Um, and I think that's the only place that you can, like, watch it on video on demand now. It'll probably open up to, like, Fandango and other video on demand services. Redbox probably shortly after but if you want to watch this now you can watch it on youtube and it was 7.99 i had to watch this because it's fucking just an insane cast fucking peter dinklage walton goggins bradley whitford they all think that they are they're schizophrenics they think that they are jesus christ the experiment is to put them all three in a room together and Richard Gere is the doctor that's going to be kind of documenting their interactions and their progress as he tries to heal them, I guess, you know, mentally throughout this whole process. This movie is like, I don't know, there's parts of it, like, there's parts of it where I was like, oh, I'm going to give it a taste. It. Then there's parts of it like, oh, I'm going to give it, I, I give this part of Tupperware. Like, there's parts of it where I'm like high tasting it. Like, this movie is absolutely crazy. And it, it goes from like, I'm thinking to myself like, and I, and I will say this, Richard Gere is really great in this role. And then the kind of like unsung hero that does like some, like small things that just add up to be huge moments in this movie is Bradley Whitford. Peter Dinklage shines in this movie towards the end. And then Walton Goggins, who I was thinking was like the weak link in this movie, shines at the end of this movie as well. This movie is bizarre and it's based on a true story. I've, I, overall, I'm, hold on, I'll give my rating. It's a high taste it, but I think everyone needs to watch this. This is just a bizarre fucking film. It is so bizarre and it's not what you would think. Like, and part of me was like, I just, I kind of just want to, and this is back in 1959 when this is happening, back when they were still using like shock therapy, you know? So like only in 59 would they think it was a good idea to just put them all in the same room together. Well, he had to fight for this. He had to fight for this. This doctor had to fight for this. This was actually, um, back then it was kind of like radical, techniques he had to really fight for this and um they were kind of fighting against him this entire time not letting him do these techniques he did not want these guys to go through shock therapy he thought that it was cruel and um he just wanted to be 100 percent in charge of their care while they were under him and he wanted to be able to kind of like oversee their treatment 100% and not have them go through shock therapy. Um, Peter Dinklage is amazing in this movie. And like, there's a scene with him at the end of the film and you're just like, holy shit. So good. Um, three Christ. I'm going to give it a high tasted overall with some insane Tupperware moments as well. Um, this is some, good. Yeah, it's something you have to see. It, you have to see this. You have to. The, 
I, I, it makes you, it makes me want to kind of like look up the real story. It makes me want to read the book by Milton Rokich here, you know, but you know, like how did, how did the book and the movie differ and things like that? I want to find out, but like, it's crazy. Cause you've got, you've got three guys in a room together, all of them procl- proclaiming to be Jesus Christ. And, you know, you know, you got Walton Goggins telling the other two that they're hollow gods and, and it, it, it's, it's absolutely insane at parts. Um, there's the reason I'm going to give it a high taste it, to be quite honest with you, is this whole B story that they have that they don't really flesh out that I don't feel needs to be in the movie. But for some reason they threw it in there. It's like they cast Juliana Margulies as Richard Gere's wife. And there's this whole side kind of B story of her being like an alcoholic and being jealous of his relationship with his assistant, uh, who's this young, attractive female assistant. And she's, she's, she's drinking a lot. And then the, it's, it's his side story of his family that really doesn't need to be in this film. They should have just kind of focused on the three Christs. And so this whole side story, which really never kind of like um, amounted to anything at the end of this movie, kind of was like, just leave that shit out. But overall, I thought the movie was quite well. I, I like it a lot more than the critics, to be quite honest with you. So I, I would say this will probably be free to watch on a streaming service shortly. So maybe hold out on, on this on VOD, but if you like these actors, go ahead and drop the eight bucks. You know, just be like, ah, fuck it, I won't go. I won't go see Underwater or whatever, and just go see this. It's called Three Christ. Last thing I want to talk about here, real quick, is uh, Like a Boss. I saw Like a Boss. This is the uh, Tiffany Haddish Rose Byrne movie. Two female friends with very different personalities decide to start their own beauty company. Mel and Mia's despite not agreeing on how they should run it. One is more practical while the other wants to earn her fortune quickly and live a lavish lifestyle. Things take a turn for the worse when their company runs into debt, forcing them to turn into uh, turn to an unscrupulous benefactor who intends to steal the business out from under them and forcing the two to address their differences to save Mel and Mia's. Uh, like I said, it, felt, uh, it starts Tiffany Haddish and Rose Byrne um, and Salma Hayek is uh playing like this big uh makeup uh mogul. Um oh, God damn it. It's a comedy. It's rated R, so I had to see it. I love rated mm-hmm. R com- I love rated R comedies. This just maybe it's me, maybe it's the fact that I have a penis. And I'm not saying that oh I'm not saying that to be, you know, Stupid. I don't, maybe this is, maybe this is better for the female audience. Maybe the female audience will connect to this more. I felt the story was fine. The story and the message of friendship is fine. What lacked for me in this movie was the actual comedy. There wasn't that many laugh out loud moments for me in this movie. And I think it kind of, fell on the fact that I don't think Salma Hayek was that funny in this movie, to be quite honest with you. I like Salma Hayek as an actor and as a person, but I just don't think that she was like 
hysterical in this fucking movie. I think it kind of like, like, I think a lot of this movie kind of like depended on like the villain being funny and she just wasn't doing it for me. I'm going to give it a low tasted overall. I, I didn't laugh out loud. I didn't have huge laugh out loud moments in this movie. The story is fine though. The story and the message are fine, but it's a fucking comedy. I came there to laugh and I didn't laugh my ass off. God damn it. And maybe it's because I have a penis. A lot of this fucking movie is like, I think it's targeted towards women and I, you know, I think maybe women might be able to connect with this one a little bit more than than the average guy going into the, in, into seeing this. So it wasn't just jokes falling flat for you. It just you weren't even seeing the jokes to begin with, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I've and seen I, the trailer plenty of times for this. It definitely does seem like Sama Hayek is kind of chewing up the scenery mm-hmm. a lot in this movie as the villain. Yeah, it seems like her boobs being big or like the butt of the joke a lot of times from what I've seen in the trailer. And yeah, I can, I can kind of see how that would fall flat. And but I love, funny. dude, don't, I'm not trying to take anything away from Tiffany Haddish and Rose Byrne. I, I think that they are both very funny, very talented. I've seen them involved in other movies that I, I have like laughed my ass off in. It's just, and maybe I'm not the best judge of this movie. I mean, Maybe, I, maybe, maybe female audiences are loving this thing, but like, if you do look at the Rotten Tomatoes scores from like, uh, the critics in the audience, they're not, it's not huge. It's not like, it's not like it's doing fantastic, but, um, yeah, I, I would probably wait to see this one when it comes out on Redbox or like a streaming service, maybe like HBO or Stars or whatever. Um, this is nothing that I think that you need to go rush out and see. This is not like the next fucking, this is not the comedy of 2020. This is not like book smart or game night or something like that, that you have to go out and see this one. This is not the hangover. This is not super bad. This is just, it's just kind of like a, a run of the mill comedy that you would watch. And it's upsetting. I, I really wanted it to be fantastic. I love both of these, uh, both of these, uh, actors in it, Tiffany Haddish and, and Rose Byrne. And, and I was hoping that Salma Hayek would be able to add something here in, in, in the comedy genre. And it didn't work for me, sadly. The story's fine. I think the story is fine. The story is well executed, but it's not the story I'm there for in this. It's the, it's an R-rated comedy. I want to get, I want to laugh my fucking ass off. So, and there were a couple times where I laughed, but, I wasn't like laughing hysterically. So that's un- that's unfortunate. Yeah. You have very talented actresses, so it's yeah. too bad they couldn't pull off a fucking like another game night here or something. Oh, I know another game night. Jesus Christ, love book smart. Another another fantastic comedy. Um, that's all I got for good pop, bad pop this week. Anybody else have anything else they want to add? Nah, nope. Let. Us take a break and come back, and we'll do the pop. I'm going to enunciate more when we come back. Don't worry about ooh, that. Ooh, not a fan of that. No, I'm going to enunciate the entire. Let day uh break. No, um, we're going to come back and we'll do the pop culture leftovers news. Sounds great. Fucking old school.
so fresh. Snap. All right, we're back. It's time for uh, Pop Culture Leftovers News. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's a leftover news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo. It's gangster as fuck, yo. All right, and quick news. Netflix has released an official interactive map of the Witcher world, showing both the locations and timeline of events in the show on a world map. So if you're a fan of the Witcher and you want to dive deeper into the world of the Witcher, you can go to www.witchernetflix.com forward slash E-N as in Nancy hyphen G-B and uh, you can check out this interactive map of the Witcher world. I'll try to remember to put this in our show notes and if the show notes, if you can't click on the link on whatever fucking I don't know. I don't know how you're listening to us, but if you can't click on the link in the in the show notes, go to our webpage and go to the show notes in our webpage. You'll be able to click on the link there if I do remember to post this. Otherwise, it's witchernetflix.com forward slash en hyphen gb. If you don't know what a hyphen is, you're a fucking moron. Number one. Number two. Type in what the fuck is a hyphen. <laughs> <laughs> on Google, and you'll you'll see what a hyphen is. If you I, don't know what a hyphen is, I don't know how much good a interactive Witcher <laughs> history map is going to be for you. <laughs> yeah, you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> so is the world like, is that a fictional world? Or is it like, here's where it takes place in the United States or whatever? No, it's a, I, I would imagine it's a fictional world. Okay. I it's went, like it's like Westeros or some shit like that. Yeah, like I went I went I went to the site and looked at it a little bit and it goes through like the the time period like it starts you off at 1200 and something 1293 or whatever the fuck year it is. You can go back, you can go forward and stuff like that. So, I remember uh this was uh, this was I, I thought it was a cool feature when I Remember when there was when uh, Blu-ray first came out? Like it's the death of DVD, not the death of DVD, but like DVD was going to be obsolete, kind of. And so, like now they're coming out with uh, Blu-ray and HD DVD. So Toshiba, mm -hmm. Toshiba was behind DVD. Toshiba came out with HD DVD. Sony came out with Blu-ray. Of course, we all know Blu-ray won, so Sony wins. But Toshiba came out with uh, HD DVD. If you bought the HD DVD. Of Transformers, the first Transformers film. One of the coolest fucking things about that DV, uh, that uh, HD DVD, was when you are what they had a mode you could watch it in, and when characters are in like a certain area, you could see those characters, um, like their their bars. They had like their uh, life bars on the screen. And so you could like watch like their bars go up or down. It was really cool and you could see where other characters were on this map as you're watching the movie. So like as you're watching the movie you can see like, you know, you know, when you're watching the movie and Jazz dies in that movie, you watch his health bar go from full down to nothing. 
it was a really cool way to watch the movie. This is not that, but it's still kind of like an interactive kind of thing. Yeah, that is neat. They did definitely did a lot of crazy tricks like that in the, those first like couple of year of Blu-rays, like yeah. the interactive movie watching experiences. Yeah, this was only on the Transformers HD DVD. It was not no HD DVD. Yeah, mind. it wasn't on the Blu-ray for Transformers, but I had an HD DVD at one time. <laughs> it was backwards compatible with one of the Xbox systems too, I believe, right? Yeah, I, that's how I had it. I had the H, uh, I had the uh, Xbox HD dvd and it was the it was the limited edition heroes version remember that show heroes mm-hmm. yeah so my hd dvd had like heroes artwork on it wow that's yeah. crazy i thought i was all badass and shit with that <laughs> yeah that was pre-season two so yeah it was you totally were, you were on a heroes high <laughs> i know it was to- that was when like when the writer strike happened and then heroes. yeah i think you're right about that yeah uh, news from Dark Horizons, uh, the long in the works Uncharted film adaptation at Sony Pictures has lost yet another director. With Kubo in the two strings, Helmer, Travis Knight bowing out of the project due to a scheduling fo- project, um, conflict. Uh, this makes him the seventh filmmaker to be attached and to part the film, following in the wake of likes of Sean Levy. Dan Trachtenberg, Joe Carnahan, Seth Gordon, Neil Berger, and David O. Russell. My thing cut out right at the part where you said the movie. Uh, Uncharted. Oh, okay, okay. The Tom the, Holland is Tom Holland still set to be in this? Tom Holland is still attached, but yeah, uh, we lost. Uh, the last director was Dan Trachtenberg. Um, and then we, okay, not the last, but then we got Travis Knight. Travis Knight is now gone. Jeez. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, it's a video game to movie adaptation that is seemingly having a hard time finding a director. The problem is, is they probably, the director really has not much creative control at this point. Probably this movie is plot set in stone and that stone probably isn't very exciting to any of these you know up and coming filmmakers yeah or even established filmmakers why the fuck would they want to do this company bullshit yeah they're wanting to put that stone into somebody's pussy like the the goop product yeah and they're like no that's we don't want you can't have a vision here this is the movie you know you got to appease the video game players i gotta stop with these goop jokes they're not you know what i mean they're not not hitting as hard <laughs> as they were. Yeah. Maybe the- you give it a couple hours and then return to the goop. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be it'll be fresh again. Yeah. The the latest word that I'm hearing, and this came out I heard this news today, is that the new director that they're looking at is Ruben Fleischer, the director for the Zombieland films and Venom. And, oh, I saw that today too. Yeah, and the, the they're saying that the job is his if he wants it. <laughs> yeah, for reals. Please, they they could pray to get someone like that. I, I dude, honestly, it's like they. I think I think this movie was like I was kind of looking forward to it when they said, "Oh, Dan Trachtenberg," and then they lost Dan Trachtenberg. I'm like, how are they going to recover from this? And then they got Travis Knight, and I'm like, okay, I I like Travis Knight. I like him too. That's that's a great pick. And they've lost Travis Knight, so I don't know. I think Ruben Fleischer is the safe choice. I but 
I still, I, even with Ruben Fleischer, I don't see this movie being a good film. No, at the end yeah, of the day. it seems bad. It feels like they're, they're making it out of obligation more than an exciting idea at this point, and that's yeah. never that's never good. Yeah, and, and the fact that they got Tom Holland behind this thing too, you know, it's kind of like that Channing Tatum Gambit thing, you know. Oh, we Channing Tatum's always been attached to this thing. We, you know, that's promising. That's good. Thank God we got Channing Tatum wanting to be in this thing. Yeah. I always thought Tom Holland is a very odd – like I don't know much about the games, but I've always thought Holland was an odd choice for the Nathan Drake casting. Well, he's too young and a lot of – Yeah, like, he looks nothing like that character. Well, I mean I guess yeah. that's every interpretation. But. Well, everybody wanted a, an older character uh, for this Nathan Drake. Everybody was saying Nathan Fillion. And then they cast Tom Holland. Honestly, by the time this movie starts to shoot, he will be the age of Nathan Fillion now. <laughs> so <Yeah>. I, <laughs> He'll have hair on his chest by then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Evil Dead News from Slash Film Playlist pointed us to this Reddit post where Raimi was answering questions from fans and naturally someone asked if audience would ever see a final Sam Raimi Evil Dead movie. Here's how the director responded. Bruce, Rob, and I are working with a young filmmaker who is writing a new Evil Dead story that he will direct. As for me, I would love to direct a new Evil Dead movie, but I'd really like to do it with Bruce. And he says he's retired the character. I hope not. So, yeah, this happened after Ash versus the Evil Dead was canceled on Stars, and Bruce said he was done. Bruce Campbell said, I'm done. I'm done playing Ash. I'm done. And they left that season. Like, they didn't finish. Like, there was supposed to be more to that story. And uh, it looks like Sam Raimi is wanting to do a final uh, Evil Dead film here. Jake, is there any way, and here's his quote, he says, Sam Raimi says, I would be thrilled if Bruce Campbell changed his mind about retirement, would come back for the original Evil Deadline, but if not, I'm very happy to work with if Fetty, and I think he's talking about Fetty Alvarez and his 2013 remake of Evil Dead, which I was not a huge fan of, but he says, uh, if Fetty would come back and make the sequel, but he's such a big shot now. He's so successful and artist in demand that I don't think he'd want to do that. Jake, would you, would you, here's the thing. Would you want to see Ash come back? Would you want to see Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell team up to do another evil dead film? And then like after they've done Ash versus the evil dead, like, are we looking at tying up that series at this point or is this so we're not going to get Pedro? You know what I mean? Like, like what? I don't understand this. I don't understand at this point. I, I, I don't know where Sam Raimi would go with this. Yeah, I'm honestly surprised. I was surprised that Sam Raimi was saying this stuff. Honestly, I, I felt it weird that he would want to come back to this character to basically conclude a TV series that he really 
didn't have much input on. I mean, I get it. He, you know, he directed the pilot yeah. and had a little bit of inspiration as far as the writing goes, but I feel like it, he wasn't the showrunner. It no. wasn't his story. Yeah. So I'm a little bit surprised that he would have any interest in this at all. Yeah. Uh, and, and I guess to answer your question, would I want this to happen? I mean, it would, it's hard to say no, if Sam Raimi's going to direct a feature length theatrical evil dead sequel then you know sign me up i'm here for it yeah. am i clamoring for it no would i be there opening night yes yeah i'm the same way i can't argue that i love bruce campbell and i love sam raimi <sighs> paul are you big fan of uh the evil dead movies? uh i have not seen any of any of them so no, I definitely want to get into it, but I just never got around to it. Wow. At this point, I don't even know why I have you on this episode at this point. I, I don't know either. <laughs> I feel like every time Paul's on, we get to this point of the conversation. You know what? Here's the thing. I love Paul. Paul's great people. Hey, thanks. It don't, it don't matter. It don't matter, man. It don't matter, man. Like, put me and Paul in a room. I like that Gwyneth Paltrow pussy candle. and I it, love it. I mean, magic. Just magic will happen. We're and not going to quickly swerve away from this part of the conversation because I know what Jake's talking about and I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Once upon a time in Hollywood, did you see the movie, Paul? Yeah, I, I, I did. What did you think about it? Oh, I love it. I loved it too. Jake, you loved it as well. Yeah, I just watched it again the other night, actually. Wow. It, uh, and- it was fucking hilarious seeing it a second time. It clocks in at 161 minutes. And there was a re-release that they had that added a further 10 minutes. But it looks like there's a director's cut. And this comes from Dark Horizons. Uh, however, we do not, we do know a whole bunch more for the film was shot and fans have been wondering whether Quentin Tarantino would do for it what he did for The Hateful Eight, turn it into an episodic Netflix series cut from the film's reported four-hour original cut, according, uh, appearing at a special Collider uh, screening at Arclight Hollywood recently. Tarantino spoke about asking Sony boss Tom Rothman for guidance during the process of editing down his film, Quote, it's all good. It's all great. I don't know if an audience would sit for it, but I love it. So we showed it to Tom Rothman, and it was like, okay, here this all is. We know that this is a movie, but maybe you can help us out because we like everything. Then Brad, Brad Pitt interjected with the question, the real question is, are we going to get to see this one way or another? Tarantino responded, hey, look. It's all good, so once this whole thing is said and done, maybe in a year's time, we probably will. Tarantino teased a longer director's cut of Django Unchained is coming down the line a few months back as well. So basically, I honestly think that... I do think that Tarantino, at the end of the day, enjoyed making the longer cut of the hateful eight for Netflix and turning it into like a six episode episodic movie that you could watch. I think he'll do. I think this will happen. 
I think if, and I don't know if it'll be Netflix, but I think it'll happen. We will get to see this somewhere, somehow, this four hour cut of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I agree a hundred percent. If it's not Netflix, it'll be a, a re-release or something of the sort. I, I completely agree. Mm-hmm. Paul, are you down for this, man? Do you want to see this? Uh, yes. Yes, I do. I, I really want to see it. Um, I hope we do. I, I, I hope it has more of Sharon Tate in it. And I've really been reading up on, uh, the character Tim Roth was uh, supposed to be in this because he's actually in the credits at the end of the movie and it says cut from film. Oh, no shit. Tim Roth. Yeah, he plays um, Quentin Tarantino described him as J.C. Brings very British butler. Oh, wow. <laughs> but I would um, I, I also on the um, special or like on special features, Tarantino's actually said he wrote six episodes of bounty law and that's something i would love to see they're talking about that man that was oh, yeah that'd be so yeah i talked cool. about this on a previous episode of pcl too that tarantino is actually considering making an entire series of bounty law episodes yeah, yeah. but it was an issue of leonardo dicaprio yep. and whether or not he would even bother doing a streaming service show like this if anybody yeah. could talk him into it it'd be tarantino yeah, yeah. Well, Pitt winning the award over him probably didn't help. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. I didn't even consider that. He should be happy. He won something for The Revenant. Jesus Christ, you know? Yeah, his worst movie. In a fucking year where <laughs> I think worst. it's like Philip. I loved Revenant. I thought it was great. Uh, but, you know, in a year that wasn't that the year that Philip Seymour Hoffman passed away? Oh, probably. And, like, he won that over Philip Seymour Hoffman. So, yeah, that's huge. Um, DigitalTrends.com had an article about a Willow sequel series. We talked about, Jake, when Disney Plus was announced, one of the first things I said was, I want a Willow series. Then we heard rumors of Ron Howard possibly doing a Willow series. And now John Kasdan is on Twitter and basically confirming that the project is getting made. So yeah, fucking Warwick Davis coming back and playing the part of Willow and getting a Willow series. I'm down on Disney. Disney plus needs content. It doesn't, it doesn't, Disney plus needs content. So yes, give me a Willow series. Someone pitch a Tron series like yesterday. Thank you. A Tron fucking series. Yeah. A Rocketeer series. Can I get a Rocketeer series, please? Oh, fucking A. Yeah, there's so many, like, yeah, they definitely should have put some stuff in the can, I feel like. Now that we're two, three months into Disney+, Plus, it, it very much feels like they should have got three to eight series in the can, much like Apple TV Plus did. They were ready to roll out with lots of new content. And we talked yeah. about all the different stuff they were filming and making for a year and a half leading up to them launching this service. Right. And, that's what Disney Plus needed to do, I think. For except for the diehard Disney people, it, it seems severely lacking, and no wonder they were pushing those buy one to three year subscriptions the way they were so hard near the beginning. How the fuck is Netflix pumping out so much content? How? Yeah, I mean, well, they they've been in the game so long, you know. Yeah, but it, I don't know. It's so is Amazon Prime at this point. Like, why are That's they not? True. That's true. I'm not watching. I'm not watching Amazon Prime originals come out every fucking week. 
Netflix. Yeah, is, they've yet to have that hit to like give them the confidence. Fleabag, like, Fleabag. Yeah, but even Fleabag, though. I mean, it, just because you're winning the awards, that doesn't really mean shit when it comes to streams and people talking about it, right? I mean, look at other shows recently that have won awards. I know. Just, Han- I could say Handmaid's Tale for Hulu. It's the same thing. Yeah, or like what? What was Ozark even for Netflix itself? Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it won awards. It's one of the shows that got canceled. Ozark got canceled. Isn't no, not Ozark? I, I'm. I meant OA. Oh, the OA. Yeah, God the damn OA. it. I'm sorry, I misspoke. The other O show on Netflix You're right. is You're another right. example of a critical darling show that won a lot of awards, but it doesn't amount to anything. You know, I just feel like Amazon is yet to have that. Yes, they've had critical hits. Yes, they've had things that have won awards, but they've yet to have that big water cooler show. And Netflix has had more than one of those. You well, know, uh, Amazon's hoping to do that with Lord of the Rings. You know, that's what they're really. Oh, hoping. definitely, yeah. definitely. They're dumping some money into that. Like that yeah. that seems to be like the last big great white whale for Amazon Prime. Like yeah. I feel like if they don't have a giant hit on their hands with that, they're gonna be even more gun shy to dump money into big projects like that. If they can't get a hit out of Lord of the Rings, then why bother with other less known properties at that point? Yeah. Oh my God. That fucking, the writer's room for that fascinates me. Like I almost want to see a documentary about the writer's room for Lord of the Rings. Like, did you hear about this shit? Like they've, they've made these, of course they've made their writers like sign like all these NDAs or whatever. But on the flip side, like when, when they meet in the writer's room, they've like, they have a meet in a room where like the windows are blacked out. Ha. Yeah, I, it's crazy. It's fucking crazy. But wow, I wonder if that's crazy, especially considering that we're talking about a property that's almost known for its fans knowing everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, like what, like what you know, what giant shocks are that? That scares me that they're going to piss off a lot of the the big nerds for Lord of the Rings if that's the plan. Uh, yeah. Oh, who is it? Will Poulter. Will Poulter left the series. Yeah, he did. I, I wonder what that had to do with. Yeah, I don't know. Well, he left. He was he was originally going to be uh, fucking uh, uh, the uh, clown in uh, it. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember. Yeah, he would have been very good in, as a Pennywise. Yeah, Pennywise. Um, Paul, are you looking forward to a Willow series? Oh yeah, Willow. <laughs> yeah, I am. I definitely am. I loved that movie when I was a kid. So did I. Fuck. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of. Do you think half the, of the budget? The showrunner. Is, do you think the half of the budget is going to be getting Val Kilmer back in shape <laughs> to play Mad Martin? <laughs> I was going to say that. You think? You, hold on. I think like. I think like. I think like. Uh, <laughs> the first part of this is going to be Val Kilmer showing up on The Biggest Loser. <laughs> yeah, they'll probably write that into his character, right? He probably will not get back in shape, and it'll be they'll just have to include it into the story how Mad Mardigan is let himself go. Yeah, he hasn't fit, he hasn't uh, committed himself to the series from what I've heard. He I, I he's going to be in the. Uh, I think I think he's gotten himself into back into shape from what I'm hearing. Like I, he's going to be in the uh, Top Gun Maverick movie. 
Yeah, you're right about that. I don't know to what extent. They really don't feature him too much in the trailer. No, they don't. If at all. Do they even show him in the trailer? No, I saw, I've saw. i seen pictures, though. Maybe it was like behind-the-scenes shit. Or maybe I'm just stupid. <laughs> I hate myself. Um, <laughs> are you guys ready to move into Marvel news? Yeah. Totally. Marvel news. Marvel News. All right, before we jump into Marvel News, I got a question for you. You guys ready? Yeah, lay it on me. You ready, Paul? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Do you guys like bananas? Yes. Yep. All right. Let's say you get shipwrecked. I thought that I just thought that was the question at first. No, no, it's, that's part that was one. a very long and natural pause after that. It's, it's part one of the question. So I just want part one of the question was like I I needed to know if you guys love bananas. I love bananas. Big fan of bananas. Got banana. I, I buy I buy bananas probably every week. I don't know. Big big fan of potassium. Yeah, same. I love banana fucking bread. I love banana bread. Banana bread's good. I love taking banana slices and putting them on my uh, Quaker oatmeal. Oh, like in the pictures. Yeah. Anyway, let's say you get get shipwrecked on a deserted island. And on this island, trees are growing. You've got coconut trees. But there's no banana trees. No banana trees. But you have in your possession from the belongings that you brought with you a banana. My question to you is how do you make a banana tree? Uh, I have no idea. I, I couldn't tell you. Dude, what the fuck is up with bananas? <laughs> right? Yeah, Hold yeah, on. Yeah. What do you do? Plant the whole goddamn banana? Like, what the fuck? Blip, there, are, are there seeds of bananas? How do you make a banana tree? How do you, <laughs> how do you make a fucking banana? How do you plant bananas? What, how do you make bananas? I'm looking it up. How do you plant a banana? Aren't, aren't there seeds inside of a banana? Those little tiny, are you planting those little tiny seeds in the banana? Those little tiny black things in the banana? Are you fucking taking those out and planting those? You're telling me those little tiny fucking things that look like a black head on a fucking person's (laughs) face are going to turn into a banana tree? Like when I think of a seed, I think like if you fucking crack open a fucking apple, you see an actual seed. Yeah. These are fucking like little fucking black pimples, little blackheads. How the fuck do you make a banana tree? How do the, how do bananas, how do you make a banana tree? It's driving me crazy. I've been thinking about it all week. How do you make a banana tree? We plant. Bananas do not grow from seeds, but from a bulb or a rhizome. Oh, and where do you get such said bulb and rhizome? Where do these, uh, you have to know a guy. What do you got to go? You got to. That, that sounds like some fucking. That sounds like some fucking Jim Cameron Avatar bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Bulber or Rhizome. Yeah, you got to know a guy. Bulber or Rhizome. <laughs> Fuck off. That's with- crazy. It says commercial strains of bananas don't have seeds. Well, actually, they do, but they're very tiny, tiny and sterile. Huh. Bizarre. Um, bananas are like some fucking genetic science experiment, basically. Yeah, but like, if I want to make my own bananas, how do no, I make the, my own bananas? The banana, in, the banana industry has put a fucking stop on you being able to make your own bananas. It's totally true. They don't want Dole and fucking Chiquita fucking tag teamed up, and they don't want you fucking growing <laughs> any banana trees. Oh my god, it's it's, it's one of those things. That we crazy. Just, we no, yeah, it is crazy. You bet your fucking ass it's crazy, Jake. We sit around, we eat bananas all goddamn day. We fucking go to the grocery store, and there they are. We just buy them. There's a bunch of them. That's what they call bananas. Bananas. You know, you know what a bunch of cats are called together? Mm-mm. A litter. No. A cl- oh, that's that's they shit in. Yeah, they shit in litter. Yeah. A Close bunch fall. Of, they're called. Yeah. The, they're called the clouder. A clouder of cats. That's interesting. I've never heard that. I could tell you how to make more cats before I could fucking tell you how to make more bananas. Well, is it oh, the same yeah. with a is it the same with a pineapple? How the fuck do you make a pineapple? <laughs> <laughs> Probably the same thing, right? You have to know a guy and get these yeah. birds. You got to go behind like a fucking grocery store dumpster and meet somebody up there. Dude, it's like I out in a Walmart parking lot for 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I I am on Reddit. I am on Reddit all day. I'm looking at Reddit and like no, I've never said like I've never seen like a post called like I'm a banana farmer. Ask me anything. I'd be like, dude, no, first they thing- fucking kill those people on on spot. <laughs> it's like it, right it's Ida shows up and fucking Pow, pow. No, exactly, dude. Exactly. It's it's like it's like it's like like it's like a magician giving out like the how they do their tricks and shit. You can't yeah, do dude, it. It's just like the guy that figures out how to run cars without gas. Like they shoot that guy. Fucking a, yeah. Big Auto fucking right. kills that motherfucker. You ain't making your own bananas. You're gonna have to spend a dollar fifty eight to buy six bananas. <laughs> I know they can't raise them up too high, right? Like bananas <laughs> are like the great equalizer. They're always not that expensive. Fuck it. How the fuck do you plant bananas? You know they grow in the ground. I also feel like my entire life I've heard bananas will be extinct in the next five years. Really? I've never heard that. Yeah, I've never heard that. Oh, really? I, I feel like I hear people talking about that all the time. How, oh, don't take bananas for granted. Because in the next five to ten years, there won't be any more bananas anywhere anymore. I hope banana candy goes extinct in the next five years. Uh, banana, banana is the worst fucking artificial flavor ever it is. made. Nobody, oh, my God. Nobody can make banana candy taste like bananas. Oh, yeah. I would eat fucking ass-flavored Laffy Taffy before I ate a fucking banana Laffy Taffy. <laughs> Shit, now Gwyneth Paltrow has a new idea. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, yeah, stick this in your mouth. <laughs> it's Christ. chewy, ain't it? <laughs> <laughs> if you hey, the name of the product. If you hey, listen. If you're a fucking listener, 
and you and, <laughs> and don't know if you know how to fucking plant a banana and make a banana let me know but if you have to google the shit and then tell me don't act like you're a fucking brilliant motherfucker and then send me some fucking bullshit but and if you know there's any banana docs out there i'd love to i'd love to actually see some video yeah a banana documentary i guarantee yeah, pretty- i'm i guarantee you i guarantee you that 90% I would say even higher than 90% of our listeners right now have no idea how to fucking make a banana tree. Yeah, yeah. I think it was the number one thing that Curious George was so curious about. Fucking A, dude. <laughs> you, I guarantee you it's like most people would be like, yeah, plant that yellow hat that the man was wearing and maybe that will make the tree. Like we don't know, dude. <laughs> but plant his hat. I don't know. I'm out of ideas. <laughs> they let curious george know how it works but since he can't talk he can't like spill the beans oh my god what it's 2020 can we make him buy curious george can we go there <laughs> can we just it's fucking 2020 maybe he wants to fucking suck some <laughs> chimpanzee dick <laughs> is he a chimpanzee what is he what is it what is it what is curious george what kind of monkey is Curious George? Man, this has been an episode where we really needed Jamie. <laughs> There's been good stuff here. There's been some good shit, man. I have, dude, I guarantee this is just like the smallest thing. The smallest. How do you make a banana tree? I guarantee you I could take most of our listenership and put them in a field, the most fertile soil ever known to man, and hand them a banana, and nobody's eating bananas. I hand them a banana and the most fertile soil in the world, and at the end of the fucking year, nobody's eating bananas. There are no bananas to be had. Nobody's eating a goddamn banana. Nobody knows how to make a fucking banana tree. No one. There's no one that knows how to make a banana tree. Oh, man. It seems whether or not Curious George is a monkey or an ape is a pretty heated debate. I like to think that, uh, I like to think that fucking like, uh, Bigfoot is making bananas. Oh, I like it. I like it. That's Maybe Loch Ness Monster, too. The Loch Ness Monster. I like to think like these mythical, like things that we don't. Like, they're the ones making these banana trees. Like, anytime we get a banana tree, it's, it's the Loch Ness Monster, Bigfoot, fucking... Jack the Ripper. Jack the... Alright, what do we got? Hey, alright, quick news in Marvel. WandaVision is not coming out in 2021 like we thought, the spring of 2021. Uh, Disney Plus realizes that nobody gives a fuck about their service right now. And so we've got to get this fucking series out in sometime in 2020. So. Yeah, I think they also realized that they're probably never going to put out the Hawkeye show at this point, and they oh. needed something to fill fill in its place. Oh my! What, what, hey, what's going on with Hawkeye, Jake? And Jeremy Renner. I mean, not to get into all of that, but I mean, if you know about him, he's him and his ex-wife, I believe, are yeah. having all kinds of spats and saying all kinds of crazy things about each other. And I believe Disney is trying to distance themselves from Jeremy Renner at this point. Oh, wow. And um, it, it was a big headline today, but the writing's kind of been on the wall for the last couple of months. If you've kind of followed Renner's descent, 
And, uh, <laughs> but yeah, they're saying now there's leaks saying that the Hawkeye show has been put on hiatus and it's unknown whether or not it'll, it'll ever come out. I wonder if like, you know, like Kentucky Fried Chicken has like their recipe and nobody really knows it. I wonder if there's like, there's only one person that knows how to make bananas. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the the Hawkeye stuff super um, disappointing though because I honestly I think if you asked like a hundred Marvel fans which of these shows they were looking forward to most like seventy five of them would have told you it was the Hawkeye show yeah it was based I mean, on that the, Matt Fraction series yes. is so beloved yes they showed Kate us Bishop the, yeah Kate Bishop's kind of gonna get cut short and it's unfortunate. Um, it's kind of hard to do this series without a Hawkeye. Um, I wouldn't be against the recasting, honestly. I think a fresh coat of paint might be appropriate here. Um, and I'm not trying to lamb blast Renner by any means. I mean, yeah. you know, you're innocent until proven guilty. I'm not like, get this guy off the project. I, I don't know what's going on, you know. But I think starting anew on a Disney Plus show and recasting the character here and now for a show that's going to be very tonally different than anything we've seen Hawkeye in in any of the MCU movies wouldn't be the biggest fallacy. And I, I'd actually be perfectly fine with it. I'd rather recast Hawkeye than never have the Matt Fraction Hawkeye adapted Disney Plus series. Like, if those are my two options. What if they recast Hawkeye with a victim of the Me Too movement and Kevin Spacey as our next Hawkeye? <laughs> That'd be fucked up, dude. Yeah, that would be fucked up. I I don't think Disney would distance themselves from Jeremy Renner so they could move closer to Kevin Spacey. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so. I, no, that would blow my fucking mind. Yeah, yeah that that would be that would be strange casting choices. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's all just speculation as far as to the why Wandavision's been moved from 2021 to 2020 they just revealed it in that like that what's coming in 2020 yeah. sizzle reel yeah um which has already been altered more than once now since it's been released with some stuff already being pushed back that they said was going to be in 2020 i know the lizzie mcguire showrunner was left over creative differences and they're saying that show may not make it this year oh now. my god and, no you Get Lizzie McGuire showrunner left over yeah, creative. I, I get know, the I, fuck out of here. Yeah, I hear you. I'm just saying that it's it's funny that they've released this thing like a week ago and it's already like I will accurate. I will not compromise my vision of Lizzie McGuire. <laughs> get yeah. the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, I noticed Hillary Duff didn't leave. <laughs> she's like no i still want that paycheck i need that oh, yeah. oh shit good, good for her good yeah, for yeah. her but yeah so i mean the wandavision's been moved up probably to potentially i mean otherwise it was just going to be a one season show what do you guys think about the new mutants trailer that came out paul go for it i i enjoyed it it yeah. got me it got me a little excited to to actually go see this I loved. There's uh, got to be a I catch, did. though, right, Paul? I'm sorry. What was that? There's got to be a catch, though, right, man? Like, if this movie was so fucking good, well, yeah. Why yeah, was it, yeah. okay? Is it the fact that fucking Marvel, that Marvel Studios, is so worried about putting this movie out after the performance of Dark Phoenix, 
Or was it the fact that this movie's just a pile of shit? Uh, you got me there. Why? Like, like, why? It could like, be a little bit of column A, column B. Yeah, like, are they, yeah, I don't, Jake, Jake, like, okay, Paul, you like the trailer? Yeah, I did. I thought it was serviceable. Dude, I, oh, hold on. I'll, I'll chime in. <clears throat> I, I still think at the end of the day, this movie is going to be crap. But on the flip side, this is a damn good trailer. And like, Anya Taylor Joy is fucking magic. Looked pretty badass. I loved her accent. Awesome. I loved what they did with her character. I love magic. Magic's my favorite fucking female X Men. She's my favorite. She's my magic is my favorite X Men character. To be honest with you, like I love magic. Just an amazing character, and I love what they did with that character at the end of this trailer. And that's what I was worried about. I was like, are we going to get the magic from the comics? And like, it felt like this was. A little bit more true to that but Jake we have a listener that reached out to us on Twitter that saw the screener they screened this movie and they saw the screener of this movie before all this let's put this fucking shit on the shelf crap happened and they saw the screener of the movie and they said I can't really say that much because they signed an NDA but they didn't enjoy it what changed? What the fuck changed? What the fuck changed with this movie that Disney's putting it out now? Yeah, that's super interesting. Yeah, as far as the trailer goes, I, I fucking love this trailer. This was a Tupperware of a trailer for me. Um, it, I was kind of shocked that it looked as good and as polished as it looked. So, yeah, it is interesting. Like, eh, who knows what changed? I, I'd be interested to hear from people that saw that screener once we get to see this final movie. I, I'm sure those conversations will happen once this movie gets released and we get to see it, where we get to hear kind of what changed from point A to point B. I don't think this is information that's going to stay forever hidden. We're going to find out what altercations happened with this movie. This movie, and, like, and, it wrapped, I'm very curious. It wrapped filming at least two, three years ago. Right. This oh, movie. you could tell just seeing Macy Williams in the trailer too. Oh yeah, the movie is supposed to come out in April, I think April of 2017. So I think they filmed it in 2016. I could be wrong. I could be a year off, but I think it was supposed to come out in April 2017, correct Jake? Or April 2018? I can't remember. Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah, it's coming. I, it's, I think you're right. Three, four years. Wait, it was supposed to come out in at least April 2018. It's going to come out in April 2020. So it was filmed in 2017. Yeah, yeah. that's that's insane. I, it's been a long time since we've had something sit on the shelf for that long. I'm not going like to one of these comic movies. I have not been a fan of what I've seen from this movie in the previous trailer, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you that this last trailer wasn't fucking good. It was a fucking great trailer. I'll give it a high tasted overall, and I'll give the magic shit a fucking Tupperware. I was impressed. Yeah. I was fucking impressed. But on the flip side, it's like we have we have a listener that saw this as a as a screener. They saw it in in the theater. They were able to screen this early, and they said that. And I'm sure it wasn't. I'm sure when this listener watched it, the, the effects weren't 100 percent completed. But that always doesn't mean that the movie is bad. Do we know that reshoots happened? I mean, it would seem like a hard movie to do reshoots on. 
Like, are you coming back three years later and doing reshoots? Did that happen? I feel like they schedule. I think, and I could be wrong here. They re- they scheduled reshoots, but then all of this shit happened, and they weren't able to do it. But I mean, we've heard the rumors of this being rated R. Of course, it's officially now PG thirteen. So I don't know. I I. I honestly think at the end of the day, they showed us their best hand. And we're not gonna, I don't, I don't think that this is, I don't think this is gonna be a great movie at the end of the day. If I was a, if I'm a betting man, this is not gonna be a great movie. I think that they showed us a pretty damn good trailer though. Yeah, you know what? If I would not take that bet with you, I mean, I agree that the odds are that this is not gonna be a great movie. But I'm just I'm willing to roll the dice and try to hit those sixes just because if it does work, it's going to be so much fun. Like, I do want to see kind of the horror X-Men genre work like that sounds just so enticing and exciting. Like, if you do that right, that's going to be a hell of a movie. So I'm willing to uh, most likely see not a great movie at the chance that they nail it here. I hope I dude I hope they do fucking nail it because I think Anya Taylor-Joy is a fantastic actor. I'd love to see her play a proper magic going forward in the MCU. Yeah, it'd be really cool. I and there's been lots of rumors today about how apparently Marvel is saying that this is connected to the MCU in some press release pamphlet that they released. Well, but it's been unconfirmed. Like no one's outright said that that's the it's case. It's crazy to think that Feige says that yes, it's created the MCU when none of this had anything to do with anything he set up. Yeah, I ha- I have a hard time believing that they'll officially say this is MCU because the X Men is such a hot property and something I think that's very you know people are really looking forward to see how that gets introduced, that it's not just going to be this holdover movie that Fox had as their first introduction to X-Men into the MCU. So we'll see, but I find it hard to believe that this movie will be anything, but just kind of an else world side story for X-Men characters. Yeah. Christian Bale's joining, uh, Thor love and thunder collider has exclusively learned, uh, Taika Waititi is returning to direct the sequel which is gearing up to start production this summer. The follow-up to 2017's Thor Ragnarok is shaping up to be Bale's first comic book movie since his final turn as Batman in 2012's The Dark Knight Rises. Marvel had no comment. Tessa Thompson will reprise her role as Valkyrie, while Natalie Portman will return to the franchise as Jane Foster, who apparently becomes Thor in this movie. Waititi will also be back to provide the voice of Korg, who became an instant fan favorite. Marvel's Kevin Feige will produce the comic book movie after the last Thor installment grossed $853 million worldwide. Bill's role is being kept under wraps. Thor Love and Thunder is expected to begin filming in August for a November 5th, 2021 release. Fans got on the internet and they're chanting Beta Ray Bill. Or Beta Ray Bale. <laughs> I am thinking it's down to, me personally, I'm thinking it's down to two characters for, uh, Christian Bale. The first one I'm thinking that it could be would be Gore the God Butcher. Oh, that'd be awesome. 
If you read the Jason run, uh, Jason Aaron run of Thor, you remember the God Bomb arc. And this is where Gore, the God Butcher, went around killing gods and eventually battled Thor. Fuck Thor up pretty badly. In that cave, yeah. Yeah. The God Butcher story arc of the comic is where Thor is, uh, turns into unworthy Thor and is unable to lift Mjolnir. And it's what leads Jane Foster, who uh, is, uh, she's got cancer, and she becomes Thor, Mighty Thor. And uh, while she's Mighty Thor, the cancer is not, it's not killing her. Um, I don't know if that's what they're going to go with in this movie. But uh, that was a big part of the comic. So I'm thinking, like, your, your, your hero is only as good as their villain sometimes. And we had, uh, we had Bale, who looked like a really great Batman, while he was battling Heath Ledger's Joker. Maybe he can do the same for Natalie Portman here. And be a fantastic villain as Gore the God Butcher. I would love that. I, I think that that would be great. Jason Aaron, the writer of Thor, has his thoughts on who Bale should play. And this is from Cinema Blend. Jason Aaron went against the popular choice being talked about to bring attention to the character of Dario Agar, the CEO of Roxon Energy Corp. Yeah. As well as, uh, and well known as Minotaur in the Thor comics. His appearance certainly fits the bill. He'd be following in the footsteps of Michael Keaton, another Batman actor who has become, who has come to the MCU to play a villain. Dario Agar is of Greek origin and spent his childhood on a private island in the Aegean Sea before a group of pirates slaughtered his entire family. A child in fear, Dario prays for help as the pirates hunted him. Standing before a statue of a bull in a hidden cave, he was transformed into a minotaur and defeated the men, but he keeps them alive to continue to torture them. As an adult, Dario used his family fortune to gain an expensive education and becomes the CEO of the most powerful energy corporation in the world. He is careless about the environment, pollutes the earth, and pays off lobbyists and lawyers in order to keep doing so and make more money. When Thor learns of Dario's environmentally villainy, they become enemies. At one point, the God of Thunder destroyed Dario's factories, leading to the leading the CEO to build more on a floating island in the sky, which polluted Earth even worse. Dario also tried to sue Thor too. Anyone else down for this yet? It seems to be a timely story, especially considering the topic of climate change being often mentioned. Chris Hemsworth just donated $1 million to support the currently devastating Australian bushfires. Um, so, yeah, uh, Jason Aaron thinks he should play uh, Darian, uh, Dario Agar. Um, there's the rumor of uh, Gore the God Butcher, and then a, a lot of people on Twitter were like, Beta Ray Bill. I think he's going to play a villain, first and foremost. And how big a role is Chris Hemsworth going to play in Thor Love and Thunder? 
I would say a pretty big role. I, I still think he's going to be a big part of it. I don't, I don't think they're going to directly adapt James Aaron's stuff. I think they're just going to take inspiration from it. I think Tyga is James a Aaron? clever. Huh? Did you say James Aaron? I thought I said Jason Aaron. I thought you said James. Did he? Well, sure. Either James or Jason. I don't think they're going to directly adapt either of their works. I, I think, nice. <laughs> you know, Tyka's going to take take the pieces that he likes and leave the pieces that he doesn't and still going to figure out a way for Hemsworth to play a pretty big role in this movie, too, I would assume. Okay, sure. I, I, I'm i not disagreeing with you. Do you think he's going to be unworthy, Thor? Yes. Paul, you can answer this, too, dude. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he... Well, just the way that Endgame ended where he really didn't want where he kind of chose to walk away from that role. So I don't know if that's, if that makes him unworthy, but I think he's definitely going to be maybe like a mentor slash coach to Natalie Portman's Thor. How does she come into this? Like, how does this, how does this, how does Jane Foster come into this whole story? Now, I mean, I would love the, I would love the cancer part. Cause that was, that was such a compelling storyline where, Every time where becoming Thor was actually killing the human version of Jane Foster because it would just cancel out all the chemotherapy that she was doing. But Mjolnir was destroyed. What's going on here? Yeah, that's that's an interesting fact, too. Like, it's just it it, there's going to be a crazy amount of legwork to even just get Natalie Portman back into the story at all, let alone the fact that we know she's being billed as a female Thor in this. Like, the character of Jane Foster was pretty much thrown out the window in the last couple of movies. Well, sure. I, I, this would all kind of make sense to me if if Mjolnir wasn't destroyed. Is this coming out after the Doctor Strange multiverse? That's movie? a great fucking question, Paul. And I'm and literally I'm thinking about that as you're as you asked me as you proposed that question. Mm, like some kind of reset button that happens because of that movie. Yeah. November fifth. Yeah, November fifth of 2021 is when this gets released. The Doctor Strange movie comes out on May 7th of 2021. Okay. So, yes. So we could it, get an answer it, there. Yeah. If we're going into the multiverse, could Jane Foster actually be introduced in Doctor Strange? Or we just get Mjolnir back somehow in, in the Doctor Strange movie. Yeah, like a multiverse Mjolnir. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Doctor Strange has been—they used him to connect to Thor, the last two movies. So, mm-hmm. wouldn't be surprised if they did that again. Yeah, that's interesting. And we know Doctor Strange is going to heavily like have things that affect MCU moving forward. Oh, well, so is Black Widow, apparently. You know. Oh well, yeah, they're just saying that because it's the next movie. Every next movie is heavily going to impact the MCU. Well, it's a, it's the first movie of the next phase, right? Yeah. Yeah, I believe the Doctor Strange thing much more than I believe the Black Widow thing. I mean, I'm not saying that there won't be no consequence from it, but I think I don't think it's going to define 
the Marvel science moving forward as much as Doctor Strange will. I think that the Black Widow movie is going to affect the Marvel's universe going forward as much as Disney Plus will. Yeah, I don't know. I think Disney Plus shows will affect Marvel moving forward no, more than Black I, Widow. What I'm saying is like I think that the I think that the Black Widow movie is going to affect some of the shows in Disney Plus as well. Oh, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Introducing some side characters and some villains for the first time potentially in this movie. Yeah, I could see that very much. Exclusive news here from Variety. Doctor Strange 2 director Scott Derrickson drops out. The studio confirmed his departure in a statement attributing it to creative differences. Derrickson, who oversaw the first Doctor Strange, will remain as an executive producer. Marvel Studios and Scott Derrickson have amicably, amicably parted ways on Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness due to creative differences. Marvel said in a statement to Variety, we remain grateful to Scott for his contributions to the MCU. Derrickson also said the decision was mutual. Quote, Marvel and I have mutually agreed to part ways on Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness due to creative differences. I am thankful to our collaboration and will remain as remain on as EP. The film will begin production in May. And there are not expected to be any delays when it comes to shooting. The search for a replacement is currently underway. This looks like it's been building up since mid-December. And probably even earlier than that. I'll get back to that here in a moment. But what was it? What was it that caused these creative differences? We know that Kevin Feige backtracked recently on his San Diego Comic-Con comments that this was going to be a horror film. A couple weeks ago, he was talking at the New York Film Academy, and he said, Multiverse of Madness is the greatest title we've ever come up with, by the way, which is one thing that it's that's exciting about it. I wouldn't necessarily say that it's a horror film, but it'll be a big MCU film with scary sequences in it. Well, if you go back to San Diego Comic-Con, he said it's going to be a horror film. This quote from him talking at the New York Film Academy says, I wouldn't necessarily say that it's a horror film, but it'll be a big MCU film with scary sequences in it. He also went on to say, (laughs) I mean, there are horrifying sequences in Raiders that I as a kid, as a little kid would cover my eyes when their faces melted or Temple of Doom, of course, or Gremlins or Poltergeist. These are movies that invented the PG-13 rating, by the way. They were PG, and then they were like, we need another rating. But that's fun. It's fun to be scared in that way, in not a horrific, torturous way, but a way that's legitimately scary because Scott Derrickson is quite good at that. Still still name-dropping Scott Derrickson at this point because Scott Derrickson is quite good at that, but scary in the service of an exhilarating emotion. So what was it, like... What was it? Why did why did Scott Derrickson leave? Is it the fact that this is going to tie in heavily with the WandaVision series? And I mean, that's been confirmed. He also talked about that at the New York Film Academy, that this is going to tie in heavily with the WandaVision series. Was it that he didn't want to be kind of like John Favreau was kind of like 
control like with, with Iron Man two. Iron Man two kind of like tied into like you know the future of the MCU and it. He wasn't able. To, John Favreau wasn't able to do what he did in Iron Man one and just tell a story. He had to tie it in with all this other bullshit. Um, was it paired with the fact that you know it's going to be heavily you know tying into the WandaVision series and 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 now we have a new writer on Doctor Strange two. We know John Spates worked with Scott Derrickson on the first Doctor Strange movie. And they replaced John Spates about a month ago, maybe even longer, maybe a month and a half ago for all I know, with uh, this Jade Halley Bartlett, who if if you look at Jade Halley Bartlett's IMDb, has no writing credits to my knowledge except for Miller's Girl, and that movie isn't even out yet. So like... And and what I what I'm saying about like how like I think that this has been kind of building up since mid December. If you go back and look at Scott Derrickson's tweets, it's it. I mean, go back. His tweet from December sixteenth, twenty nineteen, says studio release dates are the enemy. Studio release dates are the enemy of art. <laughs> it feels like he was under pressure. Yeah. I mean, just even from his Twitter, it, it you can tell it was a passion project. So that makes the whole thing even more alarming. Well, I'm not like done. Was, I'm not even done with his tweets, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a first fucking tweet. That's from December 16th. Studio release dates are the enemy of art. December 19th, three days later, he says, most major life choices come with major regrets. It's unavoidable. But the worst choice is not choosing at all. Hell is sitting down at the crossroads. Christmas Day. He tweeted, hashtag thank, thank you Ryan Johnson has been trending just two days after he took time out of his vacation to talk with me at length about a personal situation I'm dealing with, an astonishingly, an, an astonishingly, astonishingly good filmmaker, but also an incredibly gracious and incisive human being. Truly grateful for him. It seems like, it seems like he knew this was coming. That he had a big decision. I feel like this was Scott. I I think this was Scott Derrickson's decision to make Jake. I don't think that Kevin Feige asked him to leave this project. I feel like even with Kevin Feige's comments, which were basically maybe two weeks ago, maybe two weeks ago, and still saying that Scott Derrickson is the guy that's going to be behind this Doctor Strange two movie. I feel like Scott Derrickson left this project himself. Yeah, I could see why you would think that. I, I, the evidence definitely points that way. Um, and him staying on as an exec producer definitely makes me lean towards that's probably what happened. Oh, I mean, um, that, that with the, Zack Snyder was an executive producer on Justice League, though. I mean, yeah. 
with the stuff Faggy said, they're obviously not abandoning a lot of his ideas. It sounds like there's still plenty of like things that he pushed to the to the table that they're going to probably be using. Like, I don't think that the idea of having like scary things for children, like the comparison to Raiders and stuff, I, I bet those kind of things, a lot of the ideas that Derrickson had are probably still going to make this movie. Let's see. I, 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 uh, I mean, you think they're going to completely overhaul it at this point? I think it's weird because like these statements are like studio release dates are the enemy of art. I think he wanted more time with it. Number one. And I don't think that the, I think that the new writer might be an issue with this. And the fact that Kevin Feige backtracked on his horror comments kind of makes me think that he had a different vision from this than the, than the writer did. Yeah. I mean, it, it, if we're thinking that this is going to be a pivotal movie, then that is always seems to be a strain on certain writers and creators, you know, when they have to shoehorn those connective tissues and help pimp those Disney plus series coming out. It, it's not the easiest pill to swallow for some people. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's one of those things where like, I, I think that maybe Scott, maybe do you think maybe Scott Derrickson was wanting to push the envelope a little bit much and it went against like kind of like what we've seen from the Marvel formula in these films. I, I could see that being a possibility. You know, I, I maybe it's, he wanted it to like all be like kind of really heavy horror themed, and that's kind of where he butted heads with people. You know, I, I, I think at the end of the day, I think the Marvel and Disney execs are fine with some scenes and some imagery and some parts, but they don't want that to be the overriding aspect of any movie, at least right now. Yeah. I don't know. Who are they going to get to direct this thing? Um, who's the Ant-Man guy? Peyton Reed. There you go. Get, get Peyton Reed on this. <laughs> he can do it all. The company man, isn't he? Yeah. Get Ron Howard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they'll find someone. I, I think they'll probably try to find. Honestly, the Ron Howard thing, I said it as a joke, but that, that honestly wouldn't shock me. I think they will want to try to find a name that's going to make certain people not feel bad about Derrickson leaving. Yeah. Chris Evans. Chris Evans is going to direct? Yeah. He's, yeah, he's, that would that would get people excited. He was directed before, so. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, um, it looks like this, what is this? Uh, yeah, this is from IGN. It's Doctor Strange news as well. Disney Plus shows Loki and WandaVision will both directly tie into the Doctor Strange film. And now Marvel's chief creative officer, Kevin Feige, has said while talking to the New York Film Academy that it will also mark the debut of several new MCU characters. Sometimes you're choosing a title hero choosing which main character or main team you want to bring to the screen. And oftentimes it's as you're making and developing the movie, asking who will come into it and who will fit into it. The next Doctor Strange film, for instance, features some new MCU characters, which would be making their debut in that movie. 
you won't expect or won't guess who it is, but we found a cool way to make it work because we want to make a particular type of movie there. And there was a character who we always wanted to do something with who will fit really well there. Who? Who is this character? Yeah, I have no idea. What were some of the quick clues again? Well, he says... Who are they introducing? I'm trying to think of what other movies are coming out. He says you won't expect or guess who it is, but we found a cool way to make it work because we want to make a particular type of movie there. And there was a character who we always wanted to do something with who will fit really well there. Yeah, no clue. Nothing's coming to mind. Any of the uh, new characters that they could add into this that they've uh, recently acquired? Sorry, I'm I'm drawing a blank here. I'm just asking if you think any Fox characters would be involved in this. Yeah, I I gotcha. I'm trying to think. I mean, maybe a Reed Richards would be interested. I mean, like a lot of people, like even you've had the theory that maybe they would find the Fantastic Four in like maybe some alternate dimension or pocket reality. So I don't possibly introducing the Fantastic Four through the Doctor Strange movie. Possibly introducing the X Men. I mean, any of that kind of stuff's possible. I mean, the, just the title alone gives you those illusions that something pretty crazy might happen. You know, the multiverse. What is it going to bring? I, I mean, the answer isn't nothing. Yeah, it's like I'm. I'm trying to think of like who, like a character that they've wanted to introduce. Like, have we heard rumors of characters that they've always wanted to introduce that they haven't introduced into the MCU? Have we heard? Feige talk about some of these characters in the past and can, like, what are those quotes? What are the, uh, are those quotes out there or is this just like stuff that's like behind closed doors that we aren't privy to? Like, we know that Feige wants to introduce Ms. Marvel. We know that that's like that, like he's talked about introducing Ms. Marvel. Okay. We know that, but like, does Ms. Marvel being introduced into you know, uh, this movie make any sense? No, not, not really. No, Ms. yeah, not really. Ms. Marvel being introduced maybe into a Captain Marvel movie makes sense 100% because Ms. Marvel is a huge fan of Captain Marvel. That makes sense. Doesn't make sense here. Does Namor, does Namor being introduced into this movie make sense? I've heard the, I don't know if this is true, but I've heard the rumor that the distribution rights for Hulk and Namor have been sorted out. So like now that, now, now, Marvel Studios can make a Namor movie without, you know, distribution rights going, you know, with Paramount and and the same thing for Hulk and Universal. I, I don't know if that's true or not, or if it, did I just read some bullshit fucking rumor some from some bullshit site? I don't, I don't fucking know. But these are new characters. Um, I mean, Doctor Doom, Doctor Doom, Galactus, Silver Surfer. Did these characters, are these characters coming into this Doctor Strange movie? I mean, I don't know. Like, if, if I had to, if I had, if I was forced, like, the rumor for the villain for the Doctor Strange movie was going to be Nightmare. Yeah, Nightmare. 
new characters introduced into this. It's not enough that we're getting Scarlet Witch in this movie as well. They're going to introduce new characters, too. Who the fuck could it be? Who could it be? This post is this a post credit scene? Is this a big part of the movie? The, the, the t- I would guess big part of the movie potentially at least one big new character. I mean, if they're going to travel through multiverses, they're going to introduce new characters. Like it seems to be the whole point of it, right? I would fucking lose my shit. If Norn Rad shows up in this movie and we get Silver Surfer. Would lose my shit, Jake. Yeah. Doctor Strange would be the perfect place for Silver Surfer to show up if he could. Oh, Christ. I would love Kang the Conqueror. Yeah. Maybe even Galactus himself. Galactus. You know? Maybe himself, even yeah. the, I mean Doctor Strange could be used to introduce the next Thanos. You know, maybe it is just that final thing you see at the end of the movie that sets up the next four years of building. Yeah. You know, Galactus is on his way. Now we have four years worth of movies to prepare and be ready for it. It sounded sounded like that they weren't going to do that, though, for a while in this next phase. It sounded like they weren't going to do kind of like a big bad that we're leading up to for a while. Yeah, I think they can have the best of both worlds, though. I mean... I'm thinking of how Avengers did it where it's we show Thanos, but they really didn't like it wasn't like every movie was a continuation of that in credit scene. It, it's not like what it's become now where the in credit scenes for each Marvel movie, almost all of them directly lead into whatever well, we the next Marvel movie is. We didn't get the Thanos reveal until Avengers. So, like, we didn't know what we were getting, like, with the first, like, few movies. Like, we had Iron Man, Captain America, Thor... You know, yeah, yeah, but even after the reveal, it wasn't like it was like something that was instantly delved into, sure, right? It, was a, I, it wasn't in the next Avengers movie that we dealt with it. But I'm saying like this next phase, like, like I still feel like this next phase. When I'm looking at this next phase, and I'm thinking like, what are we going to get out of this next phase? I'm still thinking like we still have like we're getting Shang Chi. Which I feel like we could be getting something with the Mandarin and the Ten Rings. I'm still thinking, like, what are we going to be getting with Black Panther 2? Is that really going to be a Namor thing? Is that going to be Black Panther versus fucking Atlantis? Like, Wakanda versus Atlantis? I'm I'm thinking, like, we've got something else to kind of tackle here before we get to, like, our next, like, Doctor Doom. Like, our next Thanos-level villain. Like, we still like they're gonna this next phase is not, we're not going to have a Thanos type villain that we're leading up to. I, yet. I 100% agree with you, but I still think the Thanos level villain can be introduced here and then just not mentioned again. I mean, like I said, think about it. Thanos is introduced and the next Avengers movie is an Ultron movie. I mean, just because you introduce them right then and there doesn't mean that we have to fast track. But, the, but, the, but they're the, the, I yeah. I, it'll happen. That I'm 100 fucking percent. We're gonna get a Thanos level villain eventually, but I'm saying like this next phase. I personally don't think that that'll happen in the next phase. I don't. Phase yeah, four. Yeah, I agree that it won't happen, but I, they might. We might know who it is by the end of this phase. Well, if they're gonna, if we can go off of like what we've seen in the past, once we finally get another Avengers movie, which they haven't announced another Avengers movie, 
then we might find out in that first Avengers movie who didn't. Because literally, like in that first Avengers fucking movie, they let us they let us on the entire movie. Like it's just oh, it's it's Loki. He's got this army. Who's the where's the where the army come from? Where the Chitari come from? Boom! Oh, it's it's fucking Thanos! Oh. And so, like, we didn't know that entire movie until the end of the movie when they gave us that big reveal. Like, I think, I don't know. I feel like we're going into phase four. We know we're getting the Eternals. We know we're getting Shang-Chi. I think Shang-Chi is going to get us into, like, the Ten Rings and the Mandarin and all that stuff. And I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where this goes. We'll see. And I have no idea who the fuck. I have no idea what this Doctor Strange movie is going to bring. What new character this is going to bring. No idea. If I had to fucking take a guess, I guess I, I guess I would, oh God, I don't know. I don't, I really don't know. Kevin Feige, you just, I don't know, dude. I, I guess I would have to say Silver Surfer, but like that, I don't even, I don't know. Yeah, impossible to say. It's it could impossible. Be every end of the spectrum here, you know. Yeah. Morbius movie. It looks like we're getting a fucking Morbius trailer on Monday. That's the rumor. Yeah, yeah, I've been reading that as well. I'm surprised we're getting that so soon. Look, movie comes out in July. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I guess it's about time. Start pimping that shit. Did you guys? I I sent you the leaked photo. The I guess it's the, they're saying it's a leaked photo. Yeah, the quote unquote leaked photo. Yeah, I posted it on our uh, Twitter page. At PC Leftovers, if you want to follow us on Twitter. Um, but it came from, uh, what was it? Trigger, at Trigger. Fuck, I can't remember who leaked it originally, and I apologize. What'd you think? Yeah, of the, it, what'd you think it, of the I picture? I thought it looked cool. I mean, you know, I I haven't been fist pumping for a Morbius movie in general, but I, I mean, this looked fine. It looked like Morbius. Like if you would have showed me this picture, I would have known who the character was without knowing what the image was. Yeah. So I mean, that's a that's a good sign. I can't see this offending anyone who is a huge fan of this character. It's not like they fucking tattooed malnourished on his forehead or anything like stupid like that, and so. Yeah, I think this is going to be well received by the people that are ready to well receive it. I think it's a. They're saying it's a two minute thirty one seconds long trailer. It's been rated by the Alberta Film Ratings Board, and I think I I got this from uh, TrailerTracking.com. I think that's where I got it from. Ooh, that's a long trailer. There's going to be a lot of plot in that trailer. It sounds like, and. It should come out with Bad Boys for Life next Friday. So it'll come out, it'll premiere Monday is what I'm hearing, but like it should be attached to Bad Boys for Life, which is another Sony film. Mm, That's cool. Man, off topic, but I'm really sad that Bad Boys for Life is not a Michael Bay movie. Yeah, right? Yeah. You can just tell. Like, I was excited for this movie up until it wasn't a Michael Bay movie. Like, yeah. I, even just from the trailer and seeing the car chases they show and the action they show, it's like, it feels like a straight-to-video Bad Boys movie without Michael Bay in the driver's seat, in my opinion. I hope I'm wrong. 
Paul, are you still here, dude? I am. What's up, man? Hey, how's it going? <laughs> I, how you, okay. how you feeling, man? I'm feeling great. Thank you. Cool. <laughs> just letting, I'm just enjoying the show. You guys, I, I don't know much about, I don't know much about Morbius. Oh, I really dude. Enjoyed, um, he's I really the, enjoyed the picture. He's the living vampire. Yeah. My only experience with him was when um, I was getting that Marvel Funko collector box uh. once a month, and he was one of the signature pops that came for a month. He's yeah, he, you ever you ever see the images, Paul, where Spider Man grows all the extra arms? Yes, that's because he got a blood transfusion from Morbius. Oh, yeah. all right. Well, I'm I'm definitely it definitely got me excited for the trailer. So I'm excited to see that on Monday. And I I kind of just had my mind blown, too. I did not know Michael Bay is not directing Bad Boys 3. Mm-hmm. That's definitely a significant bummer. Yeah, it shows. So, I mean, I, I haven't seen the movie, obviously, but I don't see that, like, Michael Bay action kinetic directing going on in the trailers I've seen. Yeah. Uh, Will Smith looks like he's a lot of fun in this movie, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the dynamic that they've got going between Will. I'm still excited to see this movie. I love Bad Boys 1 and 2, two yeah. of my favorite action movies, honestly. They're really good. That's so good. We're going to take a break here, but I, I, you know, I think we need to, as Jake, me and you, are, we're the same age. We're the same age yeah. within a couple months. Paul, you're still in your 30s, right? Yep, 35. Jesus. Oh, my God. How does that feel? If, if it feels like 35. Oh, I, yeah. God. I would, no, seriously. I would fucking kill to be 35 again. Yeah. yeah I'd kill for 25. I'm not killing no one for 35. Oh, God. At this point, I'll, <laughs> t- I'll kill to be 35. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I. <laughs> That's sad. Uh, that is uh, Al Gore in South Park. Jesus Christ! Um, you definitely start to feel changes at thirty, though. Stuff definitely you definitely do feel a little bit different. Shit starts falling apart sure. at thirty. Shit yeah. starts, yeah. Shit starts. Yeah, the warranty is expired. Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah, but yeah, uh, I think we need to start. Like, have you ever noticed? Like, have you ever noticed how? Like. Uh, Jake, me and like uh, guys our age, when uh when we talked to a millennial, and they were born in like the nineties or some shit, and we we're like, hey, what you know, you know, uh, we bring up a movie like The Goonies or The Monster Squad or like Tron or or whatever, and they're like, I've never seen it, and we act like we just act like, oh my, who like it's some fucking sin, right? Yeah. We need to start treating millennials that haven't seen these things like they were in a coma. Like people that have been in a coma. Because really, it's like, I feel like we're putting a lot of pressure on the millennials that haven't seen these things that came out like a decade before they were born. Because that's a lot of catch up to do, dude. That's a lot of pressure we're putting on them if we expect them to fucking – like seriously, think about this. They're born 
1990 or whatever the fuck. And, okay, Superman the movie with Christopher Reeve comes out in 78. That's the year I was born. Thank God I watched it. But anyway, these fucking millennials, born in 1990. And then by the time that they could fucking appreciate a movie like uh, Superman, maybe uh, 1996. So by the time they're six, five or six, right? We're expecting them to watch a movie that's nearly 20 fucking years old. At that point in time in their life. Dude, yeah, imagine you being that age and being told you're going to watch a movie from the 60s. Exactly. So it's like now they're watching at that point, they're watching Power Rangers, right? Oh, yeah, sure. Sure. 1993 is when the Power Rangers came out in America. So they're probably watching Power Rangers in 96 or whatever the fuck. I think we should treat fucking millennials as if they were in a coma. They were like a coma. Like they just came out of a coma. They have no idea. They didn't know what they were missing. I, I can't expect them to watch like a decade or a decade and a half worth of shit. No, yeah. I mean, you just watch, you know, catch up here and there when you can. When you can. <laughs> it's not priority. Yeah, no. And I think a lot of the bigger titles, you know, are timeless and they probably have watched them in their childhood. Yeah, some of them. But like, you know, you hear from a lot of millennials that haven't seen like some like huge like what we would call like uh uh, you know, uh like big big time movies, you know, like every once yeah. in a while you more of the cult classics seem to get pushed aside than like the big blockbusters though, right? I mean, yeah. they, they've all seen Goonies probably. They probably haven't seen Monster Squad. But maybe they haven't seen Goonies. And I mm, think, sure, I sure. Think, I think they need to get a pass on that. Goonies came out in 85. And if they were born in fucking like 90 or 91, I mean, it's fine. You know, it's a, it's a lot of catch up to do. Christ, there's so much... Think about how much content there is now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can barely yeah. keep up with what came out in the last two weeks, let alone be watching hits from the 80s. I want to I get millennials. Listen here. I'm behind you. I'm going to give you a pass on this <laughs> stuff. If you haven't seen this stuff, you do. You definitely there's some stuff that you do need to watch. But I'm not I, I don't feel like I can give millennials shit for not watching stuff. I it it's it's just. You know, there's just so much that fucking comes out. Yeah, watch Goonies and you're done. That's pretty much all of the 80s. Yeah, Get on that, Millennials. Ghostbusters. Back to the Future. Ghostbusters, Back to the Future, Back to the Future 2, Back to the Future 3. You know, Monster Squad, Lost Boys. You got to watch Lost Boys. Lost Boys. Skip, skip Back to the Future 2 and 3, just one. No, you got to watch Back to the Future 2 and 3. Mm, you don't have to. I, I, I think you do. <laughs> I think you do at the end of the day. <laughs> oh, man. I feel like the older I get, the less I respect Back to the Future 2 and 3. Mm. Back to the Future 2. Back to the Future 2 is better than 3. Like, 3 is a steaming giant shit pile. Oh, I, two, I yeah. Two I still like from childhood nostalgia, but recognize it's a pretty poorly written movie. Yeah. Well, and then that, one is like one of the greatest movies of all time. Back to the Future has probably the greatest screenplay ever written, to be quite honest with you. The first one, Back oh, to the yeah, Future. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. There's all kinds of college lessons taught about yes, it. Yes, there is. And it's true. Yeah. And, 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 and deservedly so. Yeah. Mary, Mary, Mary Steenburgen. 
the lady who you couldn't pronounce her name earlier, Paul? Yeah. She's in part mm-hmm. three. Uh, Back to the Future Part 3 is like a movie that invented sequelitis. It's like everything that's already happened in the last two movies happening again, yeah. but in a cowboy western setting. It yeah. is so fucking terrible bad. Yeah. It's always got a place in my heart because that's the very first movie I ever saw in the theater. So. Oh, Christ. <laughs> it's like a whole nostalgia type of thing for me. I remember seeing Back to the Future 2 in the theater. <laughs> yeah, same. I that. It felt like an eternity between Back to the Future it 1 and 2. Did. Back to the Future 2 was probably my most anticipated movie from the ages, like, 0 to 10. Yes. Oh, my God. Like, it was only four years that we waited. Oh, it felt like four fucking ever. Didn't... I, like, lived, like, six lives in between Back to the Future 1 and 2. No shit. <laughs> they, they filmed those movies back to back, but on the flip side, waiting from Back to the Future 1 to get to part 2 felt like forever when I was a kid, dude. Well, 2 wasn't, 1 and 2 weren't back to back. 2 and no, 3, No, no, right? no, that's what I was saying. 2 and 3 oh, were, yeah. were filmed back to back, but waiting from part 1 to part 2 felt forever. We had to wait four fucking years. Yeah, you know, Zemeckis never wanted to do any of the sequels. They, they gave him like a fucking dump truck full of money to make those next two movies and that was what finally convinced him and he's gone on record talking about you know the things he would have done in the first movie had he known that this was going to be a three movie franchise so when the movie ended with to be continued he... it was a big yuck 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 joke yeah really yeah yeah he, he's gone on record talking about that what, what about he bob about, what about bob gale what did bob gale say about that the writer yeah bob bob gale was in on the joke like it was just the the cheesy fun ending it was never actually meant to ever be continued it was supposed to be one and done but yet still with that to be continued ending no shit. Yeah, and they said and they said they would never have put jenny in the car with him at the end of the first one, yeah, if they, they knew there was going to be part two. Exactly. And they, that, they say that's why they basically just dump her on her front porch in the second movie. Like, Gail just gets her out of the story as fast as possible. Wow. They talk about the challenges of basically writing a plot for a second movie based off what they wrote as jokes at the end of the first movie. Yeah. Like, wow. the, your kid stuff was just meant for laughs. And it got big laughs from Back to the Future Part 1 when it came out. But yeah. then it's like, well, now we're... We've been giving these all this money, and we have to write these two movies, so we have to make that the plot. What was a joke became canon. All right, let's take a quick break. <laughs> come back and finish this fucking shit because I'm fucking I'm fucking done. I've had enough. I've had enough. Oh yeah, I've had enough. tired. Yeah, tired one at the end here. All right, yeah. all right, we'll be right back. All right. I sound like Morgan Freeman. I bet most of you do some online shopping with Amazon. It's just so easy. I myself logged in today to buy adult diapers. No, I'm not embarrassed. I have zero shame. And I really don't give a fuck what you think. I'm at that age. You'll get here too one day. And don't think that you won't, you naive asshat. One day you too will be just like Jamie Lee Curtis and shitting your body weight and Dan and yogurt, and the next thing you know, you'll be on Amazon ordering adult diapers saying, holy shit, that freckled face fucker was right. Anyway, the whole point of this is to tell you that popcultureleftovers.com has an Amazon shopping link. What that means is when you click on the link from their website, it helps the show. It doesn't charge you extra at all. 
You just shop like you regularly would, and Amazon takes care of the rest. It's easy and convenient, just like these diapers. I literally blew up this diaper while recording this ad. Hashtag truth. All right, we're back. DC news. I mean, there's DC news this week. Robert Pattinson. We saw some pictures of him as the Batman. Uh, we got confirmation that Colin Farrell is going to be playing the Penguin. Um, not a lot. I, I really don't have a lot to say there. It doesn't look like the Oswald Cobblepot that we're that we're used to in the comics. If I were to say anything, he looks more like Emperor Penguin that we saw in the John Layman Detective series, the Detective Comics series. But hmm, that, I haven't I hadn't seen any pictures of Penguin on set at all yet. Yeah, there was one that was released. There was uh, it's a real shitty picture, dude. It's a real no. it's fucking blurry as shit. I posted it on Twitter. It's blurry as shit. These none of these pictures are good. <laughs> yeah, I saw Pattinson on the bike all like bundled up. I didn't know if it was fucking Pattinson or if it's stunt double. I had no fucking clue. It could be either one. They yeah. were so bundled up. Yeah. I had no fucking clue. But I saw the bat blimps. What's that? I saw the blimps around the set that could God bless that that could be Ah, uh, that Kit Kat uh, dude. That Kit, <laughs> That's adorable. I fucking love it, man. Yeah, that's Carmella. Uh, Oh man, I can this listen. Is usually, to this is usually the time we're in bed cuddling. So, oh man, we're gonna have to end this soon so you can cuddle in bed with the Kit Kat. Uh, yeah, but they had the blimps that kind of everyone was like, oh, it's like the animated series with the with the police blimps. Uh, but no one actually, yeah, but no one knew if those were just there to hold shit down or if they're actually gonna be in the movie. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, Carmela knows how to how to get in there with some comments. <laughs> yeah, she just she just turned sixteen too, so she's uh, got a lot to say. Uh, what did you think about the new Birds of Prey trailer? This was rumored to be coming out. I heard about it coming out, and then they were talking about it. <laughs> oh my god, they were talking about this one probably uh, possibly being a red band trailer. It was not a red band trailer. They actually showed it before underwater when I saw it in the theater. Uh, but what do you guys think about the new Birds of Prey trailer? Fuck, I don't even know if I've seen the new Birds of Prey, Prey trailer. How new is this? It just came out within the past two, three days. A couple days, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think I missed this. What do you think, Paul? I'm in the minority. I love it. I'm. I've always been. I've always been for this movie, but I really. I really enjoyed it. Like I, I mean, like everyone says, I really wish it was just called Harley Quinn. But yeah, yeah. I love the I love the color in it. I love kind of the humor they were setting up. We got a little more of the Birds of Prey. We got we for a couple seconds we actually got to see Black Mask as Black Mask, yeah. which was exciting. We got to see him in all of his glory, you know, and the whole Harley kind of getting high on cocaine and fucking <laughs> cops up was was pretty cool. So. Yeah, I'm I, really, I'm really excited for it. Some of the action looks pretty incredible in it, to be quite honest with you. Like when, yep. uh, uh, I think it was, uh, what's her name? Oh, God, she's, uh, Smollett. What's her name? Uh, Journey. Journey Smollett. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just know her as Friday Night Lights Girl. Um, yeah, I Friday loved her Night in Friday Night She was so great in Friday Night Lights. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Oh, she... we got Roller Derby Harley, too. Yeah. 
I was excited about that. That's a nice throwback to her new 52 run. I'll give it a taste it, man. I still think this movie could be pretty good. We'll see. We'll see at the end of the day. It comes out February 7th, so. Yeah. Well, I love the use of Bjork music in the trailer. Are, oh, you're watching it now? Yeah, yeah, I was checking it out. Oh, and real, like, I hate to go all the way back, but I love the use of um, another brick in the wall in the new Mutants trailer. Oh, yeah, that was cool. It was an interesting cover. It yeah. wasn't the actual Pink Floyd's like version. It sounded like some kind of a cover. That should have been yeah. used in a in a in the Lego movie. <laughs> yeah, would have made a lot of sense. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is a really fucking colorful trailer. Like the cinematography and the lighting and everything. It it, it looks really good, dude. Paul, are you still watching Harley Quinn on fucking DC Universe? I'm a couple episodes behind, but I'm I'm loving it, dude. The last two episodes are great, man. Wanda Sykes in this last oh. episode, you know, she's the queen of fables. They, okay, yeah. They release her from that fucking book, and so she Ooh. comes back as like full fucking like queen of fables, like in the flesh in this last episode. <laughs> it, um, has Clayface been on? Yes. Has his hand been on? Yes, that was that okay. was not this past episode, but the episode before it. Okay, I'm and, really excited for that one, dude. And him and like him and Jim Gordon become like really good friends. It's so funny. <laughs> the the take on Jim Gordon in this is I love it. He's just a rundown. Yes, <laughs> life has chewed him up and spit him up. Yeah, fucking. He just wants Batman to come to a barbecue, dude. That's all I, he wants. This, oh god, it's so good. It's so good. I, I cannot believe how good this show is. The past like four episodes have just been incredible. I'm hooked on this show. I fucking love it. Um, let's finish up with Star Wars news and there's quite a bit of Star Wars news that I do want to get into. Um, a court, this comes from StarWarsUnity.net. According to Kessel Run Transmissions, and it's something I've heard as well. A follow-up animated series to Star Wars Rebels featuring Ahsoka and Sabine is slated for, rele- for release sometime this year. Uh, they mentioned that Filoni is involved. So, yeah. A follow-up to Rebels is coming out. This is crazy. Sometime this year. That's fucking awesome. We just finished Rebels. Hazel got full-blown into Star Wars now. So yeah. we got... Deep into Rebels, just finished it, and then that article popped up. I was like, "Oh yeah, dude, give me more Sabine." Oh my god, the fucking the the finale for Rebels just was like the biggest of cliffhangers, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I really, especially with Sokka's going to be in this series, is really exciting. Yeah. Uh, Mandalorian news from Dark Horizons. Uh, several char- uh, familiar characters from the nine films that make up the Star Wars Skywalker saga are set to appear in the second season of Disney Plus streaming services The Mandalorian series currently in production. Deadline broke the news in a report which doesn't specify which of the films the characters will come from. However, because the series is set five years post Return of the Jedi, it will most likely deal with characters from the original trilogy. The first season recently closed out with uh, the titular bounty hunter 
parting ways with allies Cara Dune and Grief Karga before setting off to reunite the child with its own kind. The recent season also left open one obvious avenue for return, namely the mysterious figure who appears on Tatooine in the fifth episode who surveys the corpse left behind. We've talked about this in a previous episode. I believe it's Boba Fett. I, yeah, the breakdown you guys you guys did with uh, lining up the sound of the boots to what was it? Empire Strike Strikes Back was pretty awesome. Yeah, it was the Spurs, and then uh, yeah, I, I think it's Boba Fett, and and then of course the Gamorrean guards from uh, the Return of the Jedi. I don't know what other Star Wars characters would show up and. They're Interesting what, how they would say across all nine movies, too. Spoilers here real quick, though. Like, this is something I heard from MakingStarWars.net. They said that they heard it was going to be in the sixth episode of season one. But maybe it's in season two. They heard that they saw Yoda puppets. Yeah, you know, I've thought about this. I, I think that got completely scrapped. I, I think at some point they, they changed Baby Yoda's fate once they realized what they had on their hands, honestly. So you don't, I, you don't think that Yoda that, that Baby Yoda is going to be reunited with his family? I don't think – maybe at some point, but I don't think it's happening anytime soon at this point now. Mm, we'll see. I don't know. If at all. We'll see. I think, I think that – Oh, fuck. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good yeah, like like what you're saying makes sense to me. It's like the popularity of Baby Yoda and the relationship that Baby Yoda has with the Mando. Like, do you want to see that end in season 2 just to have him dropped off with like fucking Yeah, that seems insanely anticlimactic at this point. I think at yeah. one point in their heads they thought that was how it was all going to go yeah but I, I think they realized that it just can't anymore yeah i don't know we'll see <laughs> yeah yeah uh mandalorian season two rumors for making star wars uh down at the uh down at the set of star wars the mandalorian season two sets continue to go up and then go down right now it seems as if most are coming down it isn't clear if we're nearing the end of location filming or if there's going to be a reset and more building to come. Most of the modular set pieces for Navarro are still around. The ATST is gone, but the TIE Fighter from Season 1's ending is back out there. There's been a lot of smoldering remains lately. Uh, I, was enabled, I was able to capture some photos of the location. It could just be a part of Navarro, but I do wonder if it could have a link to Mustafar, especially after what we saw in the Rise of Skywalker with trees around Darth Vader's castle at the start of the film when Kylo Ren recovers the first, uh, first Sith Wayfinder. From the tracking I've done of the set so far, it does appear as if most of the planets from the first season are back in some way. It looks as if the Tatooine is likely back for sure, and the buildings there appeared to be more just like the ones from the big cut scenes from A New Hope. I'm hoping Tatooine plays a part in Season 2 beyond a what we had Season 1, which was essentially a fun side adventure. To be clear, I'm asking if Mustafar could be in Season 
could be in season based on the amount of smoldering trees we have seen so far. It is uh, conjecture on my part that Mustafar could be in the season. That said, we never saw these kinds of materials from season one, from Navarro, Arvala seven, or Sorgon. That said, there's a chance what's left of the Empire started to trace the Mando steps and went back to Sorgon and burned that village. That village appears to be back, or they just had all that stuff from that world in storage containers and had to take it out for logistical reasons. So it looks like basically making StarWars.net is saying a lot of the set pieces and planets that we saw in Season 1 could be appearing in Season 2 and possibly Mustafar. Yeah, that's interesting. I, that'd be neat to see Mustafar. I like how they're very upfront that it's just kind of a conjection they're making with the smoldering and no real confirmation about Mustafar, but they yeah. just haven't seen. You know, if you if they're reusing all the stuff from season one, it would be pretty easy to tell when they're doing something different they haven't done. So, yeah, that's that's really cool. I I for one am not as hung up on we have to get back to Tatooine. I would like to forget about Tatooine for a little while. Agreed. <laughs> it's so weird. Like, spoilers for The Rise of Skywalker. When you think about it, like, when Ray goes back there and buries Leia's saber, like, had Leia ever been on Tatooine? Yes. She was Jabba's slave on Tatooine. Oh, yeah. Okay. But other than that... I'm sure that's one of her... The times she likes to think back of fondly most yeah. often. <laughs> other than... Other what a than, touching memorial that Ray, Ray did there. Other than that, does like Tatooine hold any like kind of like importance to Leia? No, it's that place that her she thought her lover was dead and that she was made a sex slave for a slug alien on... <laughs> <laughs> hey paul what did you think about the mandalorian dude <laughs> oh i loved it yeah i loved it that that last up like ig i ig 11 i hope he shows up as a new babysitter and servant in season two because he's just <laughs> he's he's the best nurse the best nurse droid there is so, That's the crossover i want id 11 shows up in <laughs> servant season two i fucking love it dude um uh, what well, like one main question i have though is do you think there's a possibility we could see rebels characters come into the mandalorian because like spoiler at the end moff gideon had Sabine's weapon. Well, okay, here's the thing. That weapon was actually, and here's, I talked to Matt Kirby about this. And me and Matt Kirby, like, as far between us, I'm, I was trying to figure out, like, what, you know, the Darksaber, the Darksaber, like, what's, you know, as far as, like, meow, um, as far as the Darksaber is concerned, the Darksaber, from what I know, and correct me if I'm wrong, anybody out there, is the first Mandalorian that was chosen to be a Jedi when they were able to construct their own lightsaber, they made the Darksaber. And then when that Mandalorian 
was killed. I think it was like that Mandalorian was killed or went down or perished, you know, died or whatever. The Mandalorians took that weapon back. They took that weapon as their own, the dark saber. Yeah. And so how did it get into the hands of Moff Gideon? And I keep thinking to myself, like, are we going to see like, when Moff Gideon goes down, is it going to come back to the Mandalorians? Are we get, are we going to see fucking Darren Jin with the dark saber? Eventually. That would be amazing. Yeah. So it's like, you know, like, Oh, that, Oh God. Oh my God, Paul. We're gonna, I'm going to wrap this up soon so you can get in bed with your Kit Kat. That is, that is breaking, that is breaking my fucking heart right now. I know. It's so sad. I know. Oh God. Oh, she's gonna... like so happy right now though. She's, she's rolling around. She's got her paws up doing her bunny kicks. Like, oh! yeah. What kills me is I'm, 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 I'm fucking house sitting for my sister right now and her dogs and like my Kit Kats are by themselves at my house and it's like it's it's, it's breaking my fucking heart I'm, gonna have to, I'm, gonna, I'm sorry yeah, well I'm gonna drive back home and like tomorrow I'm just gonna give them all the love in the world all the yeah, you- all the goddamn love in the world Sorry. Yeah, we got some bad news with Carmi. she's got like she lost 80% of her hearing lately so aww we're just trying to spoil her. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, there's an episode of King of the Hill where Lady Bird, Hank's dog, loses her hearing. Oh. Yeah. It's Oh, God, I love King of the Hill. Great show, people. Watch it. It's all on Hulu. It's all collected on Hulu. You'll love it. I promise you. It's really fucking good. Um, real quick, two final stories, and they're both about the Obi-Wan Kenobi series that's coming to Disney+. Plus. A casting rumor, this comes from Dark Horizons, a casting rumor has popped up indicating that an actor is being sought to play a young Luke Skywalker for the still-untitled Obi-Wan Kenobi TV series currently in development at Disney+. Plus. Ewan McGregor reprises his role as the Jedi Master in the series, which takes place eight years after the events of Star Wars Revenge of the Sith, suggesting the actor they choose will be playing Luke at around eight years old. LRM Online broke the news and Slash Film later confirmed it, though it's not clear how major a role the young Luke will play in the series. So yeah, look in the cast of young Luke. That would make sense in the Obi-Wan show. He would obviously um, be checking in on time to time to make sure Luke was being taken care of. Yeah, you don't want to. You don't want uh, Lars and who? Lars and what's it? What's the other chick's name? Veru. Owen. Oh, Owen and Veru. Owen. Yeah, yeah. Owen and Veru. To be fucking uh, neglecting, neglecting Luke. Do you think they would possibly try to approach Joel Edgerton to come back? I, I, I yeah, that's that rumor's been out there. That rumor okay. has been out there. That yes, that that the um, I read something month maybe two months ago saying uh, Joel Edgerton has been talked to about coming back and playing that role. I've heard that. Awesome. Yeah. More Obi Wan. Rumors, and this comes from makingstarwars.net. This blew my fucking mind. Jake, I don't know if you've read this. The rumor, Jar Jar Binks to return in Star Wars, Kenobi. 
Yeah, dude, I'm on I'm on the pulse of this news. I, I retweeted making Star Wars when they published this article. With the Disney Plus Kenobi series fast approaching, details and visuals are beginning to emerge. One detail I'm particularly pleased about is the return of a classic George Lucas created character. The new series honors Kenobi's character and the prequel era is not forgotten. The Deborah Chow directed series will deal with Obi-Wan, who is and who he was. I'm told Ben Kenobi crosses paths with his old friend from Naboo, Jar Jar Binks. Early work has been conducted for the CGI Gungans return to Star Wars. Jar Jar has a beard to reflect where he's been and what his life has been like since they were all deceived by a great lie that ushered in the first galactic empire kenobi will not be the only bearded character this time because the series hasn't filmed yet i'm treating this as a rumor that said i believe it to be accurate and on the way i'm told there's a sequence where the bearded jar jar binks and obi-wan talk about the past there will be a Jedi Gungan beard time coming soon to the series. It isn't confirmed that Ahmed Best is returning as Jar Jar Binks. I'm assuming and hoping he is. Best has really opened up about his struggles with depression and suicide in the aftermath of the media backlash he was forced to endure by the media and the worst fans. Best voiced Jar Jar in all but one episode of Star Wars, The Clone Wars, and it wasn't the same without Best. Jake, Gungans, can they grow beards? Uh, Yeah, that seems odd. It seems like that wouldn't work very well underwater, but I guess they can. Boss Ness had kind of like stubble, right? Did he? Did Boss Ness have stubble? (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah, it seems it's really cool though. I'm sure Ahmed Best is available. We already know he's doing work with Disney Plus on that like kids game show thing that they're doing. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm sure it wouldn't be hard. I, I'm sure he'd be up to if he's willing to do that. He's going to be drawing attention to the fact that he played Jar Jar there. Like, how can he avoid it? So I think he would be willing to come back to voice this character. I, I think they're probably done using him for mocap, but. It'd be cool to see him kind of get some redemption because I know he did deal with a lot of depression and sadness just from fans' reaction to the character. So it'd be cool, like, in the hands of Chow and some good writers and directors if they, you know, made Jar Jar cool. You know what? Oh, fuck. After This is my personal opinion, and I've told this to you, Jake. The prequels as like a, oh God, how do I say this? I don't know how to say this. I'm not a huge fan of the prequels. Jake, I know you are. I'm not a huge fan of the prequels, but as a, as a trilogy, I have more respect for the prequels than I do the latest set of films. Yeah, I mean, I, no argument. I th- uh, I'm right. I, I'm right there with you. I didn't think that was going to be the case. Yeah, I didn't either. I, I, and I don't know if this is going to make sense to people. Like, first off, number one, all three of those films came from George Lucas himself. The 
you know, the the mind behind Star Wars. So that right there, I think, garners its own kind of like level of respect. But I think, I honestly think that Revenge of the Sith, even with like, I have the high ground Anakin bullshit, I think it ends on a, on a better, I think it has a better ending overall. I think it takes like the two previous movies, Attack of the Clones and, and Phantom Menace, and I think it wraps everything all up. We all, we all knew how it was gonna end, of course, but I think like, it wraps it up all better than, than what I think that we got from like the, the Rise of Skywalker. That's my personal opinion. And if you, yeah, I agree. And not that it's not without, it's ridiculous shit either. Sure. With the Darth Vader, no, I could, I could do without. Exactly. And, and, and if you loved the Rise of Skywalker, I have no ill will against you. And I'm not gonna beat you up if you love that movie. Like, I, Honestly, if if you love that movie, God, thank God. I'm glad you loved it. I really am glad. I liked it. I liked it, and I will always like it. But, like, I, I don't feel like it was, like, for me, it wasn't the movie that I felt like 42 years of, like, waiting for, like, the finality. Like, the final film. I don't feel like it was what, I don't feel like it was, like, the perfect ending to the saga. That's just that's my personal opinion, and I think like out of all the trilogies, I think it's as a as a collective out of all three movies. Even though I think I feel like the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi are better than the prequels as a total. I think like once you add the Rise of Skywalker in to, I, I don't know if this makes any sense at all. But once you add the Rise of Skywalker into that final trilogy, I think like. At the end of the day, I think like the prequels even are <laughs> they're better. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, I agree with that. That yeah. last movie, it's like adding water to hot cocoa right. instead of milk. Exactly. So like, yeah. Um, but if you loved the Rise of Skywalker, I do not fault you. I, I and I'm so glad that you loved it. I really am. Like I, my, like I am not gonna get on here ever and fault anyone for loving that movie. If you love that movie, thank God bless you. I mean, seriously, I'm glad that you love that movie because I liked it, but I didn't love it. I liked it, but I didn't love it. There's enough Star Wars in it that I do like it. But at the end of the day, it's like, I just don't feel like it was, man, I mean, yeah, fuck, it's, uh, yeah, you can fucking, you can say it's like, all of us fans are like, uh, fucking wanting to do a choose your own adventure fucking story at the end of the day. And yeah, I think like, for me, I just wanted to see fucking Kylo Ren take on Rey. I didn't need the Emperor back at the end of the day. And like, we can talk about like how, you know, I, I even said, even in the past that like, Oh yeah, it'd be cool. You know, that's how you wrap this up. You bring back the emperor and shit. But like, I think for me at the end of the day, looking back on it as what, what we got, I think like taking the character of like, um, Darth Vader and having Darth Vader kill the emperor. And then like, let's say Darth Vader killed the emperor and then took over the, you know, the fucking empire. We didn't get that story. We got Darth Vader who redeemed himself and fucking 
you know, killed the Emperor and blah, blah, blah. This, I, at the end of The Last Jedi, we could have gone forward. We could have gone forward. We could have had fucking Kylo Ren. Now, we could have seen, like, what Darth Vader would have done had he had control. And we don't have the Emperor. We could have just, it could have just been a fucking Kylo Ren story at this point. We didn't need the Emperor. And yeah. And I, I was actually, I for one was excited about the idea of the Emperor. I was at back. first too. I, Jake, not, at I first I, the, at first I was until I saw this goddamn movie. To me though, it was the way the Emperor was handled more than the fact that he was there at all. Like I still hold out that that, that could have been delivered in a way cooler manner. Like it just—it was the the execution, not the idea. That it was, could have that. been. It could have been if you had fucking uh, instead of anybody writing it ex- except for Chris Terrio. Yeah. And I'm oh not, yeah. No. No. I'm, not, I'm, saying, I'm, I'm not, not here trying to defend Rise of Skywalker. I'm not trying to say Chris Terrio's a bad writer either. Fucking Argo's a great fucking movie, but do I want Chris Terrio writing any more future Star Wars movies? Fuck no, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, instead of spending forty five plus minutes on fetch quest we could have spent those minutes on more you know developing the emperor and just the fact that they just didn't play it off as a shock i mean i get that you already advertised that he's in the movie but to like take away the shock of the characters finding out he's back alive and to spoil that in the opening crawl like it was a mess before we even saw any moving pictures on screen dude, in my dude, opinion. the fucking praetorian guards in snoke's chamber were more badass than fucking the Knights of Ren. Oh, yeah, yeah. No argument. Fucking Maz Kanata no was a goddamn joke at the at the end of The Rise of Skywalker. We didn't get shit from her in The Last Jedi. This It's a fucking clusterfuck. This yeah, whole, I watched it one more time last week. I was like, I'm going to watch this bitch one more fucking time. And, oh, God, I got to stop because I just make fun of it more every time I see it. Uh, this last time, I just don't even get, like, Aren't, weren't the Knights of Ren like Kylo's fucking friend? Like they're really quick to just be ready to murder Kylo. The, well, there's, like, there doesn't really seem to be any like. When <laughs> yeah, when the fuck? When the fuck were the Knights of Ren, dude? Dude, thank you. I've, I I I didn't bring this up in the episode when we reviewed it. When the fuck were the Knights of Ren loyal to fucking the Emperor? Yeah, they completely just like apparently like he's paid them under the table because they turn on Kylo just instantly with Why? no explanation. Why like named after fucking Kylo? Did, and the next not- thing you know, they're trying to fucking kill him. But see, like, okay, but then the, all, dude, that I, I asked that question and then people, all they'll say was like, well, the whole time, like Snoke said, like, you know, you've got your Knights of Ren from the Force Awakens. And then, of course, though, all the, you know, this whole thing has been fucking, um, the puppet master behind this whole thing has been the emperor from the whole time. So he's been, he's been, uh, the orchestrator of the Knights of Ren as well, apparently. Okay, but it, okay. It's but just, no, it's just but too it's much, bullshit. Though. It's bullshit, right? <laughs> it is bullshit. And just the end is so clunky. Like, I, the emperor, like, does like the Incredibles movie like planned monologuing to Ray about exactly what he's going to do, and then after Ray hears this, she's like, "Well, I'm not going to kill you then." And then Palpatine's like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. 
<laughs> oh man yeah i mean i i agree with brian no offense if you like rise of skywalker i mean yeah. i'll even give you some friendly advice you should close your mouth when you breathe <laughs> i no i you know like if you love the rise of skywalker more power to you i'm happy that you do i'm not gonna knock you i really am not um, no, no, I make a joke. I make a joke. I, I've got plenty of good friends that absolutely love this movie. Yeah. I mean, I don't know when in childhood they hit their head so hard, but they love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, Paul, what did you think about The Rise of Skywalker? I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was, I mean, it was just fun to get in the theater and just, I liked the Star Wars stuff. You know, like, it definitely felt like a Star Wars movie. And I'm dead, like, I, I... I am not a very smart like I I know a lot about Star Wars but there's just stuff that that happened in the movie that I didn't even think and when listening to the review show that you guys put on then I was like oh yeah that's totally like a oh, what man. the fuck thing Dude, but no, in the no. moment our, like, our review like, show our review show for the people that loved the Rise of Skywalker they maybe got 45 minutes into our show they got oh. 45 minutes into our show before they turned that shit off because well, they were, I really that's loved a true it. story. They were, well, I really no. enjoyed the movie and true I story. They the were offended. Show. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to fucking hear it. Anytime. So anytime somebody has, and here's the thing, we weren't trying to insult you. I am oh, yeah. not, I am not me, Jake, Dan, Matt, Tristan, anybody that was on that episode, we were not trying to insult you for loving that movie or liking that movie. None of us were. And I'll be honest with you, I still like it. I like it. I don't love it. Yeah, no, I totally No, I'm not I'm not I'm not yelling at you, but I know that I know that there are people out there that listened to that episode got 45 minutes in and they were like, they just keep trashing this movie. I'm done. I can't. And they feel like there's nothing. There's nothing redeemable about our episode. There's nothing worth listening to in our episode because they loved it. We're no Kylo Ren. (laughs) Yeah. There's nothing worth listening to. There's nothing worth listening to. Well, for me, like it was really like, there's in, two like, sides educational or informative because there's so much I don't know about Star Wars and that's all that's to hear all, you guys really break it down. I was like, oh, OK, yeah, that makes sense. That's all there is. That's all we were. We can only be ourselves. We can only be ourselves. We can only talk from where we come from. I can't get on here and try to fucking try to please everybody. Dan West can't get on here and try to please everybody. God bless him. Thank you, Dan West, for being you. I love you, Dan. Thank you for being you. Thank you for tossing that movie and being you. Like, I, I, can't, I can't toss The Rise of Skywalker. I, I give it a taste it at the end of the day. But God damn it, Dan, I love you. And thank you for getting on here and having the fucking balls to fucking toss that movie when you didn't fucking like it. And not give a shit what other people fucking think about that movie. And for the people that turned off the episode and didn't see any value in what Dan was saying, you missed out on some great conversation. You really did. 
you missed out on some great conversation. You missed out on, on both sides. It's like it's like only going to one news outlet for your fucking news source. Yeah. If yeah. I, I'll be honest with you, like I've listened to listen, I've listened to podcasts that loved the rise of Skywalker. Let me tell you, I listened to uh, the Heroes of Noise episode, and for the majority, they loved it. And you know what? I'll tell you one thing about that episode. It's fucking fantastic. It's fucking yeah, fantastic. Just, yeah. I love listening to people that, why did they love this movie? And it's fucking fantastic to hear why people love this movie. I think it's great. I need to hear both sides. On the flip side, I listened to Scenic Cast, which is kind of indifferent to the movie. They, they kind of leaned more towards maybe our review, Jake. And Scenic Cast, fucking amazing review. An amazing review. Steve, Bianca, and then Amanda did a fantastic job reviewing, uh, the movie. Um, Steve even brought up something I never even thought about, Jake. Like, they cast, uh, JJ Abrams as the voice of Dio. And you notice how Dio keeps saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. How meta is that, <laughs> that JJ is saying, I'm sorry for The Last Jedi and how many people were upset with that movie? How meta is that shit? Steve brought that up. I never even thought of that before. Yeah, that's crazy. It's hard. I mean, that easily could be what they were trying to say there. Yeah. Well, listen, guys. Like, here's the thing. If you loved The Rise of Skywalker, I'm totally cool with you. If you hated it, I can totally get it. I I liked it. Jake, I liked it. I liked it. I didn't love it. Oh, yeah, me too. I mean, and it's... I mean, you know, we lived through the prequels. I like, you know, I like those movies too. And I make fun of them nonstop. I mean, I've made fun of the original trilogy for things nonstop. Sure. I mean, that's kind of the Star Wars way. We love and we make fun along the way at everything. Yeah. Yeah. I Honestly, I was just hoping that, like, I was hoping at the end of the day that, like, this trilogy would end and it would just be like, oh, my God. Wow, what? Because, yeah. like, dude, I, dude, seriously, I love the first two movies. The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, I loved. I was hoping it would go out on a high note for me, and it kind of went out on like a, yeah, all right, it was cool, it was cool, whatever. I'll take, I'll accept it. Like, I don't hate it. It's not, it's not an abomination in my period, in, in my opinion. It was enough Star Wars. It was there was enough Star Wars in there to make me like, okay, cool, whatever. It's a solid, I guess it's a solid entry. It's a solid ending. But fuck, man. It should have been fucking endgame level epic, motherfucker. It should have been. I agree. I agree. I just wish it would have felt like a movie. That's kind of my biggest problem with it after seeing it five times now. It it never stops to breathe at all. It's never concerned with the small things. It's never concerned with small character facial reactions it's no it's it's, it's just fucking hyper speed mtv video style movie we gotta keep shit moving because i gotta fucking i gotta retcon everything that ryan johnson did yeah it's it's kind of painful yeah so very unfortunate very unfortunate that that's how they stuck the landing paul i'm glad you liked it though dude yeah, I, I, yeah, definitely had a great time. I liked it too. I thought it was fun. I thought it was fun enough. But yeah, yeah. I think I'd definitely give it a high to taste. It. 
Yeah, I'm still I'm still at a taste that Jake, you're are you at a taste it now? Yeah, I'm right there at a taste it. Yeah. I mean, it was leaning that way. Even at the high tasted, it was my least favorite of the nine Star Wars movies. Yeah. So yeah, I'm right there at a taste it. It's very unfortunate. That is all I got. There's a there's a there's, I guess there's a making Star Wars rumor that they're going to set the next Star Wars film saga during the High Republic era. Have you guys heard that? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. saw some comic pages from the new. Uh, kylo ren comic that kind of backs up that theory where they're already kind of dropping hints that that timeline may be explored yeah so yeah cool i i that's kind of what i've been cheering for for a long time is either go way early or way late but let's just get the fuck out of here so we're not tied to all this shit that nerds expect Oh man, I would love them to do Star Wars Legacy and just take it like fucking 200 years in the future. Yes, yeah, that would be That'd really be cool. cool. I, I think going really extreme one way or the other yeah. is the way to go. I Get yourself agree. out of the mess. Yeah. Oh man. Paul! Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. It's always a fun time. Oh, Paul, we love having you on. I fucking, I, Paul, dude, there are, here's the thing. I'm gonna rank. Uh, here's the thing. I'm gonna rank oh, my. No. I'm gonna no. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna rank my guests. I'm gonna rank my guests right now, and like I'm gonna Paul. Honestly, here's the thing. I love having you on. I love having Neil on, and Stephanie Chapman. Love having her on. Like you guys, yes. I think you're like my top three. Like if I, I just bundled you all in together. It's like, uh, like if it was like, uh, if I'm on Amazon and they're like, oh, you, you like Neil? Well, you, you might also like Paul. Oh, and you might also like Stephanie. Like you three, I love having you guys on. Well, Let's thank kidnap you. the three of them and do like a human centipede type, human centipede type. Thing. Oh my <laughs> God. Uh, Paul fucking with his mouth fucking like, Attached to <laughs> Neil's ass, and then Stephanie with her mouth attached to Paul's ass, and then oh my god, just a you're gonna put Neil at the back. Wow, that's an honor. That's an, I, honor. Yeah. that's an honor, Paul. <laughs> I, I'm very. You're very uh, liked around these areas. I, I'm, I'm excited, and but like, please promise me there's gonna be a smells like my vagina candle. Oh God! Where do you get all that pretzel smell and shit from, Stephanie? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stephanie's great. I fuck, dude. Stephanie is. I there's 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 guests that just make me feel like I can be myself. Like I can just say whatever the fuck, and I feel good about like what I'm saying. I don't feel weird about like what I'm saying in the moment. And Paul. Neil and Stephanie make me feel like I can say I can just be myself, and I fucking love that about you guys. I f- like that means so much to me that I can just fucking like say whatever the fuck and be myself and be myself around you guys, and you guys do that for me. I don't feel I never feel judged around you guys. You guys are so awesome. Well, I thank you. That's really appreciative. Thank you so much. I'm glad. It's always nice to make other people feel awesome. So I'm glad I can do that for you guys. And every other guest that we've ever had on the show, you make me feel judged and I hate you. <laughs> you didn't have to say that. I, I was taking that from it. 
<laughs> I, well, I wanted to clear it up just in case, Jake. No, yeah, definitely. I just wanted to clear it up. I wanted, I, I wanted the shame for shame on you. Judge. Yeah, work harder. Yeah, work harder. You got some work to do. Paul, thank you again. Everybody, you. listen to the animated Batcast. Listen to movies from the heart. It's movies from the heart, right? Yes, sir. It's it's the end of the night. I'm drunk, Paul. Movies from uh, the heart, H-A-R-T. Check it out on iTunes. Give it a fucking listen. You'll love it. I promise you. Paul is fantastic. He's good fucking people. Any any final words before we wrap this fucking shit up? Nope. All good. <laughs> That's. I thought so. Thanks for I'm, the plug, <laughs> dude. I am ready to get the fuck out of here too. I am. And your cat is is your cat is your is your cat hanging in there, just like waiting for you? Yep, she's she's on the couch. She's passed out. Oh, all right. Yeah, I'm ready to go to bed too, Jake. Thank you again. Jake won't be here next week, so all you fuckers that don't listen to the Jakeless episodes, I don't know, go fuck yourself, stupid <laughs> motherfuckers. <There's> some... <laughs> what am I missing next week? What's the big movie? Um, what is next week? Hold on, I know. Is I... it Bad Boys? Yeah, there's Bad Boys for Life. Oh yeah, once Michael Bay was out, I was out. Here we go. What do I get? Uh, I, know, I I write down notes for like what's going on next week. Here we go. Episode 317. I'm going to be watching... Oh, I'm watching uh, Weathering With You. It's a new anime that comes out from the uh, people behind... The creative team behind uh, Your Name. That comes out. Ooh, Dr. Doolittle. Uh, Picard comes out. Um, Dr. Do... Is, is it... Yeah, Dr. Doolittle, that comes out? Yep. Oh, that's, that's next week? Yeah. Uh, 68 Whiskey, the new Paramount series, comes out. The Deadlands on, uh, Shudder. Oh, I'll talk about that next week. It comes out the week after, but I'll, I can, I'm not embargoed, so I can talk about it the week after. I'll be sad to not talk about the Circle finale with you. <laughs> oh, fuck, dude. <laughs> I'll just start PMing you about it when I watch it now. <laughs> you can, you can PM me about it, man. I fuck, I'm, dude, I'm hooked on that fucking show. Like yeah, when we, like, we, we we've tried to watch when the new ones come out, we watch two the first night and then two the next night. Dude, uh, I'm like, honestly, I would do a fucking circle recap show. <laughs> I love it that much. It's that yeah, good. Yeah, it's fucking fantastic. It's crazy. Yeah, and you call it a circle jerk. Paul, I have like I thought about that so many times how I could use that circle jerk joke and I couldn't fit it in and you did it. Thank you. (laughs) 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 Yeah. On that note. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. And on that note, guys, we will see you next week. And just like all good leftovers say in their docubacks, thank you for your patronage. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. See ya. Later, y'all. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. 
There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it. Can you erase it? Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carryover, counterculture, pushovers. Pop culture. Leftovers. And uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good. I've already been done before, so we should Separate the wheat from the shaft And we're the shaft of crap Even though we're the shit We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the poor kids it, it, It's a trap Good it, toss it, good it, Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, clean it, race it Let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture Carryover, counterculture, pushover Pop culture Leftovers And with the uncool kids What's to say has already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carryover, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture. Leftovers, uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers, only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers.